Magos, we are receiving a transmission. It appears to contain vital intelligence from the Warfront. From whom is this transmission? The Loyalists or the forces of the Warmaster? Ascertain this, Adept. It is a vocal transmission. It appears to be three remembrances. I cannot tell you to whom they are loyal. Where is it coming from? It is from the Galactic Northeast, from the edge of the Empire. Hello and welcome to episode one woo, of uh, Year Three of Edge of Empire. So um, tonight on the show we're going to uh, take a quick look at this month's new releases, and it is a very quick look, um, an update of what we've been up to this month. Um, we're going to have a run through through of this month's news. Um, we look at the, uh, this month's new releases from Black Library and review the Advent Calendar and Titan Death. And as well as seeing what's coming up, um, what to look forward to uh, from Edge of Empire in 2019, including any new armies we're working on, any products. Uh, Then we're going to take a quick look at the fluff for the Order of Reductor um, uh, before delving into the rules for the Order of Reductor list for the Mechanicum. Yes, this is is one of a trilogy, isn't it? Trilogy, yes. Because just to point everybody out how much I, those regular listeners will, know my general distaste for all things mechanicum so this has been tough been a tough month for me i've had to lower myself to put together along with my comrades here an auto reductor list so we should be doing that later on very exciting yep. too if you say lower uh, yeah. i mean raise i mean <laughs> well, you've gone from iron warriors to reductor so you know exactly Actually, the- to be honest with you, i was i felt I kind of eased into it. I, I feel like if I'd gone with down the robot route to start with, it would have been more than I could have coped with. So yes, yeah. very cool. And then finally, we're going to have a look at what events are coming up around the UK. Um, yeah. But before we go anywhere, we're going to take a quick look at um, some suggestions and a bit of a survey that we put out for um, the podcast. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, quick, quick run through that. Sure. So, Yes, um, feedback is a gift, as they say. Um, yeah, so it's a gift that keeps giving. It totally is. So we asked you, the listeners, for some suggestions of what you wanted from, from, from to hear from us during, in this next year. So some of the suggestions um, of what you've put forward and uh, what we think of them. So uh, one of the suggestions is Graham and Chris to use the podcast's Instagram account to do some social media shenanigan. I mean, I'm still right? grasping, getting my head around using MSN Messenger. So um, my, instead... MySpace, <laughs> my MySpace page, <laughs> nobody comes to visit that. I can tell you that. But well, it's because of the main picture you've got on it. It's you in that, that is... weird outfit again. No, um, it's because he keeps mixing up Facebook and my uh, and MySpace, so he keeps asking people to come on his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that. That's not an accident, Michael. Trust me. <laughs> well, that five minutes into year year three, and we've already on, made I th- a, a, a I comment. I think I'm on the wrong podcast. Is this is Road to Terror? <laughs> no, that's that's in the next door. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is the wrong one. I'll be back yeah. in a moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to use Instagram. I don't know how to use Instagram, but I'm sure there'll be yeah. some bright we'll, sparks we'll, somewhere that can teach me. We'll give you a crash course. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, monthly hobby commitments, challenging ourselves to do something each month. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. me doing anything each month is, a, is, a, is, I find, a personal challenge anyway. Could we kind of have an aggregate for this? Because, you know, Michael does about eight people's work anyway. But yes, I can see why people may want it. We, we are fairly, um, you know, we're usually doing something, aren't we? One thing or another. Well, uh, it's usually a project on a go yeah. or there's a boat to be coming along to or something. So we're usually painting or building or doing something. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we can, if, if you know, if we can do that, we can, we can challenge ourselves. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe this, we should. That's the whole point of a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. This yeah. one sounds interesting. Work together mm. to build a podcast army that listeners can challenge. And make it really beatable as I need to win some games. I like that idea a lot, actually. I think that'd be quite a lot of fun. Um, so what? <clears throat> so what we right inside. So what we would do is we would have an Edge of Empire army list, okay? That is that all three of us could use. So maybe one of us would take it to an event, for example, where all three of us were there, and we'd roll a dice to see who gets to take it. And but it would have been built and created and put together by the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the. Yeah. That's the some of it. I like that. That's a cool idea, though. That'd be really funny. It, it'd have to be painted black and white, though, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It absolutely would. So that would be um, it's Sons of Horus in their um, early incarnation. Or White Scars. Oh, yeah, true. Do I have to paint white? <laughs> Listen, oi, who's just come off from painting a year's worth of flipping world eaters? Hey, thank you. That was me, and I don't want to paint white ever again in my life. So let's not do white. Should we do? Why don't we do black and white? Let's invert the color scheme. <laughs> <laughs> we can do black okay. next time. But we yes, could all, we a, could always do the Mechanicum. We could, because two of us already have Mechanicum bits. Yeah. Yeah, great. So where's Road to play with a Mechanicum? Where's the Road to Terror podcast again, please? <laughs> <laughs> next brief. Next brief. Okay. That's a cool idea. I think we can do that. We could, we, yeah. Should we put? Definitely. Put a vote out for people, couldn't we? To say, you know, what army would you like the three of us to... What would be the Edge of Empire army? What most encapsulates the three of us? Oh, the, 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 the trifecta of personalities that we have. And if, if any one person suggests the Iron Warriors, then... <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'll put out a um, vote. Yes. We'll go enjoy it. I'll put out a vote, and we'll try and get this built at some point. Okay, sounds yeah, good. Between okay. us, we can do it. That'd be good fun. All yeah, right. Definitely. The next one, I'm going to give you three guesses to which country this came from. No, I give okay. you one guess. To give you okay. one guess. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to have to censor it here because. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you will. Be more critical of, G- of Games Workshop and Board World. Stand up for overseas customers instead of sucking the corporate. Teach. Yeah. Teach. Uh, teach is a good teach, word. Teach. 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 Yeah. Teach. Um, blanket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what other words to put in there that would. No, I, I don't think there is one. Um, I, I would say with you know we probably could be more critical, in at times, but I don't think we're particularly, uh, sycophantic. No, I don't. About so. things, you know, I've gone on uh. rampages. I think there's a nice balance that needs to be reached with not being not being a suck up, but at the same time not being so negative about the hobby that it puts people off. Yeah, I and think we'll always express our own opinions about stuff. We're not, 
you know, as yeah. we've said, we said last month, and we'll always say, we don't we don't make anything out of this. It's just us expressing our opinions. So, if you know our personal opinion is that you know we agree with something, then we're going to agree with something. If we disagree with something, we're going to disagree with it. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're we're you know true to ourselves, I suppose. But you know, we we try and be even handed about it. I think so. I mean, where we have you know, for example, we were. I think it's about like say, Mark said, it's it's about having a balanced uh, view. So, for example. Um, you know where there was this massive backlash against the um, the, the initial non-release of the uh, weapon sprue for the Titans. You know we, we put a balanced opinion on there. We offered suggestions to what Games Workshop should have done, or Forge World, and or Specialist Games in this instance should have done to alleviate that problem. So I think as long as it's constructive, as long as it's not not just a rant. You know I'm massively unhappy about something without offering anything constructive in return. So we'll try and do that. Um, if you think we are being overtly um, sycophantic uh, towards games workshop then let us know and we'll, we'll we'll let you know why we've taken a particular view on something i i um hold hobby hangouts once a month uh i don't know about this one so this is where what we we, we kind of like all get together on something like um google hangouts or some sort of yeah. facebook yeah. live or something and, and we'll be painting and we're talking to the people while we paint is that what usually happens in these these crazy things yeah pretty much um adeptus terror hold them um Okay. I don't, than us. I, yeah, don't, I, I think I don't personally mind the idea of getting online and opening up a Google Hangout on my on my desk. Um, right. But I'm not sure I necessarily want to schedule anything in at this time. Okay. That's just me personally. I mean, yeah, the thing, uh, the, the problem I have is that I like to paint half naked. Um, so that if I spill paint, I can just go shower. And I'm not sure that the Internet's ready for that. Nobody wants to be. There probably is a very specific and chargeable <laughs> service that you could offer for that yeah. very thing, Chris. But you know, it's a specialist audience, um, very specialist, in fact. And uh, you know, we don't want to get in way of your any business ventures. So no, exactly. Yeah, let's not. But yes. I think it would be nice to do something like that with, um, you know, so people could sort of chat to us as we go or something along those lines. So um, there's there's a, there's a there's a kernel of an idea that we can we yeah. can take something with. I think Wait, if I was going to do that as a sort of way of communicating with people, I think I'd rather do a live stream of a game and have people talk to us while we're playing the game. Um, if you see what I mean, because I think that would be that would be cool. Because um, we've got the headsets, yeah. haven't we, and stuff, so we we can we're all mic'd up if we do those anyway. So that might be something we do maybe at some point in the future if we get some time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else we got here? Use the website more to document hobby pro, hobby process progress and bits and pieces you're working on. Yeah, we don't use the website a lot, do we? Because I tend to just update um, Facebook page um, and not a great deal on the website. And I suppose there must there, there probably is people who don't have Facebook. Um, so I wonder whether we should look at that as well and maybe put some sort of stream or some sort of... Um, it's, it's the big Chinese audience, that's the thing, because I imagine they can get to the website, but they can't use Facebook. We could be missing out on billions of people. Yeah. I mean, that 500 likes would be two minutes if this got out in China. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll. I, I think we'll look at that and see about putting something up. I think it's a bit more work, isn't it? Because basically, you're going to have to update the WordPress pages and stuff like that, which is a bit more hassle than just posting something on Facebook. But yeah. Yeah, but we'll definitely mm. look to do something with that. Oh. Uh, what What happened to Lorgar the hamster? Is he dead? Uh, no, no, he's very much alive. Um, it will be his second birthday in April. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow. 
Someone's a keen listener, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, this is from really early on. Wowzers. Is um has he tried to, you know, corrupt any other creatures in the household? Maybe the cat's been acting like Erebus or something? Well the the, the um well he, he he he's got the bunny scared. Yeah, I can see that in him actually. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. Uh, has he got the bunny scared <laughs> or has he got the bunny on board? So wow. is he is the bunny um you know is is the bunny angron to his lorgar that's what we want to know or well, is the bunny horus i oh. did actually want to call the rabbit angron eater of cables very good but yeah. um i got overruled okay that would have been cool that wouldn't it anyway um, yeah the, the hamster no animals have ever been harmed in the production of this uh, podcast and the hamster is fine i'll put up a photo of him later Okay, in his battle plate. With with a newspaper. <laughs> just so people know that it's a, an up-to-date photo. <laughs> yes. Uh, 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 do people still buy newspapers? Yes, there must be. Yes, of course they do. Absolutely. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway. Uh, bring, yeah, uh, okay. Bring back Army of the Month. We did have, last year, an Army of the Month. So we... Oh, yeah, so we, we did, didn't we? Highlight so Army of the Month and the... Is this like where we? What else are you going to read on the? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The army of the month was where we. Um, what did we do? We we just what would get we trolled the internet or whatever, didn't we? Well, did we get people to send in their armies for army of the month? I we, can't remember now. I think it was a bit of both, but yeah. Okay, we'll we'll. I think we can do that. It's it's very minimal work. Okay. <laughs> send send in your photos. Send send, your send, photos. send them to on Facebook. Like message us on Facebook with them because then all three of us can see them easily. That's true. Um, without having to, without us having to worry about sharing stuff with each other, we've all got access to the direct messages, so we can all see them that way. Um, and then we can go from there. Yeah, definitely. And we can do that. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, get more people involved in the team, not necessarily on the show, but you've got some really interesting guys in your orbit, like Ali McGregor. And Rob Ng, perhaps I'm getting involved in hobby blogs on your website. Was that a message from Ali McGregor and Rob Ng, in the, both sort of teaming up? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yes, maybe. Um, you're absolutely right. And we've, we've, we've made steps, haven't we? We've, thought, we've talked about this. And we are going to um, potentially approach, well, we've approached one of them. I don't think we've approached both of them yet. Um, but we are in the process of negotiating um, appearances uh, of said individuals. And if you think there's anybody else you'd like us to sort of try and hook up with um, in that regard, give us a shout and we'll see what we can do. Or if you've got something cool, then we'll, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so maybe getting people from um, doing different things uh, uh, to sort of put some, do a little bit for us on the show would be awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else we got here? Why not call people out that you have bad games with? Oh, crikey, this is cuts to the chase. I mean, who put that up here? I don't know. It was... It's all wrong, uh, isn't it? So we don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, okay, well, why don't, we, why don't we do that? I think there's a good reason why we don't do that. Uh, a, without sounding like we're just brushing over it, it doesn't happen very often in in my experience. And B, um, we, you know, we everybody has a bad game once in a while, right? And we may play this person once and we have a bad game because it's the last game on a Sunday or it's the last game on the Saturday where you're knackered off playing all day. 
and that it doesn't reflect that that person is a bad player or you know it just at that point in time so if somebody else listens to the podcast and goes oh you were on that podcast and they said you were a really poor player that's massively unfair on that person i also think it's a bit of a dick move to you know say you're a terrible you know to, to, to <laughs> no, come on a podcast no swearing one <laughs> Uh, and start I think I think Dick Move is qualifies as like a 12 12A these oh, days. It will, don't Tony Stark. The problem. Look, but Iron Man said it in uh, right. Avengers two. Okay, well, so you can, you can explain that to Rich Gentry when he's driving his car down the road and he's got his children in the back listening to our podcast because I'm not. It's he's bigger than me. All right, well I'll, <laughs> I'll we'll have that conversation in March when we do. Okay. Yeah, um. Okay. Personally, I don't think it's cool to call someone out for having a, a bad disc uh, you know list on 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 a you know a show that people hear because um i mean uh, you know yeah. the whole uh, you know um no backbiting kind of thing that uh, and, and you know, yeah and also they don't they can't defend themselves yeah you know, you know so you know like i said i think that the number of if we were having bad games every week we wouldn't or every time we went to an event we wouldn't be playing and it just doesn't happen that often, if I'm completely honest. Um, pretty much all the people that I play, certainly in recent memory, have been excellent. Well, and yeah, there's been the odd one rule or something like that where you thought, ah, oh, actually that might be wrong. But you know what? I don't. I don't tend to have many bad games. I personally, I tend to think I'm probably a worse player than any of the people I've ever played. <laughs> I guess that's what I would never do. Because I just think that I'm a. You're all generally nice people. I'm a terrible person at times. So I just I think you know, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to tar people with the brush. That is true. You did you know you have been known back in the day before you you know you found your inner inner Valdor to to be somewhat miffed at certain you, decisions. You throw dice at one man once, and suddenly it's all you hear about. I had good. He had spent the entire day, and this was an entire day, slowly grinding the gears. Just little <laughs> bits, little snide remarks the entire time, and he is a he is a dear friend of mine. He is, but he, he there came. A, he's, he's a talent for that, hasn't he? Yeah, you know <laughs> the stories we could tell. Um, I I think for me personally, if I was going to have a talk about a bad game, I'd want to invite the chap on. That's exactly yeah, right. Because people deserve the right to reply. But then. we don't have them very often, as we yeah. said. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what else have we got here? Get a people's list in for list challenges as they know their legions. I like this idea. <laughs> so do I. Um, I think we will try and get this in. We have started already, kind of, but you'll have to find out later for that. Yeah, we got that in there. What have we got here? More Dreadclaw episodes. Yeah, we're working on that. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, this may come as a surprise, but actually, this stuff does take a fair bit of time. And, uh, yeah, getting everybody together uh, to record the podcast and stuff does take a bit of time. So the Dreadclaws yeah. are you know, ad hoc. And um, so when we get a, a, a thing that we want to take outside of the normal podcast, um, we'll pick it up in the Dread Claw. But yeah, we're trying we're, somewhere out there. We're, we're working I like that the, the sporadic and, you know, surprise element, I think it typifies their name. Yeah, that's you know, very they're, true. They're a drop pod. They're a, they're a you know, they're, just coming they're out a here. surprise attack. Exactly. But they're not a drop pod, they're a Dread Claw. Oh, well, it's, it's a Dread Claw drop pod. There's already a show out there called. Oh, there is. I think the other thing is that sometimes I find it quite difficult to think. What can we talk about for an hour? So if you've got any ideas well, for a dreadful episode, then also let us know because we we can. Yeah, we we, we we've got some ideas that I think 
well i i have anyway that i'm working on but yeah. um i will be putting them out there and i'm recording another one hopefully early next week yes. um yes um which will be a cool one i think yeah. Yeah, okay I think cool so um this was a this was an interesting one uh, we got it from a few people actually uh, nice. but bumpers more in keeping with the rest of the show's music who would have thunk that so uh, I've got some, we've got some direct feedback from somebody here which basically said our intro music and our outro music are kind of quite laid back yeah they're not your normal you know they're not the sort of a bombastic classical music that you might get from the start of a heresy novel and they're not the sort of grinding speed metal that you get from a lot of other shows we and that was actually a deliberate ploy on when we first put the podcast together i, I like you know Oh gosh, you remember the first music we had, that electronica yeah. stuff. Yes. Oh. So so um Didn't didn't we have a guy who list, who was starting to listen to the show from episode one the other day? We did message us. Poor so and so. And he does it get better. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to think so. Yeah. Well I think we said to him, look, just because when we first started out, for those of you who haven't started from episode one and you, you read up why they start from episode one, um it was just myself and Michael doing it and we didn't really get our business together until chris came along board i think we started to, to sort of work out how to do it by you guys were, ep- yeah you were, you were good i listened yeah but you're my brother so it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of we, we got there in the end <laughs> we did it took us a bit of time yeah. like, but it's, it was it was an experience but anyway the long and short of it is that people have said that our intro and outro music are in a particular style that kind of slightly more laid back and our in our bumper music the music between each segment is like you know hell on earth it's massively rah. But there's so, a reason for that, and that is to keep you all awake. Do you know what? The amount of times I've listened to our podcast, and I know it sounds very narcissistic, but I do listen to our podcast back to see you know, if I can do anything better. And the amount of times I've been half asleep, and then finished the section, and I've gone, whoa, <laughs> lashes. That came from goodness knows where. So anyway, we did we get a we got a, a submission, didn't we? Uh, yes, uh, one of the listeners um, <laughs> has written us some new bumper music so you'll hear it very shortly oh yes. so nice of sting to bother to do that because well you know he's a busy he, man he is and he, he you know he, what with all the time he takes engaged <laughs> in the things in his social and corporate responsibility stuff took a break wrote us some um, in between music so there you go so you'll be able to listen to that and uh, see that it fits quite nicely yeah i think it's a lot better mm, um, agreed we yeah, should chris gibson's all lot office to do it Yes, all the lot powerful, the greatest band never to have been in existence. Um, do we name the person? That's the question. I think we should give him props for what he's done because it's, oh. it's a big deal. Yeah, so but he's he always get, doing. He's always he gets enough name that. checks as it is. Okay, it's, it's, we'll give you a guess as to who he, he works for. Another he works for another show as well. <laughs> I mean, let's be is, honest. There is that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He'll, okay. He'll, he'll he'll name. All right, and then results of the survey that we had here quickly. Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. So, some just some uh, br- uh, a brief overview of what we got so far. So we've got um, so we put out a survey. It's on the website. I'll link it in the show notes if you want to put in more responses. Mm. Um, so we got ninety percent of respondents like the show. That's, so good. that's good. That's good. I think um, the list challenge is the most popular section of the show. Very good. Seventy-five uh, percent of you um, think we do a good job with lo- Legion-focused episodes. Mm. I'm guessing that other 25% is the Iron Hands players. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I actually have no idea. Uh, 63% of you think the length of the show is just right, mm-hmm. um, with the remainder split between too long and too short. Who oh, would go for too short? Sure. Um, yeah. Oh, God, what do, what do people want? 
And <laughs> he very much wants more video content, specifically live stream games and battle reports. Um, 95% of respondents requested these. Wow, that's massive. We do. I mean, me and Graham were talking with Richie Gentry uh, about battle reports because he had a suggestion. And I keep meaning to go back to him and ask him some more details about this. But it wouldn't be a 30K channel style battle report. It would be more in the style of White Dwarf from back in the day. And I quite like that, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think what we will do is we will look into that and get back to you. And obviously, live stream games, we do want to do more. It's just a case of talking it out. Did you think they want, well, I mean, it's just guessing what people want, but do you think they may want, you know, like the 30K channel where the, the, you record the battle and then it's like a, it, it's played back like a battle report is. Well, I just, don't, I don't know. But at the same time, the 30K channel does things, in my opinion, just, they do things so well. Absolutely. I wouldn't want to try and basically go in and copy them no, and agree. say, right, this is, this is it. Because, the 30k channel it's well worth subscribing to and he is someone i want to get on for a dread claw actually um but uh yeah. D- david that is um yeah. but the 30k channel do things so well um yeah. that i wouldn't want to try and even compete with that no uh, i totally agree with that That's i think if we sense. were going to do battle reports i'd want to do them in a different way yeah but so, uh, and i like this idea of the white dwarf magazine style just in video form yeah that would be good wouldn't it so we will um we will speak we will we'll talk about that we'll get some more details from Richie about what he's he's been suggesting um we'll talk about it between ourselves and yeah well don't don't forget you know we've got we'll have some more battles for people because we've got Comedy of Legends coming up yes, in yes. six weeks I think it is don't say that yeah I know yes yes it is um, trust I've me I've got a whole table of terrain to paint right. oh you you've got that wrong Chris it can't be six weeks it's got uh, twelve. I think you'll find, my brother, that today is the 17th of January. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. And okay. although I, I thought the event was at the end of March, it's not. It's the 1st of March. So, yeah, we have about six weeks. Um, so we'll have some more battles for people then to to enjoy and, and watch on their time. And they'll be live streamed, as they always are. And then they'll go up onto YouTube for people to hmm. enjoy later on. Okay, okay cool. so that's that's the survey, that's the intro. So what we'll do now is we'll move on to new releases. Cool. All right, so new releases. This month we've got a very thin month, but there are well it's you know we've just come off of christmas which is traditionally not very much happening then and mm-hmm. um so yeah it's mostly stories but there is one bit of scenery so with the first one we had uh a rose watered with blood that was 249 as an ebook um yes. that is really good have either of you two read it yet no please go away and read it it is awesome is that, um, if you just take this first few words Graham, that'd be perfect is it adb adb yeah. yes uh, and uh, Lorita Saren. Okay. Um, really awesome. Got a review of it coming up later. Um, and there's a piece of scenery, the Sector Imperialis Manufactorum. Haven't they done this about 80 times at this? <laughs> no, mean, this is a. How many times are they going to re release the same thing and just change is, the, change this, the this, word? This is the new bit, isn't it? This, this is just the two. This is two. Half, about half the kit from the Derelict Factorum. 
Yeah. So, you, so you've it's just got stuff. walls and it's 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 sprues that we've had before in a new configuration. I think that you know, like that there was that very famous um, Family Guy thing where they, or was it Family Guy? Where it might have been, yes, where they um, reckoned that manatees made up the um, randomly made up the episodes for South Park or something along those lines. South Park and Family Guy. Sorry, that was the difference. I reckon they do the same for naming this this scenery stuff. They've got like a load of manatees that randomly pick balls with the word sector, imperialis, manufactorum, and prometheum. You just muddle them about. Well, it's a good. It's, it's eco-friendly. It gives the manatees something to do. The, the beautiful sea cow that they are. <laughs> I think that's for the, what the new factories buildings they just put in for planning. Is it what the manatee? The manatee storage facility, so that they can um, you know come up yeah. with some more names for so, scenery. Uh, Anyway, the the scenery is £37.50. To be honest, I think that price is a little high for what you get in the box. Um, but you can get it for £31.88 LL Min Games. So what do you actually get? I'm just having a look at what you get in the box. Is it just that bit of section? That that section, yeah. I'm, okay. I That's, don't know how that... many sprues you get in there. I think it's just one, two, three, four. I think you get, I think you get two sprues of the walls. Yeah, you okay. must get two sprues of the walls and then one sprue with a floor. Um, it's a, I've seen the kit. It's nice and big. Uh, they, they've got it in a... Well, they've made oh, yeah. it from the Derelict Factorum in in the Warhammer store in Newcastle. It is a nice big bit of kit, but... Yeah, I can see it is big. You're right. I'm looking at it, looking at the box, and, it, and it's got like a figure for scale. So you can see it's a fair size thing. But the kill team things that they've been kicking about Team of, you know, I mean, they're about 50 quid, aren't they? Some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather, like I'd, rather, I'd rather get one of them, to be honest. It is yeah. good looking terrain, but yeah, like you say, it's, it seems a, a little um, bit too much for 37 pounds. Yeah. And just, then, just, sorry, very quickly, I'm just going to defend manatees because I looked up. They're as intelligent as dolphins are. Okay, so maybe they could come up with different titles for different bits of scenery then. Yeah. Okay. You Carry on. <laughs> right. Uh, and then finally, we had Night Fane. Um, which is an audio drama, um, $9.99 as an MP3, CD is $12.99 or £10.20 element gains. And um, we reviewed this a couple of episodes back. This is the Ultramarines one, isn't it? Uh, 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 yeah, Ultramarines. Uh, it's uh, Aeon of Feel. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's actually quite good. Um, um, it's actually quite it's, it's actually quite good. It's better than the last one, which okay. is a shame. Because okay. uh, th- when I say the last one, I mean um, Hubris and Monarchia. Mm. Because, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so not including it as a new release per se, but Urban Conflict is up for pre-order. It does contain some new urban rubble and barricades, plus a campaign system for urban warfare. A lot of people in Heresy are talking about, can this be used, that the campaign system be used for Heresy? But until we've got it in our hands, you know, we won't know if it's even crossoverable. Haven't they already got an Urban Conflict thing in book four? Uh probably yeah. it's been a while yeah. since i've read book four there but, is um battles for um yeah it's i don't know what the old women for city fight yeah it's Shut like up. that yeah yeah but this is a um, this is a, a new city fight heresy this is like a new campaign system with folders and cards and it, it might be worth looking at but to Can be honest the only thing i buy it for personally is the scenery Got but it. I'm not spending 60 quid on a box just for some scenery, a little bit of scenery. Is that, yeah, and they look okay. I like the fallen statue guy thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, scen- the scenery is really snazzy. Um, it's just I'm not going to buy the box just for the scenery. So you can probably, you know, in a 
once it's out, it'll all get stripped down. And if you have a look on, um, oh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a look know. on, I'm gonna have a look on eBay next week and see yeah, if someone's selling it. Enough, yeah. Those, those objectives will be awesome for say kill team. Yeah, yeah. you're right. The, the, the scenery itself is is very you know kind of low scale, isn't it? Or low, you know. I mean, it's it's fairly big actually. Looking at it, if that's the 28 mil model in there. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, so cool. So what we'll do now is we'll go on to sort of what we've been up to, uh, but we're also going to throw in there our pledges and plans for 2019. Yes. Dun dun dun. Mm. So yeah, as here we go. So 2019, the whole year has gone. Um, so what we thought we'd do now, before we get into the what we've been up to and games played, as we normally do, is just go through some you know what we want to get done this year, what we plan to get done, and what we hope to get done. I suppose is the best way to do it. So mm. I I will go with saying Graham, do you want to go first? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, Simply so that I can be somewhat de- de- derisive of your choice. Yes, so I have gone. So this is something that I've been messing around with for a bit of time, um, and uh, so I had some guard figures, and I thought, oh, you know what? They're not doing anything. I'm not going to play 40k. Uh, can I make a cults and militia thing? And so I've basically planned to be. That's going to be my main focus for this year's projects. So I've got um, a load of troops painted now. Uh, and I used the Anvil Industry heads for them. And I think we talked about this last month. So they're all done. Uh, so I've got another 15 to do, but I'm kind of putting them off because I just can't face another one at the moment. Um, and I'm going to start on my tanks, which is obviously a lot of fun. So uh, I'm looking for, really looking forward to playing this list because it is very different from what I normally play. Well, actually, that's not entirely true because there's loads of tanks in it, which is what I normally yeah. play. There's <laughs> a slightly worse power, power armor level, but other than that, it's pretty much... Yeah, I mean, I mean, the tanks are better fundamentally because obviously, um, you know, with your Lehman Russes, you know, they're, they're quite a sturdy beast. So, and I've gone for those rather than, um, I think a lot of people use the Medusa siege carriages and stuff because they really are good for cosmetics. And I've ignored those and ignored any kind of, of, of that stuff. And I've just gone for Lehman Russes. So I've got a combination here of cults and militia army with solar auxiliary. And what I'm going to do is I think I've got enough now in my cults and militia and as I'm using similar paint schemes for them, uh, I'm going to be growing my um, solar auxiliary. So I will, by the end of the year, have a 3,000-point solar auxiliary army that may share some components with a 3,000-point constant <laughs> militia army, if that makes any sense at all. Very sense. nice. Perfect sense. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. I've got those for you. And then probably later on, once I've got my first 3,000 points of this army done, uh, I need to get back into the swing of things for the um, secret horrors challenge that we had before Christmas. Um, so that is using um, Zaphius Zer, the Salamander. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I need to build a, a 1,000 uh, point army around him, which I'm also looking forward to. So painting some salamanders. But um, I'm going to try, I did have, I can't, uh, a bit between, just after Christmas, there was a, a local kind of games game sale where you can bring your armies and bits and pieces you don't want, you sell them, which was great. So I managed to sell quite a lot of stuff that I wasn't using uh, it's sort of half finished projects and things that when I sort of looked at it thought you know what I'm never going to get around to doing it I'm just hoarding it 
Um, so I've sold quite a lot of this. I've got a bit of quid, a bit of money, and we're off to Games Workshop. So we're off to Warhammer World on the 25th of January. Um, so money will be spent. And it will be for the Colts and Militia stuff, which I'm thinking about getting the very big super heavy, the Storm Lord, I think it is. Yeah, Storm Lord. Um, so I'm going to get that. That's for, that's for certain. I'm not sure I'm going to do with the rest of my money. It depends on um, how much the car's going to cost to get serviced. But if I've got anything left over, I might start looking at um, getting Zafir's Zer, a figure for him. And also, there's, you can use him with a uh, Salamander's Dreadnought. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, and the Iron Warriors um, Previan, uh, the three of them kind of can be uh, combined into a sort of a, a, a HQ choice for this particular sort of Shattered Legion of effect. So um, that's what I'm going to try and aim for long term. So I might get myself a Salamander's uh, Venerable Dreadnought if they still sell them. I'm not sure if they do. Um, um, I think they might. I just think Stormlord, just going back to very quickly... Yes. That's the one with like, the bolter front, isn't it? Uh, it's no, the Storm. Let me just quickly. Uh, I think it's a, a Storm Lord. I might be wrong on. Uh, it's the other one was Lord, Storm Blade. Storm. Storm, storm Hammer. Might be Storm. No, let me give a look. Two seconds. But there's the an interesting chart somewhere that someone's made. You know, store, You know, it's got the different um, oh, yeah. beginnings and ends of the. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically, so it is, in fact, the Stormhammer. You were quite right, Michael. So the Stormhammer Super Heavy is a, yeah, so it's got, um, it's the one that's got, like, a battleship size with loads of multi-lasers. On oh, it. right, yeah. Uh, a really cool-looking model. So, uh, yeah, I need another Super Heavy in my life, and that one's got my name written all over it. Absolutely. So that's my plan. I'm going to get that bad boy. And um, maybe some of the Solar Auxiliary, uh, the uh, Volkite Carronade, Demi Carronade, Lehman Russes as well, because I think they look awesome. Uh, but they are they are very expensive. But, yeah, yeah, they look cool, don't they? They do look really cool. Um, so maybe one of those as well. So we'll see how the money goes. Yeah. So, yeah, all very exciting. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go next just so Graham can get his uh, humorous quest yes, in. Let me just warm up my uh, larynx for some, some severe, severe... Dis, dis, dissing of you and your army list. Go on, bring it so up. So I, uh, I don't remember. I may have said in the last episode. So I'm going to be doing Mechanicum this year. What has happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just, just disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I can live with that. Um, which I've made sort of acquisitions for already. I've got. Yes. So I've got my. Dozen Thalanx. I have a dozen Ursaracs uh, that I picked up off Facebook. Um, a dozen, a dozen of those bad boys. Those yeah. ones with the power fist, aren't So it's they're all pre-assembled. So I nice. think, if I remember correctly, there's a good mix of power fists to lightning claws. I think it's it'll be two squads of six, and each squad will have two or maybe three power fists in. Wowzers, those are those are big time. Yeah, so that's, that's, a good, yeah, so, that's a good start. Yeah, so yeah, so a dozen of those, and a dozen Thalanx, plus all the Majosses that I've already got. Yes. Just dropped a guy. From the- um, from, I've got my two UR025s. From Blackstone Fortress. Uh, the guy that you gave me, um, oh, yeah. Belisarius cool. Yes. who I'll just use as a normal Majos. And uh, Michael was kind enough to send me a Majos as well, who wow. may get 
absorb. I may convert one of the UR zero two fives with him. Yes, just to make it look a bit different. Yep. Rather than the stock, the stock one. Um. So I, and it was my birthday at the beginning of the month. So, uh, our other brother got me a gift voucher, which I'm going to get one of the Thousand Suns Castellacs to use as a Alterax, which is. Um, a fast Artelax. attack option. The Artelax. Art- yeah, the Artelax, yeah. Sorry, sorry. This is the one that there's no current model for, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I thought the description of it, mm. it will tie up. It'll, the body shape of the Thousand Suns Castellac looks a little bit different from the normal it one. It so, uh, you know, it, it just makes it look out, stand out a little bit differently. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I picked up one of those uh, the other cool. day. So, there's, yeah, so... I mean, the thing with uh, Mechanicum is quite quickly you can get quite a big points total. You totally can. So I think even now, even with these, you know, 25, 26 models or whatever it is, that's right, 30 models, you know, I'm up to sort of 2,000 points easily. Yeah. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I don't know why, but I don't seem to be able to field an army that has a large infantry count. <laughs> I don't do big model armies, you know. I'll never yeah. do a well. I have done in the past in in Forge K, but I'll never do a auxiliary army. I don't think. I just think for some reason yeah. it doesn't appeal. But yeah, so that's 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 my main focus. So and I've you know made headway into that, which is good. Because I mean, the thing um, with those with those models is they're multi rune, aren't they? The, the, yeah, all of those. So they you know they can kind of um, even though they may be outnumbered, they've still got a. a, a equivalent number of wounds yeah. yeah and i've Very i've cool. kind of i am denied about what bases to use for them and i think i'm going to use the same bases that i used for my uh yes. custodes yes purely because then if i ever decide to, well they probably will get teamed together at times but i want them to have look sort of in the web way kind of look will you do the thing which wouldn't so much cause eye rolling as possibly eyes to actually physically flip back into somebody's skull which is the custodies plus mechanicum allies um i probably yeah. will but it wouldn't be a lot of mechanicum Got it would be more of like you know one one small unit just as a just for theme know. because yeah. you're right there is there's definitely um you know, there's there's narrative reasons why you would do that. Exactly. They, there's a big old punch up in the webway where they're involved. Yeah, and and they're all involved in it. Um, yep. But I don't think the cost of the models wouldn't ever really allow me to mix them yeah. both and be successful. And because been. they're both good at very different things. Mm. And I don't necessarily think successfully at three thousand points, I'd get the best out of those two armies. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so I think, you know, I would take a Majos and a, um, a, a squad of Thalanx just yes. as a symbolic thing. Or if I ever invert it, it would just be a, a shield captain and a squad of, you know, five or six custodes. Gotcha. Just just for just for theme. Yeah, makes sense. OK, I take it back. That isn't but, that unreasonable. Yeah. The problem with the Thalanx is they're a, they are a pretty good troop unit because of the multiple wounds. They've got jetpacks so they can move. Not massively yeah. quickly, but they can certainly get around if they, they need. They're quicker. That's the thing. Um, I'm just going to get a robot army. I'm not going to bother with big tanks. Okay. Um, yeah. But that will make sense, wouldn't it? Because we've got the UR35, and I think 
Yeah, the, my my idea is that he's you know the UR zero two fives of are the, actually the people in charge without even without the major Dominus knowing it. Got you. And you so know they're, like they're scavenging s- the robots. Almost like a semi sentient AI from back in the day before the yeah whatever that weird sort of uh, jihad thing they had to get rid of all of the um, yeah exactly and like uh, the all of the AI and whatnot yeah and the the robots would all have you know other UR zero two five mines within them that you know they've been putting there's a there's a story in my head for you know what to do so if I bother to write it down that'd be... yeah I mean that's what, with mine was the I've based my army on the the, the fall of uh, the, the planet system that we had the last company yeah. so yeah. that, that's why they're kind of like ragtag so um yeah we'll come on to what i painted for them later on hmm. but yeah. also i have because we've got malevolence coming out and i have a chaos demon army from 40k sitting in a box uh whispering to me mm. yes you um, have that's that a big army as well wasn't it yeah it wasn't it wasn't small mm. so i think um i may sort of get those organized for 40k uh for 30k at some point 30K, just for, yeah yeah because yeah, i think i enjoyed playing them it'd be nice to play them again and also yeah. it'd be something different for me i haven't got a traitor army at this point no that is true yeah. you can't get much more data more um evil than that okay. but yeah that's my those are my sort of model sort of projects just, that I want yeah. to get done this year. I also want to bust out the Orion a lot more, so that's going to be... Yeah. If I'm playing the yeah. Custodes at an event this year, I'm going to try and... The, yeah, the Orion's yeah. going to get in the list. Cool, lads. Cool. Now that it's kind of at a good position. Nice. What about you, Michael? What what 180 million things are you going yeah, to get this, done This is just this week. before we finish this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I want to get some demons um, built up and ready to go as allies for my word bearers. Now, when you um, say you want to get them built up and ready, you want to get them. I, I believe I've seen quite a number of, of uh, blood letters already trolling the internet. I painted mm. twenty blood letters. So yeah, far. before before breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> one-handed uh, while he's spoon-fed. And, Yes. Well, I found the bloodlet is really easy to paint because it's just a dry brushing scheme I've used. Yeah, that is uh, true, actually. Um, and then I, I want to get some plague bearers done as well. I've got about 20 of them sitting unbuilt upstairs. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I want a mixture of Nurgle and corn. But gotcha. We'll have to see what the list comes out as. Um, so I want to get them done for um, to around, you know, because of malevolence and put them out as allies to my word bearers. Um, I want to paint my custodies with an aim to debut them at Blood and Glory. Okay. Okay, very good. And then... Um, okay. It's just about the time I might be retiring mine for a bit, so that'd be nice. There'll still be one custodes army in the, yeah. in the group. Yeah. And, and then there's kind of a plan to uh, build and paint a warhound. Yes. yes. Well, we'll, we'll... Need to get that done. Yeah, because I bought a warhound titan. You did, and you looked ecstatic so doing so. It's so happy. <laughs> I've never I mean, seen a. It, it was like you just completed some massive achievement from your bucket list. That was what I got from that photo. I, from I my job is selling diamond rings to people for engagements, <laughs> things like that. Okay, yeah. I have seen 
men propose in the sh- in front of me to their other yes. half. Yes. None of those women have ever looked as happy as you did <laughs> holding a warhound titan in your in your in your mitts. It was a thing of beauty. I'm surprised it's not its own meme. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, you know, no matter what you do, you're never going to be as happy as this guy. Yes. I, I was fairly happy. You were very, very happy. Did you skip? Um, Did I you make an involuntary giggle noise? Was there a squeal of when you eventually, you know, they handed it on the counter at Warhammer World to you? Was was there a little yee or something along those lines? Well, no, I had to pick it up myself. Oh, right. Okay, you picked up a trip to the counter and then... Yeah. yeah. It's on the, oh, they didn't, like, whisper oh. to each other quietly and then go into, like, the, the cupboard and... Yeah, you just sort of expect to be handed to you on some, yeah, on a on a velvet cushion. Yeah, they did have to. Um, they did have to pull out um, the weapon yeah. drawer. Okay, I suppose if you bought a warhound, it may be yeah, you know, a warlord. Well, maybe they might get the, you know, they might give you the 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 uh, velvet cushion treatment, you know, because I mean that's a lot of money, isn't it? So maybe maybe they're so blasé about things now. Yeah. The Warhound isn't cheap, no. but no, it's it's exciting stuff because you've got one, haven't you, Graham? I have, and I've do you know what? you have one. Michael has one, so I need to get a Warhound. <laughs> that would be really cool, and then we could have a Warhound off. But it's really going to go. Whoever shoots first is going to win. So, well, no, 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 no. Mine, I've only armed mine so far with a. Well, I'm going to magnetize it. Um, um, let's not start this conversation again because yeah, this didn't end well last time. Blooming cheek. So, for those of you who don't, I just want to say a point of point of order, Malud, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> my, my learned colleague, Mr. Michael Ottrell, uh, point uh, said on the Titan Owners Club, which is a uh, exclusive, very exclusive, I think, um, war, uh, Facebook page for people who own Titans, that uh, yes, he was going to buy a Titan, uh, yes, he bought a Titan, and. He will eventually get some turbo laser destructors like his win at all costs friend tags me in, Graham. I mean, you know, tell I was joking around with you. Well, the, the court never returned its judgment, actually. I really <laughs> must get around to that. It's yes, been a busy month. You know, so everybody who sees this page will now think that every time I turn up, it's like, oh, watch out. That man's win at all costs because he's, mind you, to be fair. I suppose. If I mean, you do have a your warhound is is if I'm not mistaken, um, does have a steel pipe running through to a sky shield landing pad on each foot, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, now it's confession time here. Michael is perfectly justified in this thing because once upon a time, when I before I started playing Heresy, and was a you were a caught, power gamer. Well, I was caught up in the myriad of um, you know min maxing army lists and the like. I, I did once at a local tournament, and to be fair, there were some pretty hardcore players locally. Uh, I did once rock up with the Sky Shield landing pad and a Titan on the Sky Shield landing pad for the 4-plus Inbon. So I can't say that I've never done it. I regret it to this day, and I think, well, thankfully, I think um, Facebook and the like were less prevalent back then, because otherwise there'd probably be a picture of me all over the world saying, look at this geezer. Um, so yes, I have done it. So that's probably why Michael was perfectly justified because he did have, not unsurprisingly, two love turbo laser destructors, but one on each arm. 
What I like is the fact that you consider yourself a reformed character. I am so reformed from what I used to be like, mate. Trust me. <laughs> oh, this is, I'm, I'm well aware. I am. I have turned a very big corner from that. Uh, the dark side nearly pulled me in, but fortunately, uh, and in fact, that's part of the reason why I started playing Heresy, actually, because I was playing these games and, and they, they weren't fun anymore. And I could sort of noticed the people who were playing Heresy in the same club were having a really good time. And I was like, do you know what? This, what they're doing is kind of what I want to do because this competitive play doesn't suit me at all. So no. there you go. Well, Saved. My, 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 first, my first ever game against Graham was in 40k. And he introduced her as, um, right, I've got these iron warriors, but they're actually iron hands because they've got better rules. Yeah, that's, oh, flipping it. I can't believe you said that. You're right. I can't deny it. (laughs) (laughs) You're a piece of work. I am a piece of work. Just, you know, people change. Everybody deserves a second chance in this life, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the thing is, hang on, let's just get some justification here. (laughs) There is a desperately. For those of you who would have played it, bear in mind that I was in a semi-power gaming kind of thought process. The Chaos Space Marine rules were never as good and never will be as good as they were in uh, the, the third edition of 40k. And every Chaos player who ever played third edition of 40k oh, will always yeah, tell you this. That's, because they were the best rules. The, yeah, they were the best rules because you had the legions and you could customise the Chaos Space Marines to your legions and you could, yeah. you could build these really cool demon princes with... I had a corn berserker demon, a corn demon prince. He was awesome with this crazy axe of fury or something. And, you know, great times. They were a really good army to play. They were very powerful, very strong throughout the board. And then something happened and the rules for them got, they got progressively downgraded as what was the impression at the time was that the other, um, like the space Marines or their mortal enemies got much more powerful. And it started to rankle on people a bit because it's like, you know, in the, you know, the narrative, it's not like that. You know, the, the armies aren't that, dis- there isn't that level of disparity. Although, of course, you know, up until recently, every time that um, Abaddon decided to try a, a, a crusade, he always lost. So, you know, maybe there is some evidence for it after all. But anyway, long and short of it is the Iron Warriors didn't really have any rules like you would expect them to have they just had generic chaos space marine rules but the iron hands had some rules that were kind of similar that felt more like an iron warrior could be and also they were also really good so that's why i had to use iron hands rules i submit to the court's judgment on that particular thing well we'll we'll, we'll take it into consideration for there is no you know, there is no statute of limitations on these things so I, you know i can't say that it was a long time ago because <laughs> There you go. Thank you for that, Michael. I will remember this, um, my friend. <laughs> just, uh, while we're so, Michael, just with your warhound, are you going to paint it in the same scheme you've painted your Titanicus ones? I think so. Yes. Uh, yeah, Freddie the Swede is really sort of putting pressure on me to go with the. Um... <laughs> Sorry. What? Oh, a weird a 1960s Michael Caine movie. Exactly Freddie the Swede. And there I was, Daniel. It, was he not in? <laughs> yeah. He's one of the guys. Is Noel Coward still in prison? He's one of the guys from the Vangarian um, heresy. You know, he's the oh, guy okay. who organises the heresy against DMD. You're quite sure hey. he had nothing to do with, with getting a hey, um, really... <laughs> van out of Italy. Get, yeah, getting a, a busload of gold out of Italy. Quite yeah. Sure. 
anyway, he's he's putting me he's he's sort of saying, Oh, do the do the scheme for the charity titans. And I'm like, Yeah, that does look nice, but I really like Ignatum. Okay, yeah, Why don't I know someone called Freddy the Swede? I know he sounds awesome, but he sounds like he should be in the East End, shouldn't he? Anyway, there we yeah. were. He's in the Swedish he's military. Swedish. He's in the Swedish He's yeah, only called Freddy the Swede because he once he once ate a Swede instead of a parsnip, so now he gets no, called no. Freddy the Swede. His preferred method of disposing of other gangsters is to choke them to death on a Swede. Oh yes, <laughs> that's why they call him Freddy the Swede. That's why they call it Freddy the Swede. Uh, oh dear. Actually, that's going to make oh, no well. sense. You know, it's going to make no sense to our American listeners, don't you? Right. Well, because they haven't seen. Um, no, no, they don't know what Swedes are. I think they call yes. them something else. Like, is it rutabaga? I don't know. What? Why would you call something rutabaga when there's a word for it called Swede? Well, you say that. If you... uh, it depends where in the country you are, because in some parts yes. of the country they call them turnips. They do. So when my wife and they call a me... turnip a Swede. Yes, I, I went to mental. buy. I know, right? Yeah, I rutabaga. To... Ridiculous. Wow. Is that what anyway, they actually my... call it? A rutabaga. A rutabaga is the common North American term for the plant. This comes from the Swedish dialect rotabaga from rot and from rot and bag, so from root and short stumpy object. In the US, the plant is also known as a Swedish turnip or yellow turnip. Well, but yes. there you go. I'm amazed you knew that. Yeah. That is impressive. That is seriously uh, I think I only knew it because I was having an argument with Lindsay about what the what we what you call them. Well, yeah, so when I first came up here, my wife asked me to go and get some turnips <laughs> because we were going we to have a you know roast dinner. And oh, so I God. dutifully went into the shop and said, I'll have those, please, those turnips, because that's what a turnip is. Okay. And I returned, yep. yes, re- much smaller. Uh, I returned home with turnips thinking, well, this is slightly weird, but hey, my wife uh, I said, here are turnips. North. She said, what, what is that, you southern git? And I had to go back and get some sweet, uh, whatever it was, the other way around. Anyway. Yeah, because up in the north, they call a, a white turnip a swede. That's right. Really weird. Anyway, completely <laughs> off track. So, so, but Freddy the Rutabaga doesn't sound as good as Freddy the Swede. Do you, do you no. not think so? I think he sounds a bit more exotic. You know, like Freddy, Freddy the Rutabaga? No, it, it sounds like a, it's some sort of weird profession. <laughs> so what do you do I, for a living? Oh, I'm a Rutabaga. No, I think it'll be like a, a jewel fence, you know. Whereas Freddie the Swede's a you know up close and personal no. fellow. Freddie the Swede is a jewel fence because he goes to Antwerp, he gets diamonds, he sells them on the market while he's up in the north. Isn't isn't isn't? <laughs> we've, we've got an elaborate backstory for a person that we've never met. And oh, well, should we move oh, on? Yeah, move yeah, on yeah. So, so, what do people get for Christmas? Oh, nothing. Oh, that's not. Well, I didn't get any models or anything, but I did get. Uh, a paint stand, a um, was it TT Combat with uh, yeah. the MDF paint stand thing? Oh yes. And a new uh tray to to assemble bits on, which has proved a challenge assembling itself. But <laughs> um, it's been good. But that's yeah, I didn't. It was fairly sort of heresy light for me, I think. Just, cool. Yeah. I, I got some some money, so um, that's going on the Thunderbolt, which was uh, what has been ordered for Thunderbolt, which I should have fairly quickly, and um, I'm looking forward to getting that done. Um, 
So that would be what my... was it you What was it you ordered that I, uh, on my order? Did you know, wasn't that a Thunderbolt? Are you getting yes, another Thunderbolt? No, just that one. That's it. All right, so you have the Thunderbolt. That's, that, that is the one. The one that you yeah, cool. order. Yes, yes. Um, and I also, the one thing that I was very pleased about, I don't know why, it's really, really pleased me and made me very happy, is at this um, second-hand sale that I went to, uh, I had a look around and uh, I stumbled across the sort of rogue trader compendium um, that was like a combination of the what I think was chapter approved at the time. And it's got all the old rules for things like um, squats and uh, wrappings and all these really old, cool rogue trader era bits of lore and stuff, including things like the legendary um, deodorant bottle tank and how to build it. <laughs> So for those of you who are under the age of 30 or probably 40 even, um, one of the things they, they put out was this sort of in, in um, White Dwarf back in the day was how to scratch build a hover tank. And this basically involved using a particular brand of deodorant bottle and some plastic spoon spoon bits to make this really cool looking tank. And I think people still refer, refer to it to this day. So, but there's some really cool stuff in here, um, you know, for example, like how some of the legions used to be painted um, and things like that. In fact, there's even, I'm looking at right in front of me now, there's a, a rhino uh, painted by none other than Tony Cottrell, which you yes. had him and Eve it, um, oh, that, he, yeah. that, he, that he painted back and in the day. So, And they've got the camouflaged is, white scars rhinos. And the, that's right, yeah. So the it's a guard it's, rhino. Yeah, it's a really cool piece of history. Um, and the pictures are really nice. They're in that sort of cartoon 2000 AD style. Um, rather than the sort of elaborate uh, and beautifully crafted pieces of artwork we have today. So, you know, they've got things blowing up and all sorts of craziness going on. So, yeah, a lot of really cool and interesting things in this book. So I'm really pleased. I got it for £10. I was really pleased with that because I thought it was just really excellent. So if you want to find out about squats, it's all in here as well, which is really interesting. But, yeah, definitely a great buy. So very pleased with that. Anyway, as you can tell. Yeah, um, I got a few things i got off the girls i got the wild bangerang ultramarines hockey top yes oh you yeah did. that was that that that's quite something i i actually quite like it actually quite like look, it in fact the picture of you looking as happy as you were ever happy you're ever gonna look probably as you in that very jacket doesn't it Your yes it is, it is um i got visions of heresy um yes. a painting handle excel and huh? the assembly handle um, yeah okay. i haven't used it yet but you know got it okay um yeah. i also got a couple of bits for adeptus titanicus i got a warlord titan with plasma annihilators and power claw and serastus knights Ow. and uh, randomly in my stocking there was a pot of agrax earthshade you, you always need that you never know yeah. everyone need one everyone needs one yeah yeah, yeah. i think I, I, so it's glad I, I i i just started a new pot the other night so um, there we go it's it's now my you know so I've now got a spare pot still. Um, I, I would not start painting anything unless I had a pot of that available. I just wouldn't couldn't do it. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I treated myself to the kill team starter set. I went to Warhammer Newcastle and bought that for myself because um, I quite like kill team and I wanted the scenery. So very good. Cool. Uh, it's, it's nice. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I got for Christmas. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, nice. cool. So, so what you guys been working on? Ah. Chris. 
to be fair. Me and my laptop have been firmly, firmly yes. uh, uh, entrenched together. I, I'm going to qualify it because it is hobby progress yes. in, a, in a very broad sense, but my life is currently Company of Legends. Yes. Um, yeah, so. Stuff. Yes. Which is just, yeah, they're, they're, it, it, for me, it's one or the other. Um, and models are, are not urgent and we're six no. weeks away. So sort of the couple of jobs that I've that are sort of assigned to me for organizing, I just, I've been hammering yes. those out. Um, yes. And we got one done so, this week, so that's good. Yeah. I'm just, big, big, big I've got a big tick week. still to try and get. Yeah. And I've got to get a big tick sorted or hear back about a big tick mm. in the next couple of days, hopefully. Um. But I can't really say, I don't know how much we want to say at this point, but it's just getting stuff done. So yeah. hobby, but model building wise, not a huge amount done, but yeah, but event hobby progress certainly has been made. I'm very exciting to talk about, unfortunately. Yes. Um, what about yeah, you, Michael? That's me. Let's go. Oh, uh, uh. Yeah, I do. Right, I do let's, have a... let's, uh, get, hang on, hang on. Let's let everyone get time to go make a cup of tea. Get settled in, get put oh, the yes, comfy right. pants on while we yes. get while he gets through what can only be described as a paragraph. This and is, maybe like two it. paragraphs. It's it, it feels less it feels more than I've written stories shorter than this. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> uh all right, so that is Satanicus. I built and painted the Sarastus Knights and my and two of my Warhound Titans. And I built the Warlord Titan with the Plasma Annihilator. At the same time. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, I I painted one of the Plasma Annihilators because I'm going to have a game of uh, Adeptus Titanicus on Sunday. So right. um, I built uh, I built I painted up one of the Plasma Annihilators to 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 give to my Warlord. Um, mm. Age of Darkness. I built and primed some destroyers and Grave Wardens for my Death Guard. Blimey. Um, I haven't touched them beyond that. Um, I okay. painted three blood crushers and ten blood letters, which are mostly for Age of Sigmar, but they're also, you know, hoping that these yep. will have good rules for Demons of the Ruin Storm. Yep. And then I've worked on a bit of scenery. I built the terrain from the Kill Team starter set, and I primed that in uh, Mechanica Standard Grey. Um, then I painted a Wall of Martyrs Imperial Bunker, uh, Wall of Martyrs Imperial Defense Emplacement. And a sky shield landing pad. <laughs> oh, and um, you're going to get more. You, you've got more done this month than I'll get done by. <laughs> I'm going to say October. I also built and painted three more armor containers. Just because you could. That is incredible. What an achievement. That's that well. So much stuff. Yeah. Well, well, I think if there was a model for, uh, you know, dedication to the course that is pretty darn impressive my friend so what about graham so yes yeah, so i've been busily working on my solar auxiliary part of, part of that act well i did do 10 solar auxiliary and 25 um uh militiamen uh grenadiers which i'm very pleased with actually they've come out okay uh i also did um some a HQ, so I did um, like the, the is it Creed the model, Creed the the the, the old um, Cadian HQ for what's his name? Oh um, yes, Usaka Creed. Yes, yes, uh, I painted him up 
to use as HQ potentially because I happen to have him. And I also painted up five Ratlings, which I'm really pleased with because I really like them. And I think I've also got a bit carried away with 90s Rogue Trader because they are very much, I don't think the models have probably changed. And I bought them off eBay, so they're old metal from the 90s, I think. Um, and they're really cool. And I really like them. Nice. They'll, be, they'll, they'll be full on lead. Yes, they are, basically. And um, I actually, actually, for the first time that I can remember in, in a very long time, I actually gave my models names in that, a very Rogue Trader-esque thing where you paint the name of the model on the back of the base. So I did that. <laughs> I don't know why. Apparently, it just seemed know, like the right, the right some thing character. to do. Yeah, so they've all got names which, now. Which one has... Which one has the has the important name? Is there one with the important name on it? Well, I've got one called Rambo. Which is the character that we... <laughs> you got one called Ram... No, there's already a character in, in the universe called Rambo. Oh, is there? Uh, well, yes, I know what you mean. Anyway, he's, he's got a head... Slime, Ar- Slime Arbo. Yeah, but he's not called Rambo, is he? Just saying. Anyway, the, one, of these, one of these rattlings looks like that. So he's called Rambo. And there's Lefty, because he's got left-hand gun for some bizarre reason. Um, then there's Doc, because every kind of sub, not subhuman, um, every kind of, uh, you know, mutant needs a, a Doc. <laughs> Abhuman. Abhuman, that's the word I'm looking for. Needs somebody called Doc. Um, and then yeah. I've got G- Ginge, because he's got ginger hair, unsurprisingly. And uh, I can't think what the last one was called now. It's going to bug me. Anyway, those are my kind of like seven dwarves, except there's five rattlings. They've all got names. And I'm gonna absolutely hate it every time they die. <laughs> can can you not get two more just for the sake of it? Can you not just get two more? Actually, do you know what they're, they're actually? Then you have seven. Expen- they're actually pretty expensive because they're the models are out of they don't make them anymore, so you have to go to eBay. I managed to get five of them for a five, which was a massive bargain. Well, but they don't they, they don't make rattlings anymore. Well, that's a massive bargain. I don't think so. Um, but anyway, I Did really enjoyed painting. Especially while they were. You not just get the two from Black Stone Fortress? I didn't know they did them, and I'll have a look into that. But yes, these guys have got '90s character, you know, all over them, if you like. And so I, I maybe I should get you know the, the seven halflings. So there you go. That that was really weird, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> but that's what I've done. So I don't know whether you can use them in Heresy. I don't know if Ratlings were around in the Heresy. I'm assuming they were. Oh uh, um, yeah. No, but so, you don't. Yeah. You can just. Use them as. Um, you can have recall. You know, they don't have to be anything different. They can just be special yeah. little blokes, can't they? That's what they are. They're basically, you can have uh, in the cults of militia list. You can have a recon squad with um, sniper rifles, which is exactly what they are. Um, so nothing special. The only thing is, obviously, the models are quite small. I just wondered whether you know that might be modelling for advantage if they're not really supported. Right. There. There you go. There are two Blackstone Fortress rattling snipers on eBay currently. Oh, cool! And oh. yeah, if you buy the buy the pair of them, uh, they're currently at a figure that I will I'll share it with you if I can. All right, cool. Thank just you. So you can see. But yeah. Anyway, just to say that it's I don't usually get that emotionally attached to figures that I paint because, as those who know, I'm not the best painter in the universe. And I generally paint them so that I can play them. But this is the first time that I actually felt a bizarre connection with the models that I was painting because they were just so cool. Yeah, but the Blackstone Fortress ones are quite cool. They've even got a mini fridge. Have they? 
Maybe that's what I like about them. They're a bit crazy. They're a bit off off piece when it comes to the sort of normal, very seriousness stuff. They've got a character. They've got, you know, they're a bit of fun, aren't they, I suppose? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, some light, light, light relief. Cool. So that's us. Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. So um, games played. Uh, Chris, you're in hibernation mode, aren't you? Yeah. I'm in hibernation mode. For potentially yes. playing some games in March if required. Yes. But actually, I haven't got I haven't gotten a playing event lined up at all so far. We need to sort that out actually. Once we sort get sort that out. Yeah, I think once we get past um, getting everything sorted for Company of Legends, we need to work out what events we're going to go to this year because we yeah. did, did say we we're going to try and do a Southern yeah. event um, in the you know after Company of Legends, so we shall see what we can do. Yes. So um, yeah. yeah, Graham, you had a bit of a long game, didn't you? Yes, I did. It was very good, actually. So um, every year, Durham Raiders, uh, they have a long gaming day. Um, so basically, you can play all day. I think it starts at nine in the morning and it finishes at, when the club closes at 10 o'clock at night. So they hire the whole thing for the whole day, which is really cool. Um, and it's usually, you know, one of the weekends in the sort of Christmas break. So this year, um, myself, uh, Rich Fuzz, um, Christian and John Dermansey, we all rocked up at, at Durham to play a four-player game. It was about um, 9,000 points, I think. So initially, uh, Michael was supposed to be coming along, but he was ill on the day. Yeah. So um, we had to do a little bit of adjustment. So in the end, um, I think I took 4,000 points. Christian took 3,000 points. So it was me and him against uh, John and Richie. Um, and they both had 4,500 points. So we were kind of outnumbered a bit, but that was fine because the mission was quite was supposed to be a bit like that anyway. Um, and we played, um, I'm trying to remember what mission we played now. Oh yeah, we played one of the missions from book eight, which was the one where there's a, uh, a sort of meeting between the um, loyalist forces or two loyalist forces. Um, and it's like, it's not the Shadow War one, but it's one of the legendary missions. And um, let me just see if, I, actually it's in the other room, so I can't, but so I, I basically said, we're going to do this mission. And the idea of this mission is that uh, you, you have to try and kill their HQ. Which, which book's it in? So it's in book eight, and it's one of the legendary missions, so not one of the Shadow War missions. How did you get book six? Yeah, how did you get hold of book eight so early? I haven't I haven't got book eight. Yes, a yeah. special sneak preview of book eight. Everybody's going, what? How did he do this? Don't. Sorry, book six. Book six. It's in that. It's legendary missions in right, book let me six. Let see if I can track down. Anyway, long and short of it is... I may have book six, I can't remember. Okay. The long and short of, it, of the mission book four, was... Book two, book three, book six. Um, is you have to... The, the traitor players had to disrupt this meeting between the two um, loyalist HQs, which happened to be uh, Ferris Magnus, Ferris Magnus and... Um, what's the other fella from the Ravenwing? Corax. And I had Perturabo and... Uh, Christian had Alpharius. And so the plan was to, they were meeting in the middle of this big, we did, I think we did eight by eight by four, I think it was in the end. So yeah, 9,000 points aside, give or take. Conclave yeah. of the Lost. That could be it. Yeah. So basically that was the mission, but we had to yeah. just, we had to kill the Primarchs in the first three turns, which proved very, very difficult. If I'm completely honest with you, in fact, it was impossible because um, they played a really good game and, the, the, the unit that really um, did for us was uh, John's Raven Guard, which he'd given Las Cannons to and Augury Scanners. 
so obviously uh, Christian's army is all very much about uh, outflanking. And the Augury scanners, of course, were sitting there guarding these two Primarchs. Um, and so if you tried to outflank, they would just shoot you because they could use their, um, you know, interceptor rule that's now with the um, Augury scanner change in the FAQ. So they played a really, really strong game. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think we finished, I think we started about 10. I think we finished at about three or four. So it's quite a long day. Um, but yeah, good times. Uh, lots of fun. But in the end, we just ran out of things to throw at them and they just um, mopped us up. Ferris Manus is a beast and he killed Perturabo, just to say. Curses. Yeah. And I've got some photos and I'll throw them up in the show notes. Yeah, it was good, good fun game. And it was nice to get the Iron Warriors out um, with quite a few bits and bobs. Um, and to, to play a big army, 4,000 points plus, is nice. And once in a while, you know, mm. to get some of the bigger things, uh, bigger um, models and what have you out. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, cool. Um, I had a game this month. Um, yes. Uh, I'm going to try and get at least one game a month in. Uh, that's, that's a sort of resolution this year. And what I did was I played Ed. I can't remember his second name. Um, a guy I met on the Northeast Heresy group. I just put out a thing saying, does anyone want a game at Battle Bunker? Um, and he was like, yeah, sure. I met up on the daytime. And he had white scars. Um, it was a bit of a generic white scar list, you know, so lots of jet bikes, um, yeah. javelin speeders. Yeah. Um, there was an Arcus in there, uh, Sikar and Venator. Um, and I took up my Death Guard to make it a bit more fluffy. Gotcha. And it was... Because <laughs> this sounds very similar to Pete Reese's list at um, Blood and Glory, because he had quite a lot of those units as well. Uh, there were no ordinary speeders, and it was only 2,000 points. Okay, fair enough. Because he's still building up his army. Um, yep. But, yeah, no, there were some awesome uh, models there, really nicely well-painted. I mean, he was saying, oh, white's the easiest color to paint for me. And I'm like, really? Seriously? Wow. Um, but it was a really, really nicely painted army. I didn't some get people were just lucky. I yeah. only got a couple of photos, um, but um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put them on Instagram, and I'll I'll put them in the show notes. But How were, did you get on? That was the question. Um, I, well, the, well, it was, um, the, oh, what was it? The mission. The one where you have to get the, the objective in the um, other deployment zone. Dominion or Onslaught? One of those two. I, I think it might be an Onslaught. Um, okay. And um, he was able to sneak around and get my objective with his, um, with his uh, jet bikes. Yes, of course. So I managed to destroy one jet bike unit with um, uh, with the Arcus and some uh, and some Las cannons from mm -hmm. uh, Land Raider. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, I just did, couldn't move quick enough because obviously uh, Death Guard with Death the rooting can't yep. can't run oh. or go flat out. Yeah. So um, it took me the whole game to get over to the other side of the board. Um, I got out my Death Shroud and my Praetor. Um, I made the mistake of deciding, you know what, I'm going to tank all these shots um, from, I can't remember what it was, it was he was firing it from, but it was, anyway, I, I said, I'm going to tank all these shots. Um, yeah. I think it, it was cycle, It was from his cyclone launchers on his javelin. I made okay, the mistake of, going, of saying, I'm going to tank them all on my Praetor. Mm. Yes, because his two plus armor would be fine, surely. It's a, it's a bold move. It was a bold move because I've got the um, cyclone missile launchers, the the the, the strength eight, strength eight. <laughs> One pound. I'm, I, um, 
and my Praetor <laughs> went, he saved three of them, died to the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a, yeah. Um, but it was, it was a tough game. I had two Death Shroud left at the end, um, lost convincingly, um, but it was a really, really good game. Loved the army. Um, cool. it, it's a really nice army. Um, and it was, it was, it was just a really nice game, and it's always cool. a pleasure to go down to Butter Bunker. Yeah, and, and to play somebody different as well, which is nice. Yeah, and just and just managed to twist my arm into buying Night Vault. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, I say but... twist. It didn't need that much twisting. I was going to say yeah, probably not a huge amount of twisting involved there. I do. You know, I was wherever I go there, I always try and buy something. Um, yeah, I yeah, do too. Even actually, if it's only even yeah. if it's only a little paint, I I yeah. I, I kind of wish that he would let me pay for the table time. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd feel better paying for the table time than the the. So, the during weekdays it's free isn't it um yeah but i always make sure to get me drinks there um yeah. get me a chocolate bar um yeah. so yeah, but yeah. good little good little store if Definitely. you are in the northeast do go yeah i think so it's very good yeah okay um and that was that was my games played so um i think that's that's about it so nice. guess yep. we'll be moving on to state of the union next i Let's do it. In this next section, uh, we will be going through the State of the Union, which is our kind of roundup of all the uh, news and going ons in the world of heresy. So before we do that, though, one thing we did overlook as part of our feedback was uh, some very interesting feedback about the three of us. So if I remember rightly, and this is pleased my brother no end, incidentally, which is why I think it must have been written by his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so a lovely comment was that. Um, just while you're there. So the only time the only time Annie's ever mentioned anything about the podcast is when yes. I put a photo up of my desk and she went, great. No one's going to think I'm the nagging girlfriend. <laughs> was, it's fine. It's not the case at all. It's not the case at all. Absolutely not. Um, anyway, somebody, one of the comments was that uh, we're really likely to the show. Uh, Michael is the sort of der- uh, the database of all things heresy. Uh, Chris is a personable and so something else, another adjective to describe you. Charming. Was charming. Was it charming and personable? That and- was the one. <laughs> yep. Uh, and yes, I am referred to as chatty. So I don't quite know what that means, but unfortunately for that <laughs> yeah, one, for that one listener, you're going to have to forgo the database and the, uh, the dulcet tones of my brother and my rather uh, Southern chat will continue as I run through the state of the union. So uh, on, on the know, day, chat, I mean, chatty is such a weird thing. I don't know what to take with it. So I think what they're trying to say is that I probably talk too much, which is absolutely true. I completely can see that point. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, on the day we recorded our last episode, uh, Forge World had a Christmas party. Seems slightly weird. And they had this Christmas party on the Twitch, the streaming service. So um, in the video, we got the, a few tidbits about malevolence, which was at the time at the printers. So it's definitely coming. Uh, and the work has started on book nine, which they say they can talk about more during the weekend, which is in a couple of weeks time, I believe. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. 
Uh, book eight, so this is what we know, uh, is about the Blood Angels versus Demons and White Scars versus Alpha Legion. So there should be some cool things in there because obviously the Blood Angels haven't got their own um, sort of breakdown of a uh, book, if you like, and uh, neither of the White Scars. They were just included in book six um, with a couple of pages. Uh, confirmation that the Black Books are written from the perspective of the Imperium, and at this time, humanity's knowledge of the warp is less well developed. Which is interesting because it's actually been a fairly interesting um, uh, thing. When we started to write stories and her uh, about what's going on in the heresy, uh, particularly when we started to put demons into our narratives, it's like, you know, how would people react to that and stuff like that? So that's, that is good to know. Um, demons of the Runestorm are a lot more amorphous. Um, so you can now pick your demons form as they emerge from the Ruinstorm. So in the heresy, they're not being summoned. They are being they are tearing themselves out into the warp and into reality. So whereas in the 40k 7th edition rules, you summon demons, what they're saying here is that these aren't summoned demons. These are demons that have literally ripped through the, the veil of reality and manifested themselves. Yeah. Uh, we've got a second trailer for Death of Hope fan sense. series. Yeah, it does make total sense. Now, um, we've got the second trailer for the Death of Hope fan series. So this is uh, this fabulous piece of video that this guy's been putting together, hasn't he, for some time now. Um, which is a which seems like a really really cool sort of computer generated um, animated rather uh, piece of film uh, depicting some sort of heresy battles uh, space marine versus space marine. Really uh, nice. Yeah, lots of ultramarines and um, to be honest, I actually think I preferred the first trailer. I think I remember seeing one of them and, and, it, and it actually kind of stuck with me as we started to write stories about space marines, which was, you know, a lot of space marines are ganging up with other space marines and just knocking the living stuffing out of this other space marine. And it was shot in such a way where you could really almost see, feel the palpable hatred of the, you know, chaos or the, sorry, the traitor space marines against their loyalist brethren and vice versa, yeah. Yeah. which was really powerful stuff. So um, I don't know if that's still in the new trailer, but anyway, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the new trailer's a lot more... Um, it's not. It, it's a lot less actiony. Right. Yeah. Because this had some fantastic action. It was really believable. It was very good. So, very cool. Um, White Dwarf got a relaunch in January. So, not much in the in that issue for Heresy. I uh, have just a few models and a feature on the Golden Demons. So nothing spectacular there. Uh, as expected, the Christmas Eve model reveal was in fact Haval Redbade or. Red Blade or Eddie Redbeard, as I referred to him as in our previous episode. Um, uh, so <laughs> caused all manner of co controversy when it was released um, because of the way that the model was painted, I believe, this time was what people were upset about. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so it, it looks much better in the bear resin. It totally does. And they showed it off. Um, on yeah, it does. It, yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, though, if I could paint like that, the guy who's painted, who's obviously painted the um, the model that they've shown off, I'd be perfectly happy. Totally. And I think it's another one of these things where there's something about, I don't know if it's Space Wars in general, or just if it's just um, a accumulation of, you know, sort of negativity. But people were really up in arms about this one, weren't they? And it just seems like, guys, come on now. I mean, to be, to be fair, the face with it painted up, did kind of look like that guy from Austin Powers. Oh, yes. Yeah, that is true. But anyway, who's, either who's way... name we yeah. cannot mention on this podcast. We can't, actually. Um, but, you know, it's a new figure. It's a, uh, I'm sure we can get around it somehow. <clears throat> he likes Possibly. to eat babies. 
yeah and it's anyway let's just yes. anyway the longest short is this model has been released the model itself has got some really cool rules as i found out well uh, the clearances of drew uh, in november i think it's gonna be a great addition to um space wolf players because at the moment i think they're fairly limited on um hq choices or certainly characters um so i think the model looks pretty cool lots of things going on there so good to see him on the table uh, in the yeah I, I quite like the model. Um, definitely will be on the list for considering getting it. Yeah. Uh, so on Christmas Day, there was a made-to-order promotion for the Vostrum Firstborn. So these are the um, Imperial Guard Regiment that looks very much... I don't know what they look like, really. What are they kind of taken uh, from? Cossacks. That's right. Yes, they kind of have that sort of Cossack look about them with the, um, with the sort of hats and stuff. So... Historically, the Vostron weren't around in the um, Heresy era. Well, they were. They just refused to send anyone to help um, it terror. Okay, right, fair enough. And, yeah, and, so. and they were forced to sign this deal uh, with the Heresy um, to off the offering of the Firstborn, I think they called it, um, to say, right, you, you, we will give you the Firstborn child from every family uh, to fight and to fight to say sorry for not sending troops to Terra because they said well we're a we're a we're a factory world wouldn't we be better making bolters and bolt shells and okay well there you go an interesting little tidbit from the database that's going to go down well isn't it <laughs> yes yeah um so yeah anyway long and short was you can still use them as a planetary defense force or something along those lines without any bother they look really cool I think if I'd been starting again from scratch, I might have seriously considered them for a cult and militia army because I think the models do look good. Yeah, the models are amazing. Yeah. And, they, you know, if you compare, I think you could get, I don't know how much it was for the, because they're all metal, aren't they, these guys? Yeah, they were uh, metal. I can't remember how much it was for quite a few of them. It didn't seem too bad if you compare it, compare it with how much you'd pay for uh, solar auxiliary. If, if you were buying big squads, uh, the big squad, um, it was quite okay. But, if you wanted an individual model, like an individual plasma gunner, it was it was very expensive. Okay, right, gotcha. Um, I think it was fifteen. It was quid. like when they did the um, Tanith models. Yeah, I think it was fifteen quid for a single plasma gun guy. Wowzers. Um, okay. But if you bought this sort of battalion, yeah. which I think was like seventy odd quid. That's what I thought. Actually, quid, that was, that was you, not you bad got, value. That was really good value, but obviously you needed a few of them. Yeah. Uh, to, to build a good force. Yeah. Well, it depends what you want to do. I mean, if you're a, a space, uh, you know, a, a Warhammer 40k player and you just want to build the Loyal 32, you know, that that's, I think that single battalion and a squad would do you just fine. But Got you. So, yeah, so that was out, which was quite interesting. And um, Broken Toad Miniatures have confirmed they have ceased production of their popular Mark II brush range, no less. Um, so what they've said here is the supply of Sable has had been troublesome over the last year and the end result is that they for them to be able to produce the brushes at the prices um they would have to basically increase it to a point where it would be in the same category as the um default uh the brushes of the champions the windsor and newton brushes which i've never used um so or they have to start basically producing brushes with uh, inferior sable so they decided just to cease production they're not going to do it anymore because they can't, you know, make it sustaining. Um, and they're selling the remaining stock, I think. And which, if there are any left, I would snap them up. But um, like I said, they won't be making any more. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't used them, but a lot of a lot of painters did. Uh, I think they've still got some left in stock. Um, they've got some size three slash zero size ones, um, uh, size twos. They've got a few left in stock. How do but, they compare price wise to the Windsor and Newtons? Are they cheaper than the Windsor and Newtons? I'm sure. They're cheaper than Windsor and Newtons. So a size a size um, size one is seven seventy five. Right. Okay. Okay. And a Windsor and Newton is a lot more. Cool, yeah. Okay, uh, the price of Citadel paints. I think I've got a few Windsor Newton paints somewhere, or brushes somewhere. I've got some Windsor and Newton, but they're the cheap ones with the plastic, with the, with the non-sable tips. They're yeah. perfectly fine for me. I'm uh, my my painting just isn't good enough to justify exactly. like, prices. So yeah, no. if I, I was, I, I'm oh, quite. Oh yeah, I'm quite, whatever. I, <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm quite happy with game with Citadel or um, Army Painter. I prefer Army Painter. Um, but um, my local store, which used to sell them, has stopped selling them. So um, I'm using a lot more Citadel. I've, I've, I, see, I went to um, W H Smiths actually the other week, um, and while I was talking, they have obviously art supplies in the bigger W H Smiths, and they had this set of Windsor and Newton brushes uh, for a, like a tenner, but they're not the you know the, the professional range; they're the sort of cheapo range, but they're nicely weighted. Um, and they're fine for what I need them for. You know, I'm not a spectacular painter, um, so they're, they're perfectly cool. So I tend to buy brushes like that. You know, basically, how many can I get for a tenner? Um, <laughs> that, that are, you know, v- vaguely going to hold up for a couple of goes. I mean, there is an argument that you know you spend a lot of money buying lots of brushes because they, they just wear out so quickly. Whereas you might be better off buying an expensive brush that's going to last longer. But. I, I'm one of these people that really needs to learn how to use brush soap and yes. brush conditioner and stuff like that. Yeah, basically, mine's run under the tap, job done. Whereas, you know, to keep a brush in good tip-top condition, um, you need to be, like, say, treating that brush with a lot more respect than I do. Um, anyway, talking about brushes and paints, we segue nicely into the fact that Citadel paints are going up by a 20 pence per pot, which is actually a fair fair increase, isn't it? So what are they now, currently? Is it about £2 something? Uh, 2.55. So they're going to go up to, what, 2.75? Yep. That's, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Um, you know, it's a fair, it's a fair old price rise, that. Yeah, but well, remember, you can get them cheaper going to third parties, or, I mean, Boys put up an advert. Uh, Boys are a store up here in the northeast and the and the east of England. Um, they're doing them for about two pounds at the minute. They are, yeah, that is true. But don't forget, you've also got other ranges of paint out there: Vallejo, um, Cut to Arms, stuff like that. So you're not, it's not like you have to use Citadel paints. Yeah. I mean, personally, I do use Citadel paints because. Uh, I've got like half a dozen, well, actually more, uh, but uh, about half a dozen stores within about a uh, 30 minute bus journey that sells Citadel paints. Yeah. Yeah, I can certainly see what you're coming from. That's like, um, you, know, you don't have to go and try and find the um, model or air paint or model colour paint thrash metal, which I had to try and find the other week to match my own worries because the only place I can get it online is from Element Games, bizarrely enough. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there you go. Uh, so, and also the start collecting sets um, went up. So, this is only really um, variable for, or, or of interest to us for the start collecting Astra Militarum and box sets for demons. Yeah, so they, they are I believe there was a leaked list the other day. Demons are going up to fifty-five pounds, and yeah. the Astra Militarum is going up to sixty quid. Gotcha. Okay. But that's that's not so bad, I don't think. Yeah. Badger have re- had their annual birthday sale, and that allows people to buy any of their airbrushes for $50, $55, which is a pretty good uh, deal for the quality of the product. 
although once you've paid for shipping, um, that works out around $70. It's a bargain, though, and I think one of our uh, one of my co-hosts actually went for it. Did you not, Chris? I did. I gave. I I saw the thing on Facebook, and I thought, well, I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a spin. I got my email back with sort of the the, the process you had to follow. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll be getting my my Badger airbrush. Right. So how, how much was the shipping? Uh, I think I think you're correct. It all worked out around sixty five, seventy pounds. I think it was in the end. Yeah, okay. which that's is a good. it's a ridiculous saving, quite frankly. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It's weird because he's been doing this for a couple of years, but he he insists you send um, your email through to a AOL address. Okay. So yeah. a lot a lot of people are all like, "Ooh, this seems a bit dodgy." Yeah. Okay, that makes sense, I suppose. How weird. Um, <laughs> no, I got a, I got an email back and I got the the link you have to go through and um then you go sort of you you decide which airbrush you want and things like that. So. Just bear in mind, you might end up getting it stopped at customs after pay twenty percent plus. Yeah, there's always the chance, but yeah. even so, if I'm paying twenty percent <laughs> on sixty quid as opposed to twenty percent on a hundred and you know these airbrushes go for 150 dollars i think it is normally do they wow that is a massive saving. some of them do so it, well, it's yeah. a huge saving it's the the founder it's his birthday so wow yeah Incredible. they're they're big it's, it's a big saving thing so it was kind of i mean i've got two brushes already um gotcha. but i just thought i would try okay. something try a different because mine are sort of the harder and steam back sort of um starter range i think yeah. it's the duo one so you get two needles within and stuff right. um so i thought i'd broken one at one point and oh, then yes, magically i saved it recently oh, yeah. um but this just seemed like a good i chance to sort of pick up a third one something yeah. different just for yeah i have no idea what the difference in airbrushes makes at all because i've never done airbrushing so and then that's something we actually have asked uh he who should not be named uh, to so come he's, onto the program and he also did the deal so i think we, he, we were talking about it gotcha um and we both uh both went for it at the same time okay so, gotcha. so yeah anyway uh we also had the uh new year's open day so this is uh has this been going on for some time they've been opening the, uh i think this is like world? the third or fourth year all right cool so this happened on the 5th of january and we've got a few things relevant to heresy the the big one being the bare resin model of Haval Red Bay Blade Eddie Redbeard, whatever you want to call him, and per, and we all agreed here he looks a lot better in the in the raw as it were. So I think the issue was around the paint job, not around the model per se. Uh, for those of you or those people who you know got upset about it, um, there was also a preview of the new kill zone, the, the sector Fronteris, um, which is made up of the STC riser pattern ruins with some new pieces thrown in too, and also designed by Manatees. Uh, and one of the new kill teams <laughs> included a new Tech Priest Man... What's that? A Tech uh, Priest Manipulus. Ma- Manipulus, yeah. Manipulus. Okay. Tech Priest Manipulus. Okay. There's a potential uses as a HQ model for Mechanicum as well. So, yeah. Tech... A rogue psycho is coming back for Ekamonda, but it does mean that he will once again be there for cop players. So, yeah, so exactly... So just um talking about necromunda they released the new heads didn't they over christmas or maybe they, just before christmas yeah just after christmas i think yeah they would be really good for cult 
cults, cults of militia players, I thought. They would be. I yeah. think it's, it's, it's the expense of it. Well, mind you, I suppose, I mean, I bought, so the heads that I bought from my cults of militia from Amber Industries, which have the World War One sort of British Army helmet style, I think it's about £5 for, um, I'm trying to think, for 10 heads. It's very cheap. And I'm pretty sure that if you're going to do cults of militia, you need, you know, 40 plus models to do sort of a number yeah. of squads. I don't know how much it would cost you to do them with these specific Necromunda ones, which are designed for a gang, aren't they? You know. Yeah, they they are. I'm just trying to find the. Um... I think they're 12 quid. Uh, yeah. Twelve. Uh, okay. Yeah, so. Uh, it's not that bad, I suppose, is it? No, but some of them are quite. Um, yeah, they're a little bit different, yeah. and they should fit comfortably i think but they i just i saw them and i it's one of those things where you think i can see them having real benefit for for mixing it up and yeah I'll, i might have a look when i'm down there next actually have a look at them and see in the flesh what they look like because that might yeah. be like, you know, might i be think like they've sold out of some already i think they sold it there's the house cordial ones i think right um and they were all sort of uh cloaked and are these yeah, the they're, ones they're that, probably the most chaosy ones. Yeah, the classic-looking ones with the sort of pointy hoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those fellas. Ah, oh, nice. But there's some cool ones there with like stitched masks and stuff. But I thought I looked at those and I thought they'd be quite cool for for yeah. cults players. Very good. Uh, on the Adeptus Antanica front, uh, we got a nice look at the new weapons and the heads for the Reaver Titan, and we saw Titan Death in the flesh for the first time. So hopefully that's going to get a release soon. Um, Which it is. <laughs> Uh, we couldn't be there, but Greg from Bureau of Truth was, and so was Garrow. So we, um, they, both of those awesome gentlemen, got lots of photos and stuff, which we will put in the show notes. And William Citrone, I got a photo of him uh, oh, yes. from Hitton, uh, but I forgot to credit him on the Imager album, and I can't edit it now. So, okay. sorry, yes. Will. Yeah. Uh, Wild Bangarang, Michael's favourite uh, online vendor of uh, purveyor sport, of finery, fine uh, leisure, leisure wear. Um, launched a new range of jogging bottoms, no less, uh, with branding for various Space Marine legions. Or, or sweatpants to the Americans. Okay. Um, Rudiger, uh, mostly using <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holly Godwin's heresy artwork. Of course, Holly Godwin, is she the, 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 the person who... Goodwin, sorry. Is she the person who uh, does the, um, the the transfers, or is that somebody else? Uh, she's the woman. Uh, she's the lady who does the transfers. Yes. Okay, um, their bottoms are available for Sons of Horus, Dark Angels, Space Wolves, and two different Ultramarines ones. So there you go. You can thirty-five s- quid. How much? Thirty-five quid. <laughs> but if you if you happen to be a lass, uh, if you happen to be a lass, there's a group called the Warhammer Queens, and mm-hmm. they do discount code for those group members. Yeah, that's cool. So okay. you know, if you can sweet talk your lass into joining that group, so. Just on right. a discount code, 10%. <laughs> I, I fear I may fail, but, you know. You never know. You know. Yeah, once, you know. once this part start putting um, fist stuff and uh, custodes on there, maybe I'll think about it. Yeah. 35 notes, though, for a pair of jogging bottoms. That... This is true. This is. It, yeah. it, I, I must admit, I am tempted by the um, Space Wolves ones because I think they look really cool, but um, I think I'll skip it unless I get it given <laughs> as a gift. I have to be completely truthful with you. Out of the two items of work of wear, three items that are Warhammer or Heresy related, 
I think I would probably go for the jogging bottoms over the the, the top because I, I probably would only wear that in various particular uh, set of people. Um, and the actual what are those the sort of figure hugging ones that they had? They're not uh, they're the leggings. Pants. Leggings, yeah. Or yoga pa- yoga pants, the Americans. Okay. I probably wouldn't ever be seen dead in a pair of them, or at least if I did wear a pair of them, I would probably soon be dead, as people would probably have to try and shoot me, I think, because I just can't see them looking great on me. There is a lad, um, I can't remember his name now, he did, he designed the the diagonal board at, uh, he used to be on the board, uh, the guys who designed the boards at Warhammer World, the feature tables. Okay. Um, Joe Neighbour, I think that's his name. Right. he does a lot of um, uh, what you call it, roller derby. Oh, and yes. I've, seen, I've right. seen him at Warhammer Worlds a couple of times wearing the leggings. There you go. And you I'm like, to, nice. Mm, you've got to have a figure that I haven't got to wear those. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, my belly would be hanging out of them. I exactly. mean, Meg, I got Megan a pair of the Blood Angels leggings for Christmas, and she uh-huh. actually lo- she loves them. Okay. I wore them down to Warhammer World when I got my Warhound. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Warhammer World is now allowing UK residents to buy tickets for the exhibition hall before you go to Warhammer World in advance. So you can't pre-book a table, but I you can pre-book coming. the... Uh, I, I you can Because it's, it's always rushed off its feet in there. You do struggle. You have to join the queue to get in there. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to work out the logic behind that particular move, but hey. Because... Yeah. The only thing I can think of is if you're buying it as a gift for someone... Maybe or, I mean, or in a, wouldn't you wouldn't you just say I oh, will go to Nottingham I'll take you to Warhammer World we'll go around the museum because well the, the, the you know that particular bit I mean it, do they ever get it so busy that you you know they can say no I'm sorry you have to wait I've never experienced that maybe on busy Saturdays we don't know do we I'm playing devil's advocate slightly here but that's the only logical reason I can think of but anyway as Chris says. It also may be so they don't have to keep people buying tickets on the door and so they, you know, they can just walk in with their ticket and then they have to save a bit of time from the... Well, surely it's more effort to pre-order a ticket than dishing out a receipt. I don't know, actually. Unless it's like some online ticket, like on your phone or something, you can just flash and they'll say, yeah, that's cool. Who knows? Anyway, ours is not the reason why the logic behind Warhammer World because we're going there next week. And we would quite like, we'd like, we'd like to get a table rather than, oh, I'm sorry, sir, are you from that podcast? Yeah, all the tables are busy. There's nobody in there. <laughs> we'll have to go elsewhere. So anyway. It could happen because you can't pre-book. Can't pre-book. We're, we're slightly concerned about it. Anyway, uh, Warhammer Community also published an article by Anuj, which was entitled New Year, New Legion. And this focused on the armies being started by some of the GW staff, uh, with Christopher Drew starring Blood Angels, uh, Dominic Odinger doing Word Bearers, very good, uh, Richard uh, Dancy do, doing Night Lords, and Anuj doing some Imperial Fists. So a bit of a change all around there. Um, I haven't had a look at that yet. Is it any good? Yeah, it's all right. I, I just hope we get some yearly updates. And it was interesting because in the four, in the comments on Facebook when they put it on. Um, on the interweb um you know someone was like ah can we get some um some plastic starter sets for heresy and they were like um and the comment was 
yeah, we've got plans to bring back plastic plastic sets or something like that. And everyone got very excited. Yeah, I can imagine they would. It'd be interesting whether, maybe, whether they would tie something in with the next book or book after that, maybe. I should think they might, you know, for malevolence, they might do something because they did it for... You had yeah. to Prospero not long yeah, after, Prospero, or before yeah. after. Well, I, I have to be honest, that artwork they put out a while ago with uh, Sanguinius taking on Cabanda, yeah. that looked more like a Games Workshop bit of artwork than it did uh, a Forge World bit of artwork, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I wasn't massively keen on that. If I'm, uh, It it's... looked good, but it doesn't fit with the heresy art aesthetic. Yes, just, yes, I think, I think that's what It uh, wouldn't. It wouldn't have looked out of place in a 40k codex. Yes, which is, exactly. Which is, so, Mark, so what you're saying, Michael, is because that is taken that particular art style, it may be what they would use for a box set that is sold via Games Workshop, not actually one that's sold. That's 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 yeah. a theory that some people have. Doesn't seem unreasonable. No, that's a pretty good. I like that theory. That so do I. Good. Completely wrong, no doubt, but still, it's a good theory to have. So, <laughs> um, uh, Oz30k.com have launched a Kickstarter for this year's event model. So for their event they actually get an actually get a figure goodness me um this is a nighthouse engineer uh, two versions being offered one with to the general public and a second version which is just for the event organizers to give out as event exclusives yeah, so i think this is for like people like ourselves that run events we can buy this that particular model yeah yeah and then we, and we give it give and away. we yeah it's part of the you know that um you know, the gift bag kind of idea. Right. Okay. So yeah, it it's not. Sp- it's not like Oz 30k have an event and you get it at this event. Right. They. It's an exclusive event miniature that we could buy as a as EOs gotcha. and then give it to our players if okay. we went in for that sort of thing. Got yeah. If we had fifteen pounds to spend on each player, which we never yeah. It's a dollars. Fifteen dollars. My bad. Sorry. And Australian do- Australian dollars. Oh, so that's. About eight quid. Oh, they wish. Those current Legends players wish we had eight quid to spend on. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it is a cool-looking model, so there you go. You can get that if you so wish. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, currently funded, having reached its target and remains open until 2nd of February if you want to back that on Kickstarter. Uh, another big bit of big news is we finally have... Michael was so happy with this one. Almost oh, yeah. as happy as his Warhound face. The face wasn't too dissimilar, was it? No, no it was not. So, after much haranguing and badgering from our, our good friend, uh, they have got rules for the Arminger and Dominus Imperial Knights. So that's the little mini knights, isn't it? And also the the new knights with all the guns all over it that's trying a bit too hard. Yep. And the other knight with the with the rather cool the harpoon Ursus Claw thing. Yep. So there are rules then. Um, I, do you know what? I In my work on uh, Company of Legends. I haven't had a chance to even look at these yet. So have you given them a once over yet, Michael? Uh, yeah, they're pretty good. The um, the rules are actually really quite quite decent. The armature is um, cool. It can be taken as a heavy support slot for Mechanicum armies or right. as a troop choice for knight armies. Um, it's it's um, it can and you mix and match the weapons, so you don't have to take both heavy stubbers. Not I mean auto cannons. And right. the thermal speed, you can mix them up a bit. Right. So it comes default with two dreadnought close combat weapons. Yep. And it's got the um, and then you can uh, upgrade for the um, auto cannon or thermal spear. 
Yeah, front twelve, side twelve, yeah. rear eleven, four hole points. Alright, so like a yeah, like a dreadnought mm. basically. Yeah, but it's got Slightly this really, really cool rule called long stride, um, which allows it to if you're going to run in the shooting phase, mm-hmm. don't roll a dice, you just move to up to twelve. Oof, it's truth. Okay. And and if it chooses to run, it can fire a single weapon as a snapshot after completing the run. Goodness. That sounds very cool. And so, actually, troop choices for a knight list would be quite good for these, I think, because yeah. it would, you know, it means you could probably have three knights and a couple of squads of these. You yeah. still got a lot of stuff, but it's not quite as bad as having a five knight. Really good. Um, How many knights do you get in a box? Is it just one? Two. You get, oh, in a box for the armagers, you get yeah. two of each. Uh, sorry, you get two of the, uh, two of a kind. So you got two okay, health so, or two war glaives. So you can spend what 40, uh, 45 quid? Uh, for the... 40, 45 quid. Uh, so that's let me 300 points of for model. 300 points of your army for 45 quid is not not bad, is it? When you think bad. about it. Armature is 45 quid. Yeah. You yeah. Can have so that. and you got helverins and war glaives. Hmm. This might be something to consider for the future. Mm. Um, personally, with the long stride, war glaives look good. Yeah, definitely. The um, this harpoon I like. This uh, oh yeah, yeah. For business. the for the dominus, you've got again. You can mix and match weapons from the two different types. Right. I do, I personally think the volcano lance and the plasma decimators are a bit meh. Right. Um, but the conflation cannon, it's a hellstorm strength seven AP three flamer. Cool. Is vol is volcano lance another eastern gangster? Volcano Lance, now he's a dancer. Uh, it's a it's a heavy one blast um, weapon, uh, eighty inch range, strength nine, AP two. So like a big las cannon, basically. Uh, cost forty five points. So I think three, it, with a three inch blast, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. I think for that it's um. Yeah. You know. I'd rather have the harpoons. The harpoons just look cool. I yeah, think. but the, you've got the Thundercoil Harpoon, which is Ordnance 1, Armor Bane, Flesh Bane, Instant Death, Sunder, and it's mm. got a rule called Harpoon. So when you fire it, you can't fire it again in the next shooting phase. So you're only right. going to get it to use it a maximum of three times in a game. Yes. Um, in addition, any model that fails a save wound uh, against it or takes a whole point of damage suffers D6 wounds or D6 hold points instead of just one wow that's awesome like, so, you, know, you only get three shots with it but it's still a cool thing it's only 12 inches though isn't it it's quite a short yeah. 12 inches yeah 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 so you so a... i like you it got to get in there but theme, theme, and if you miss wise. if you miss yeah you know you you, 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 yeah. you, you, you can't um, use it again the next turn can it be I suppose used if in you... close combat as well or is it just for shooting it's a shooting weapon Oh, right, okay, so... Okay. Um, close combat weapon-wise, you these knights don't really have them. Right. Uh, they're all... They're gun platforms, aren't they, these two? These... The, yeah. The, uh, things. The, 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 the harpoon and the conflation cannon, they get up close and do something. The um, the Dominus, uh, the, the with the plasma lance, decimator and the volcano lance, uh, long range. Um, yeah, but you've got to take two of those... Okay. And then they've got special missiles, uh, shield breaker missiles, um, that ignore invulnerable saves. Got you. Okay. Right. Well, anyway, it's all there. Have a, have a look. Those um, those harpoons are quite thematic for Sons of 
Horus with the Ursarax, the Ursu, Ursu claws that they have on there. You mean word, uh, world, world eaters? Well, uh, that's it. Sorry, world eaters. I knew yeah. it was someone with. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Suggestion, Graham. Yes, I, that's what I was thinking. If I'm honest with you, it would definitely be something to think about. Um, we've got some relevant tips today on Warhammer TV this month with a guide to Praetorian guard uniforms, those that fancy doing a scheme, um, selling somewhere for their militia, uh, and even a little hint on some simple head wrap, com, head swap, sorry, conversions, and a painting scheme for the Necromundian spiders. Earth are they? Uh, uh, it's the Necromunda um, uh, militia. Okay, cool. Uh, we had a base painting guide for jungle bases, which sounds like a nightclub in Peckham, and was also a painting guide for getting blood angels painted very basically and quickly, um, which it, if your painting skills are okay, but not fantastic. So this was a very quick and easy uh, scheme for that. Uh, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of dry brushing, a lot of washes. Get Perfect. To the table quick. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, where are we? Games Workshop released their half-year financial results. So we've handed this over to our uh, share and uh, commercial director, Chris, to have a look no, at it at some this point. No, this was all Michael. This oh, was bit, it? This bit, uh, this was, yeah. Okay. I had, yeah. haven't had a chance yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, basically, um, sales are strong. Um, they do note that stock levels aren't where they are, want them to be, which is something we know about because, for example, the plastic um, heresy marines are currently out of stock and this is because they are, first of all, switching the boxes to have uh, rules for 8th edition 40k in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they've sold out before um, they get to their slot in the production line. Because at the minute, Games Workshop have serious issues in terms of um, getting enough stock manufactured into the warehouse because their production facilities are absolutely you know, overstretched. They've, they've actually got people working 24 hours in the factory now. Um, and they still can't keep up so that's that's meant that a lot some things have you know go out of stock if they're popular um which which is a problem uh Mm. they did get planning permission um for a new um new production facility and warehousing um back in august yeah which they hope will solve the issues that they're having um and um yeah because obviously forge world have said on a couple of times uh, Andy Hoare has said, for example, that the specialist games team are at legal maximum capacity for their um, for their office, um, and they need more staff in order to keep up. Got you. Yeah, so, it's been a problem, hasn't it? So, yeah. yeah, it's been a bit of problem that's been going on for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so sales are were up for the six months of December. They were up fourteen percent, and profits rose seven percent. But growth has slowed. Uh, the reason growth is slowed is, well, I, well, obviously it doesn't say why growth is slowed, but to be fair, considering how quickly they were growing uh, this time mm. last year and the year before, I think it'd be unrealistic to, to imagine that it could sustain that growth forever. I mean, yeah, as no. someone that works in sort of in retail, but also we manufacture, um, any time that your year on year is, you know, still better, especially mm. at the moment, I mean... Mm. Um, you know, it's such tough. a rarity. Yeah. Um, yeah I, mean, I know they cars themselves as a retailer, but they have to take that into consideration. Um, so, I, you know, they, they were bound to slow down, you know, probably at the end of this year. You know, they might slow. But, you know, the fact that they're still making, the fact that they're still, their profits are increasing. Yeah. 
it's growth is important isn't it because it's like yeah. you can be profitable but then you need to be growing as well so but i think you're right obviously they're reinvesting in some infrastructure to meet those production shortfalls which they would need to do um so it's all very positive um there also is quite interesting more retailers are coming on board which i think is another very yeah yeah they, they said 300 more retail accounts have been opened yeah. um and um in their retail division They've had growth in all territories except Australia and New Zealand. They got a special mention. Mm. Um, uh, and I think, to be fair, as we go back to other people, to our comments earlier, stand up for overseas customers. Um, let's be fair, when it comes to the overseas prices for Australia and New Zealand, they are very high. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Nobody's denying that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so, they yeah. are very high. And, you know, that's 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 the thing. But um 23 stores have opened and five have closed and they also noted that online sales from games workshops website itself have remained flat so they haven't grown at all but let's be honest if you are shopping online for games workshop if you're going to games workshop you're Mm. not getting the best deal you can you can go to element games um and get them at 15 percent off so why would get them the next day yes why would you necessarily buy from games workshop online unless it's a direct only this is the thing i think their, their sales may be direct only and people are probably well, shopping I think, around online for better prices i think when we looked at the had a brief look at the end of year for last year um you know their trade accounts were a big part of their profit so yes. i don't necessarily think they you know they still benefit from people like element doing what they're doing Yes, and I think they're much more open to it now because they can see it's a it's a good revenue stream for them as well. Well, that is, I, that is I, I I am friends with one of the regional managers um, who looks after the retail stores, and the and the way he puts it to me is that essentially the retail stores are, are, are vital for getting kids into the hobby. Yeah, uh, and that without them, long term, you know, the the hobby itself would suffer because you aren't creating that new blood. Yes. No, no, it's exactly. They yeah. are they're a port of, first port of call. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's and that's and that's great, you know, because um, I think I've spoken to uh, what's his name at uh, at TT Combat, and um, I can't remember his name now. Um, one of the guys over there, and he's like, yeah, without Games Workshop, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, it's a it's a symbiotic relationship, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, basically not... basically it's your first port of call if you're going to go into sort of war gaming. Fundamentally, most people have come through that that um gateway wouldn't they are you going to walking past a shop on the high street looking at the window seeing these fantastic models all painted seeing people playing this game you can kind of go in and have a game and you're hooked and although I, I will say about my recent experience of a games workshop store where i went in i said to the the guy running it asked me what i played i told him and then he sat down because he realized that i wasn't going to buy anything from the, from the store <laughs> it could be worse this particular retail ma- the re- regional manager who i will not name names but um i was speaking to a guy from another store uh again i won't name names but um he said he said the guy went in on his day off to get some paint a regional manager and uh, he thought he tried the sales pattern on him because he's always he's one of these managers that's always saying oh are you approaching customers are you doing this are you do- are you, are you talking about this and he walks up to the guy and he says, uh, yeah, so what games are you playing at the minute? He goes, well, I'm already playing any games workshop games. I'm playing um, Wild West Exodus. <laughs> that was the regional manager. Wasn't it? <laughs> that's the regional manager. Wow, that's 
Wow. Uh, well, maybe maybe it was a test. Who knows? But um, well, anyway. hopefully the, the guys the guys all right. Long and short of it is, currently that um, games workshops uh, is it, quite a strong position in a market that most other people are finding very difficult, which is very positive. Yes, all things looking good, but growth is down, and obviously they've got to kick. They've got to sort out that Australian New Zealand issue. Yeah, I think they have to make a decision, don't they, one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I'll be fair, the next six months are for all, everyone in retail, everyone in any industry in this country, manufacturing. We don't know what the hell's going to happen. No, I think that's also... Right. Um, and I'm not going on some anti-Brexit or pro-Brexit rant here, but, you know, we don't know the fundamentals of how we're going to export stuff right now. So yeah. it's hard for a company to plan. Yeah, so. There's WTO rules or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to end up on them? Are we going to end up on something else? Um, and companies don't know what's going to happen, so they can't plan effectively. So um, I don't think we'll get any movement in the next six months, but I think by the end of the year, Games Workshop need to do something about Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, we shall see how things go. Um, but yeah. say, if, if you consider how online or how things are in terms of sales, generally across that sector, that, that most people are finding it very difficult games workshop is bucking that trend which is very encouraging from our absolutely. point of view all, all positive for the hobby yeah absolutely uh so the re so moving on the reaver titan currently has a bit of an issue the weapons that previously came with the arms or came with its arms but since they've been redone to fit the new warbringer style they no longer have arms with them so if i've got this right the warbringer model doesn't need the sort of arm extension bit the, the the guns just attach to to its carapace but yeah with the reaver titan there was an arm bit that used to come with the gun that you bought which is no longer coming with the gun that you bought because it does not need it for the warbringer is that right exactly so some so some reavers that have been sold have the arms and other people have gotten their reavers and they're like oh there's no arms here there's no arms on my weapon eek ah so Double check if you're buying, not that, you know, many people will be buying a Reaver Titan because um, they're very expensive. But if you are, check what you're getting. Mm. Although some people, some somebody did point out that with them not getting the arms with the weapons, it makes it apparently a bit more difficult to magnetize. Oh, OK. OK. Because um, a lot of people would take the, the arm bit, cut it in half, um, drill holes for magnets into them. So all they'd have to do is just put in the new arm bit into the weapon and then just slot it off like that but you, if you're only getting one arm bit now with the that comes with the base titan you've got to find a new way to magnetize it got it, yeah. okay yeah. interesting and that's it that is the state of the union and um... Uh, engine kill our little um uh titanicus focus um few bits of news this month we've got um warhammer community did a uh doing a series of articles they're saying a bit like they did a necromunda series uh, last year uh, in the uh, latter half of last year where they were doing every couple of weeks coming out with um new new stuff for necromunda how to run a campaign and stuff i can't remember what they called it but they're, they're doing something for titanicus called wisdom of the grandmaster Okay. Um, which they say will guide players through tactics, tips on designing your own legio, and insights into the game's development. 
Um, so far, we've only had the intro article, but we'll throw that up in the show notes. Oh, cool. Uh, we've got some new releases coming, which should be already available for pre-order on by the time this episode is released. Uh, we're getting Titan Death, the campaign book, uh, which we believe uh, the rumors are. Um, and well, actually, I know it's going to be £22. I got that from the guy um, who runs a store. But obviously, yeah, I can't name the store because I don't want to get him in rubbish for telling us what the price is going to be something but, tells me it wasn't gonna it's not gonna be bath is it or you know, <laughs> you know if somebody really wanted actually, to find out they could they could ac- make a reasonable guess it actually wasn't the northeast it okay. wasn't in the northeast it's there from, we go it's from back back where i used to live was it from sweden <laughs> no i made of a guy down in um down in east anglia you're just giving um, it away now shh, 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 shh. go on move all on. right shh, shh. Yes. Um, the Reaver Titan with Melter, Cannon, and Chain Fist, which is going to be £35. Um, and available direct only, there are transfer sheets for Legio Vulpa, Kratos, and Solaria. And weapons frames for the Warlord Titan with the Plasma Annihilators, Laser Blasters, and Ariot Power Claws. So you'll be able Yay. to get that, that frame at last separately. Yay. Do we know how much that's going to be? Does any of your insider no, insider di- trading? No, because it's direct only, so he doesn't get prices for them. By the time people listen to this, we'll all know the answers. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the transfer sheets um, for um, that they've been selling for, say, Mortis um, and Griffonicus, they're twelve pounds. I'd be okay. very surprised if the price, if the transfer sheets for Vulpa, Kratos, and Solari were any different. Just got no idea about the weapons frame. I mean, my yeah. personal guess would be fifteen quid. But considering the Titan itself costs 65 well, That's the yeah. thing, isn't it? Uh, could it be 20 quid? I don't know. I, I've got a, I'm thinking around 20, 25 quid, somewhere in, in the middle there. Um, I'll get nearer 20 than the 15. Yeah. yeah. But okay. de- definitely, definitely worth getting because the weapons are lovely. Um, you get, I mean, if you've magnetized your Titan, uh, long term, it's worth getting one eventually, uh, at least one. I will be. Because I think personally, looking at the rules, I I always take a plasma and a volcano cannon. Okay, very cool. So yeah, okay, cool. And then we got a we've got a small preview of the Titan Death book. Um, they did promise we we're going to get more, but we haven't had them as yet. Um, but we've got um, information that the book's going to have background information on the world of the Garmon cluster. Uh, with six narrative missions, which will include suggested battle group sizes, stratagems, and mission special rules. Um, they specifically mentioned a small-scale clash on the moon of Feta Garmin um, to a full 6 by 4 battle littered with the corpses of fallen titans. Yeah, cool. Uh, we're also getting environment rules, which will cover the airless void of Feta Garmin uh, 5 and the toxic storms of Beta Garmin 3, uh, along with five extra more environments on top of that yeah and uh, we're getting a full campaign system for a map-based um you know um campaign that, i'm interested no, cool. that could be yeah. good yeah and there are rules for eight titan legions in the book now we know that kratos vulpa solaria and mortis are in the book and i've just finished reading the novel um and i know that astorum and furians are in the novel so mm-hmm. you know putting two to go together and getting um getting five i would assume <laughs> that a store that's the warp runners and furians the tiger eyes will have rules okay okay so cool 
Um, okay, so that's uh, that's engine kill. So we'll uh, now move on to Graham's post bag. Graham's post bag. Graham's post bag. In this section, we sort of run through bits and pieces that are outside the State of the Union, which is all about the news, and focus more on sort of things that come from the community uh, and things that has caught our eyes, respectively, uh, over the month and things we want to share with you all. So uh, the first thing that's on the, in the post bag this evening is um, what are our hopes for this year in heresy uh, and what would we like to come from the upcoming weekender? So an interesting question, this one. So what would I like from this? I'll start this one off, if I may. Um, yep. Uh, after seeing, so recently, uh, actually as a result of the conversation last month around this um, set of rules that came out, which were kind of a collection of older rules for some of the super heavies, there was in there, in fact, a model that was a kit bash, which is a combination of what was the Praetor sort of um, macarious chassis missile launcher thing with a massive um reaver titan gun in it um i think it's called the dominus or something like that uh artillery thingy me i can't remember what it's called anyway it's a lord of war choice you can have it in heresy apparently uh there is no model for it so if if i had one single wish that i would like to see this year no chance of it ever being released as a model that's what i would like to see just because i think that would be fantastic for my iron warriors that sounds fair enough <laughs> it's a big it's a big dream it's a massive dream i know it's a massive dream because i can't see them ever investing the time and effort into it but a man can dream can he not absolutely i i think my main one would be seeing sanguinius Uh, in all his glory glorified resin form because i think and i'm not a blood angels player I've got a friend that is. He has told me that he'll play Heresy once Sanguinius turns up. Um, <laughs> but I just, I just want to see what they do with that model. Because mm. he's a- more than more than any of more than any of the other Primarchs at this point. I'm, you he know, is- Jagatai yeah. Khan's cool. Um, lion. The, the lion. I mean, he'll be quite cool when he comes out. But let's just, just seeing what how ornate and how much detail they put into sanguinius yeah, yeah. i think he, he will be he's a beautific figure isn't he he's like this angelic yeah. figure if you will um you know with the wings and whatnot um so it would be really cool to see him and what sort of um dynamic pose they put him in for example so exactly. it could be a real, a real a really awesome one plus i really like the look of the way they're going with the blood angels if i'm honest yeah they just look awesome mm. good shout um good shout. And I would like there's a custodes weapon that still doesn't have rules. <laughs> it's a uh, a um a model that comes with the rule for the rules, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Oh, is, uh, that, is that the weapon without a model? Yeah, I'd um. Nothing uses it. Yeah, I'd like to see that sorted. Mm. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. I suspect it? it'll be the palace that are meant to use it. I think that tends to be the prevailing thought, but I'd like something official from from G Dub to. Tidy yeah. out. Actually, the other thing that I would like to see, which I think was more chance of than this um, Dominatus style artillery tank, 
is the you know that big mole thing they showed oh yeah 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 oh the autonatus mole yeah yes i'd like to see that because i think that's really that's a it's a bit of a sort of uh, overhang from the old epic um space marine game days um because they had those big mole units didn't they in that so i'd love to see that because i think that looked really cool and it looked pretty awesome from the stuff they showed us so yeah fair enough hopefully that as well but like i say more chance of that than there is of this completely fictitious tank turning up but yeah okay what about you mate um for me um well hopes for the weekender um i just want to see i just i'm really hoping we get the black book i don't care about anything else that comes out that weekender except the black book and the simple reason for that is every time we get a book it reinvigorates the community you know people Mm. get excited again people are playing more armies you know and um the white scars and the the you know the blood angels will you know bring a whole new dimension to the um and demons as well will bring a whole new dimension to the game and alpha legion hopefully will get other rules too um and it'll you know it'll it'll give the nice new injection to the game and hopefully some new generic units that everybody can use yeah um, I think that, that would be good if they had you know some some like they did with book six you know we had them sort of special characters that they added some new rights of war that would be good um yeah that kind of thing yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing a proper campaign book if that makes sense i mean I'm, i have been obviously as we've been I researching missions and stuff there are bits and pieces of them there yeah in sort of book four book six i know book, book four has a proper campaign yeah. in it but i'd like a full out a fully just just a book that is a campaign ah, I see with with, with none of the extra bits with it if that makes sense i, I see what you're so like um they used to do with the 40k or may still do now you know where it's just a campaign book you'd start at the beginning of the campaign these are the missions you go yeah. through the campaign and these are the missions and this is the benefits and you know this is not the, all the i mean I, I love the black books i think they're just yeah you know i know they're expensive i expect malevolence will be even more expensive and they're really good value, but I think it'd be quite nice just to get a book that you can run a campaign out of that doesn't have 101 million other things inside it. Also, the okay. plan, problem with the black books is lugging the, the things about. It's a pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, so which you have to do, obviously, because there's no red book equivalent for the um, custodies, and is there? So it's, no. a, it's a bit of a pain. But. Yeah, I think see where it coming from, Michael. It, it does have an invigorating, um, a sort of reinvigorating rather effect on the on the local community because, like I say, people see some new models, they see some new legions they can get behind, and away they go. Yeah. Um. In terms of any new models, I don't want to see new models. I want to see some old models. I want um, Skatari to get rules. Oh right, not the Pelast ones with the haywires. You want the actual Skatari themselves to have. Yeah, all the ones. Skatari that GW sell. They yeah. exist in they exist in the heresy. They do very much so. Um, yep. They're part of the fluff, and yep. I think you know they would be awesome if they could just add in rangers and vanguard, maybe electro priests as well, but nothing else really. Just those those three units: the electro priest, the vanguard, and the um and the the rangers. Yeah, and I suppose I'm trying to think if there's a precedent for that, but there is actually in the cults of militia i.e. the troops themselves aren't made by by forge world they're made by games workshop yeah so yeah and okay. because they exist in the heresy yeah you know they, they should be there they're a, they're yeah. an important part of the mechanicum 
and them not being in that, uh, I think them not being in the heresy is a real miss. Okay, I can agree with that. Okay, okay. so that's that. Um, things of note this month, so some bits and pieces that have caught my eye. I don't know if you guys have seen any of this stuff. Uh, there was, for those of you who uh, follow the Crusade and Heresy uh, Facebook page run by Lex Head, amongst others, I, the one thing it caught on my because I'm painting uh, them at the moment was uh, this squad of, uh, I think it's with Colts and Militia Army, or you might be using them as solo auxiliary, I, I don't know. Um, but they were painted by Oliver Thomas, and it's this fantastic looking um, unit of uh, troopers with a, uh, what looks like the um, Krieg HQ guy with a different head. And it oh, looks, I think I saw these. Yeah, they look they look absolutely brilliant, I think. And they're using the Anvil Industries models, though. So these are the same ones that uh, Rob Ing's using for his uh, solar. Um, and they do look the business like there's some really interesting heads on there. And they just look a lot different. I don't know whether he's, he's got a banner in that, that um, unit that looks suspiciously free-handed because it looks fuck, amazing. So, um, yeah. If you do get a chance to see it, we'll try and put a link on the front on the show notes because it does look spectacularly good. Um, also, this month uh, there was a um, my sort of usual look at little, little Legends Studio who've been um, posting stuff quite a lot recently. Uh, they did a sort of uh, a, a prototype model using these um, uh, what are they called? Uh, oh, the green stuff. Green stuff world, uh, yeah, the green stuff yeah, yeah. paints. And it, they can be overused, but these guys are professional painters, and the, the, what they did with them for, I think, for a, might be for Alpha Legion, they, they looks really good. Like, um, I, I'm thinking about using these because, as I said before, I'm trying to get for my Titanica stuff is get dragon, a dragon scale thing mm. with a metallic look. Yeah. And if I'm use these paints, it's going to save a lot of effort and time. Yeah. I so I think these might be the way that I go because currently I'm planning on it's sort of a two, two stage process using oh. the Tamiya um, clears over the top of silver. Whereas if I use these, I think it'll give it a much more a, a better effect, more of what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. So these guys have got a video, and they that people where I've said this before, it's been very showroom esque finish, if you see what I mean. So quite a bright yeah. finish. I think they might have stippled them with a sponge or something to dampen down some of that effect, but it still looks very effective. Um, so, yeah, I think if you subscribe to their um, Patreon, you can get the actual tutorial for those. But anyway, it looks brilliant, I think. Um, the other thing uh, that really stood out for me this month was the Forge World competition winner. So this, um, oh, this yeah. month, I think it was um, the, uh, what they did for... I think it was Blood Angels that was in the competition. And uh, this guy painted this amazing um, entry for that. And it had this incredible uh, Leviathan Dreadnought. Um, but it was the Blood Angels Leviathan Dreadnought. It really did look the business. So, um, yeah. It, it was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? It really it's was. Just it, that, it's got the um, sort of like saints painted on the, the carapace armour. Yes. And you just, yeah. Just looking at it, you just think, I just, why, why, yeah. how do you, how do you achieve such levels of, of greatness? Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, put, I put my paintbrushes down and didn't paint for two days. Yeah, yeah I, it's just like, you know, we're giving up, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I suppose really what we should do is, right, I'm going to do that in a year's time or two years' time. That's where I want, you know, it should be an aspirational thing rather than a disheartening thing. Wasn't that Little Legend Studio as well? Yes. They, I don't know if it was them. Uh, I'm just trying to get it up now. So give me two I, seconds. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Miles from Little Legend. It was. It was, yeah. yeah. So this is by Miles David. So I think that is a Little Legend Studio guy, but I don't know for a fact. So anyway, uh, have a look at it. We'll put it in the show notes. It is an incredible piece of work. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, just like you say, it's got like these martyrs on the. It's just you know, yeah. Give up, go home. You're never going to do anything as good as that in your life. Plenty <laughs> uh, of people do, just just not us three. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with that model. It's just so incredible. Um, and I really like the religious iconography of that. It just is something and very cons- different. Considering when the model was released. Yeah. That's yeah, it's a, a, a Forge World one. It's the actual Blood Angels. Oh, it is actually. It's not, it's, not, it's not the normal. It's actually the Blood Angels version, is it? Or is it a normal? Yeah. Actually, it's got the auto cannons. Um, sorry, the assault cannons rather than the uh, Volkites or whatever you can usually put on yeah. the belly guns. So, ooh, that's a lovely thing. Just looking at yeah. it now. So yeah, that was um, that was very cool. Uh, the other thing that I did find, which I would, which I don't think I can share because it's actually in a closed group, but if you are a member of um, the 30k Iron Warriors players, uh, there's a really good tutorial for a very interesting looking way to paint Iron Warriors um, by a chap called Mario Ruff. Um, and it's very simple, or at least it's a very well explained set of um, uh, pictures which sort of go through step by step. So, But it does create a very effective looking model at the end, so... Um, yeah, worth a look if you're on interested in Iron Warriors. I recommend that group very much. So those were the things that I, in my sort of uh, trawl around the internet, uh, they certainly um, st- stuck out from my point of view. So that was that was it really. Um, I think everything else that we got sent directly as messages we covered off. So that was it for the post bag. If you've got anything you want me to cover, anything you think, hey, you know, guys. Interested to see your views on this, just send us a, a message on Facebook just with a link saying, Hey, we're about considering this for the post bag, and we'll happily cover it. So please keep them coming. And this was a section that was, was was quite heavily liked in the survey, wasn't it? The your your post bag, especially by someone that had stopped listening to the show <laughs> and moved on. Uh, quite boring listening to other things now, I believe, was that was one of the comments made. I believe that was yes, and but they that, but they highly rated this section, so maybe they were just listening for this bit. I, well, why wouldn't you, frankly? Don't this is, this is, this is, well, I mean, they also said that they found out about our um, podcast via Pornhub, uh, which <laughs> I'm not entirely sure we advertise with Pornhub, but clearly, if we aren't, we should do because there's a market right there. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's that's the videos I put up when I'm painting topless and I accidentally spill some Agrax earth shades now. over my uh, <laughs> over my belly. Now it all makes sense. Now some, the some, whole story, the whole yeah. circle closes off. Exactly. It's an alarming medium goes everywhere. It's a real nuisance. <laughs> the initial reluctance to do an a online painting session because actually it's your core business and the advertising from Pornhub. Oh, there we go. Fantastic. Mystery solved. 
Anyway, that was another rather strange thing that we got some feedback for. But <laughs> feedback is a gift, regardless of whether it's uh, you know, calling me chatty or saying this is the most boring podcast I've ever listened to in my life, you bunch of losers. Anyway, yeah. all good. So, without further ado, let us march inexorably on like a world eater at an all-you-can-kill buffet to the books. Okay, the book section this month is really big because we're covering the advent calendar books. Yay! Strap in, Graham. It's going to get crazy. Uh, so how many of these have you read, Chris? I'll be honest with you. I have read zero. And, and as I said earlier, unless it's been on my laptop, words have not crossed my eyes other than when I've been at work. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. This is... Okay. So we started off with Old Wounds, New Scars um, by Graham McNeil. And this picks up the Alivia Sarika Fred from Vengeful Spirit and Wolf Mother um, as, as she returns to Terra, um, which has been a, a, you know, a long and dangerous voyage um, through through the warp. Um, it's taken them a number of years. Um, and um, she, what she's doing is she's working hard to keep the people of the ship alive just that little bit longer. And this story gives us a little bit more information about her and about the perpetuals themselves. Um, not an action piece. Um, I think, um, you know, it's a reflective book. Definitely a reflective book. Uh, yeah. Well, story. Um, and it looks like it's going to, you know, it's, a, it's setting something up for the siege. Okay. For those of us who not, who the, who the? Uh, Olivia Sarika. Yes. She's a, um, she was a perpetual um, who lived on Moloch and guarded this portal into the warp um, yeah. that Horus used to power himself up. Right. And the perpetuals are? They are what their name is. Uh, so are we actually explaining the perpetuals? Graham. Yeah. On. So <laughs> the perpetuals, they does are. This, does this the theory? <laughs> you asked a question. Do you want an answer or not? Thank you. They're, um, nice. they're people who can't die. Yes. The clues in the t- like clues in the name. Great. Yeah. Um, um, Vulcan is one. That's yes. Vulcan's one. The, the, the theory is that they're children of the emperor in some way. Oh, okay. That's one of the things is that somewhere down the line, so they, all, that, they all share a common lineage. That, that are physically There's, immortal and can't be killed, or is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The 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 a couple of ones that have appeared in the stories. You've got um, John Grammaticus, um, who was originally in Legion. Um, who everybody um, he, you know, he just turns up and does some you know dick thing, and it's like ah, oh, damn John Grammaticus. Um, uh, Olianus Pius is supposed to be one. Oh yeah, yeah, the the Imperial Guard guy who um who faced down Horus. I think he's got a, he's got a slightly different name now. I can't remember. Um, uh, Oli Person. That's it. Yeah. Um, and there's um. Yeah, there's quite a few um, perpetuals hanging around. Yeah. Wow. But, I yeah, never even knew these people existed. I think the idea was, wasn't it? There was one of these big theories that if you killed them all, the emperor would come back to life in 40k or something. Or there was, Some, or there were, I've heard that theory. Yeah. 
you ground you ground up their bones or whatever and they get turned into something or another i think they get they get ground up and used as gray knight bolter ammunition or something okay. like that so they, some weird... who's, who's um who's if anybody's side are they on other than their own they um they're on a mixture of sides there's some of them are on the sides of the cabal um which is a um group of a- aliens who are tr- who can see into the fu- you know they're seers mm-hmm. and yeah. they're trying to steer the horus heresy so that horus wins eventually feels really bad um for, for killing his dad and um in a fit of rage wipes out humanity and therefore defeats chaos forever right that and some like of them are, and some of them are working to stop Horus. right eldrad one of the yeah i was gonna say eldrad's the eldrad's gotten involved in it so okay wow i feel like i've stumbled onto a whole different universe that i had no knowledge was going on that's very cool okay thank you for that gents yeah this is yep. this is why i'm not involved in the book section dear listener uh, because I ask these sorts of questions because I don't read the books. But you're asking the questions the listener might be asking, so that's you know. Yeah, okay, fair play. Yeah. Um, then we had Abyssal by David Annadale. Now people know David Annadale isn't my favourite author. I can't remember there mm-hmm. of a time there was an episode where we didn't mention David Annadale and how much he didn't like him. <laughs> He's just very prolific writer. Um, anyway, this story. Are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> are you calling him a slut? No, no, no. Oh dear, I can feel a lawsuit coming on. This is <laughs> right, David Annadale, who we know is not your favourite author. Yeah. Um, but this is a nice little standalone story. It doesn't link up with anything else that's going on in the Heresy, but it's really well written. You know, it's, you, it's, it's, you said last month you thought his sh- short stories are where he was best. Yes, I'm finding that his the short format seems to be where he works best. Um, you've got some interesting warpy stuff going on here. Um, you've got basically you've got a character. Um, his entire life has been driven by this vision uh, of a room guiding his path. And he's on this black ship and it's basically him attempting to escape the black ship. And um, yeah, and it's quite dark um, because the ship is obviously very a very horrific place to be. Um, so these are the black ships of the Sisters of Silence. Sisters so of Silence, yes. They're carrying all the psychers. Psychers, that's right. To terror to power the thing. And they don't power the Golden Throne quite, Not yet. But, well, you know, they get bonded. Apart from on one occasion. Yeah, they get bonded to the Emperor and uh, turned into Astropaths or they're, turning, or they're sent to the Psychic Choir and stuff like that. Isn't there a bit in another book? the one Master of Mankind where they... Yeah, they, they turn it on. Yes. Yeah, they turn, they turn it on for the first it's, time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's quite cool. Um, then we've got A Lesson in Iron by David Geimer. Now, this was originally published in the Black Library Events Anthology uh, for 2017-2018 and puts Ferris Manus in the spotlight. It's a Primarch's book. And in this, he's pursuing the remnants of the Rust Empire of the Orcs um, as it flees into a warp rift. So a big warp rift opens up and he says, right, fist of iron, on you go, in there. And then in there, they come across this strange ship from the future, which is from the Iron Hands. Um, so, you know, mm. it's, it's still, for a short story, it's actually very short. 
you know, interesting, you know, funny enough. It's 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 a yeah. it's, it's short for a short story if you you know compared to other short more, stories. More of an essay than a story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've got some interesting characters in it. You you see how um you know one character ends up as uh, you know gets the position he has in the Iron Hands later on. Um, it's a little bit disjointed towards the end, but again, it's it's you so, it's so rare that we get an insight into Ferris Manus. You just want more. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of cut short, short trip, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time and again, gets cut yeah. short. Very funny. Sure. Yeah. I see what I did there. Uh, Only because yeah. he beat Perturabo in close combat the other week. <laughs> yeah. You're not bitter. Um, no, then we had The Last Council by Laurie Goulding. Uh, this is set between the Binary Succession and the Solar War. Uh, and it's about the last meeting of the Council of Terror before they hand over control to the Primarchs in the um, military. Um, okay. to, to, to run terror to run terror during the invasion yeah. um and it focuses on a bitter dispute over costs and priorities for various things the adepter the different adepter want to do um to prepare for the siege so it's kind of a little bit of a yeah this is what the future is going to be like you know the the various um people of the council of terror just arguing and, tr- and making power plays for each other which is yeah okay. There's tale of things to come in that respect. Yeah, yeah. And in the story, so Malkador sort of dwells on the purpose for the council and looks both to the past and the future. And it's it's more of a companion piece to Laurie's other audio drama, The First Lord of Terror, that was in last year's um, Advent Tales. And it covers you know it covers a bit of imperial history, its politics, and the relationship with Malkador and the Primarchs. And again. As with Laurie Goulding, he does, you know, it kind of drops lots of lots of hints about something bigger um, yep. going on. Um, you know, they, they sort of saying, yeah, you know, Primark sort of saying, yeah, I know all about you, Malkador. And okay. sort of winking, yeah. sort of saying to the to the reader, yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, um, you, mean. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those bit stories where they just drop stuff in to make, you know, go, whoa. Yeah, uh, and make you react, but then doesn't do anything with it. I see what you mean. So it's, I'm sure there's probably a word for that in terms of literary sense, but I see what you mean. So it's like that, you know, like that bit in um, it might have been first, not first heretic. It might have been there's a there's a bit well, there's about five primarchs together. It might be when the, the bit where Horus is at Ulanor, and they you know they have that big parade, and I think you know they they sort of talk about the the missing legion, and it's like they kind of skate, skate over it in the story and you're like oh we want to find out what's going on there's, that a, kind there's of a few bits like that well, about those because that, they appear that, in unremembered empire i think as well yeah i mean those, you bits, get, um, those bits i thought were quite well written but this one it just it, it's there it's just yeah we're going to segue in and we're just going to drop this thing into you and then when i'm like am i going to you know it's a massive we're going to pretend it's a massive great big thing and they're do, not doing anything with it it's frustrating, isn't it, when it does that? Because there's, you know, where you sort of think, actually, I, I want to have, would you mind just going back a little bit and talking about that? Because that was really interesting. But, you know, they can't talk about it because they may not even really know what's going on there. It's just like a little device, like you say, to keep you interested, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a similar theme with a lot of Goulding's books. He does that. You know, he likes to tackle subjects like that and then shove something in it. Like in First Lord of Terror, he goes, oh, well, we meant for the Civil War to happen. And it's yes. like, what? And yeah. then, he, and then at the end, it goes. Well, that's not the entire truth. Wink. Got it. <laughs> okay. 
cage. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I like I like Malkador as a character. Yeah, Malkador. I find him. I think he's very mysterious, and I quite like that. You know, particularly. I think he's. I think in, that. Go on. I think the fact that he's not a um, an enhanced human, mm. like a like a marine or a prime mark of the emperor. I think his humanity still comes across quite well. Yeah. And I, I think I yeah, the but, mystery around him is really cool. And I like the sort of setting up, you know, Garrow with his interactions with Garrow, for example, that are really good mm. as well, that kind of thing. So it's a character I find him really interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those few that I would, you know, actually I would like to know a bit more about him and how he, you know, how he got to where he got to and what was his purpose in the big scheme of things and that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. Um. Then we've got The Atonement of Fire by David Arendelle again. It's another He's not one of your favourite authors, I believe, though, is he? Yeah. It's another one from the um, events anthology. Uh, the reason we got a couple of old stories in this in this advent was they intended to do a couple more audios, but they've been having some um, issues getting enough done in time. Hence why we haven't got audios yet for Titans. Sounds oddly familiar. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, and we had delays with Vulcan and Heralds of the Siege as well um anyway um this one's this one is basically gulliman in his continuing quest to reach terror um and in this he takes on a fleet of world eaters who are perfectly positioned to delay the blood angels feet so he decides to go in and take out the world eaters before they you know stop the blood you know before they can stop the blood angels and gulliman tries to protect the planet which is a shining example of a compliant world of the imperium and make sure he stops the world eaters um, so we get this really amazing space battle, brilliant boarding action, and Gulliman filled with rage and fury, as he should be, yeah, the Avenging Sun. And yeah, it's a, again, it's a foreshadowing of what is to come in the Imperium. Okay. You know, so they save the world, but, you know, do they save the world? Got yeah. That sounds like a good book, that one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little short story. Um, pretty good. And then... My favourite one so far of all of these was um, A Rose Watered with Blood by Aaron Dembski-Bowden. Great title. Yeah, it is a great title, isn't it? It is, it is. It's a quiet, reflective story um, with the World Eaters, and it brings them right up to the, you know, just before the the, the siege. So mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's it's brilliant. Um, it's a direct follow-up to The Prince of Blood by Laurie Goulding, which is in the um, Sons of the Emperor um, book which we'll have to review at some point um, because it's a really good book. Um, but it's a Warhammer World event exclusive, which is right. a bit of a shame because um, there's some stories in there that explain quite a bit. Like the, the, the Prince of Blood, for example, explains that the change in the World Eaters from how you saw them at, um, at the end of Betrayer to what they are like at the Siege of Terror. Right. Anyway, okay. so... You'd, you'd think if it's, if it's you know that that sort of imp, important information they'd release it. Yeah, I know, think that I think that book will that that the stories in that book it might end up like Medusa, um, okay. get get released later on with um, some other stuff shoved into it. God, yeah. So actually, really enough, I just started Betrayer, so um, I'm a little little way through that, which is very good. Um, you, you've got perpetuals in Betrayer. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll look out for them. But um, yeah, I, I did notice there were some gaps in my knowledge when certain things had happened that I wasn't sure had happened. Uh, so I would have gone and missed something. For example, um, the Blessed Lady 
the last time I had the story from her was from First Heretic, and I don't know what happened to her in between First Heretic and Betrayer, for example, which I can't really say without spoiling it for people who haven't read it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, go on, carry on, sorry. Yeah, so we've got Lotara Sarin, mm. um, and she's sort of dealing with the way the Conqueror is sort of twisting and changing under the influence of Angron. Mm. So, um, you know, in, in, in the in the Prince of Blood story, um, all the water on the ship kept turning into blood. And the the world eaters were just going, yeah, we're drinking this blood. And the humans were like, yeah, we don't really want to drink this blood. Mm. And she's, she's the captain, isn't she? The yeah, she's the captain. She's the one she's that cool as. She's the one that walked up to a world eater and just shot and just shot him in the face. Gotcha. Yeah, she's um, a cool character. Yeah, she's. Which well, is basically world eater flirting, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Really, really good. There was this world eater who was supposed to be guarding the um the the ship. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in case it got boarded, the ship got boarded, but he decided to bugger off down to the planet because he wanted to kill some stuff. Right. So when he gets back on board, she just walks up to him and shoots him in the face and tells him that he, sh- he should have been there. And, you know, he's thinking this tiny little human woman walking up mm. to a space marine and just going, nah, you're, you, you're at it. Nice. Because she's quite a feisty character. She, 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 gives, really she gives a fair bit back to our anger, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite character in the series mm. um and i really want to get seats to see more of her um mm. and this story doesn't disappoint uh, as you see the way she sort of deals with the changes in the legion the ship and the personal challenges it brings her and it's a really good ending it's a brilliant ending um you need to read it after you've done with betrayer okay i'll give it a go um and yeah so and aaron is one of those writers who never has a dud i don't know what it is with aaron's reading writing that was a great way to finish it um and then big novel um titan death so book 53 in the series and the penultimate one at that Uh and getting very exciting now isn't it you know heading towards the siege yeah and we finally get a look at the war for beta garmon uh in which both sides are just throwing countless forces into the meat grind you know proper iron warrior style Uh uh-huh and um, the focus of this book is on the Imperial Hunters, Legio Solara, and with a bit of time given over to Legio Vulpa, the Deathstalkers, as they wage a war uh, throughout the Garmin Cluster. And there's a bit of a link between some of the characters of the two Legios, you know, a very personal link. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't get a massive overview of the Beta Garmin conflict. We get lots of snippets of key events, like we see the end of the Sea of Fire and bits and pieces of the Titan Death. Um, but the book sort of very much conveys that the whole war in Beta Garmon is very much a delaying tactic. It's sort of like the more forces we throw into this conflict, the you know the longer it holds up the War Master. Got you. Um, we get a good look at the functioning of a Titan Legio and the complexities and politics involved. Um, and the way Haley talks about the logistics of literally getting a Titan to the surface of a planet is really sort of wow. That that's what it takes. It must have taken some some planning, you know, when you're sitting there writing the book. You've got to, you know, working out the process. Yeah, weird, involved in moving yeah. a, a a building effectively. Yeah. From... Oh, it's, quite, it's quite cool. They get there's some knights that decide to go onto the onto the the hull of the spaceship and sort of take on fighters. It's just quite nice. It's quite cool. Oh, uh, nice. Nice. 
and um, there's lots of battles, lots of huge explosions, and you get to see, you know, the, the different tactics and characters of the two Legios is really interesting. Because Solara favor Reavers and Warhounds, mm. and they're sort of like, as per their name, the Imperial Hunters, um, they sort of favor, you know, treating war as a hunt, um, you know, clean kills and um, stalking their victims. Um, and whereas Vulpa, they prefer Warlord Titans, and they just go, right, Sonic, we're going through that wall. Um, so it's really quite cool. You know, they're a brute force legion. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for the, for a Horace Heresy novel, the book is really female dominated because Solara as a legion at this point in history are all female, um, which is quite interesting. Mm. Um, you know, it's a very, very interesting um, thing. And, you know, they address that that unusualness. Um, through interaction between two of the princeps in a flashback. Um, and this book is very good in that when you're focused on one legio, you know you're, you know, they're very distinct, they're very different, um, they're very unique. Um, so you know you're not mistaking, oh, right, this is, which legio is this again? Oh, no, it's this legio. You know, they're, they're really very much like their legio's character. Um, okay. And even down to the tech priests, because there's a very stark difference between um the tech priests of uh, solaris who are you know from the newly formed adeptus mechanicus and the um and the dark mechanicum of legio vulpa so or the new mechanicum as they prefer to call themselves yes that's right yeah. Yeah. uh you get two primarchs in the book um you know they show up a little bit um and they do a little bit i mean when sanguinius turns up it's absolutely epic um, is it more epic than Angron picking up a warhound, like having a warhound titan try and stomp on him and then pushing it over? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> That's pretty epic. Because uh, Sanguinius's contribution to the Titan death is a Titan death, and it is immensely brilliant. Okay. It is. It's really good. Really good. Um, but yeah, so their inclusion is sort of like this is the overall picture of the war in the Garmon cluster. Um, the big negatives are, and there are some negatives. The book feels a bit rushed and has, a, and is a bit rough around the edges. Um, I mean, Guy Haley can write at an inhuman rate, um, but I think this book could have done with a bit more time in development. I'm not saying it's a bad book; it could have been five stars out of five, but I think it gets four because, you know, there's just that little. It's hard to put your foot on it, but it, your thumb on it, but it's. You can tell that it was slotted in at the uh, late on, which yeah. it was. Um, and the other negative is its placement in the series. It doesn't make sense where it is because it should have been ju- a couple of books back just before Slaves to Darkness. Because there's a moment in the end of the book which brings up a plot point which is resolved in Slaves to Darkness. So, yeah, because Beta Garmin isn't <laughs> right before the arrival at um you know before the siege is it it's it is a bit before that anyway so yeah so um it's it's if you've read the books in order you'll know how this last plot point is resolved bit of a shame um but it's a really good standalone book focusing on one important event in the heresy um and i feel like what it's done is it's left the door open to more stories be that shorts novellas audio dramas or standalones in the heresy setting so, for example, it would be great to have a novella looking at the fleet battles in the Sea of Fire. So I think once 
you know, you know, once um, the long rumored um, Battlefleet version comes out, maybe we'll get those, get those, get those, those uh, space battles. Well, funny enough, Andy Hall was in the Forge World Christmas party, and I don't know why I didn't put this in the show notes. He said that you know they've looked at Battlefleet Gothic, but if they were to do it, um, and to do it justice, they would have to do only battlefleet gothic for about 18 months worth of work for the whole specialist games team okay fair enough so i wow. think that means if we're going to get battlefleet gothic it will be quite some time in the future it'll be once titanicus's lifespan is kind of we're deep into it i suppose because that's going to be there yeah or, or when they get their new building where they can have more staff i guess yeah yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see but, but i think battlefleet gothic is something that i think lots of people want and lots of people would love to have. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I would be very surprised if it wasn't set in the Sea of Fire. Because as with um, Horus Heresy Adeptus Titanicus, you just require one type of model because both sides use the same. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, all right. That's brilliant. So what have we got in terms of upcoming books? We've got Korax, Lord of Shadows on the 2nd of February. So everyone, I think everyone's uh, looking forward to that. That's the non-limited edition version. Um, and, yep. And then we've got the Buried Dagger, the last book of this all. This is it, yeah. Yeah. It's quite an important one as well, isn't it? Because it's that, it's the uh, it's the final moment when the Death Guard sort of finally give in, isn't it? Yeah, the last, the end. Um, yeah. So um, that that's going to be a good one. And then we've got Angron, Slave of Nasiria, uh, the limited edition. That is the 23rd of February as well. Um, so, yeah, so quite a bit going on. Mm. Uh, well, fewer books coming up than we know about, but obviously we, we know Siege of Terror, uh, the Solar War is March. Is it March? Well, I think. It might be May, might it? I can't remember now. And it's one that. Just trying to think going through. I'll, I'll see if I can find it quickly. Yeah, um, I was just looking at, I was just looking at the um, slave of the Yangrong limited edition. Again, that book just it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. If they were a bit cheaper, then I would probably they'd look really oh. good on a bookshelf. Oh yeah, yeah. If I had the money, if money was no object, I would have all of the limited edition Primark yeah. books. Um, because that, I mean, if if you go to Warhammer World, they've got them on the shelves there, and they are just. Oh, I can imagine. They're just beautiful. I cannot but, find the date for that book, unfortunately. Uh, it was on it was online briefly um, a while back, and then they took it off. Um, so I don't know um, why that was, but no. it, 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 you know they had put it up. But the limited edition is coming. I I, I got I, I've got March in my head, but it might be May. But anyway. So that's the book section. So, um, Graham, you said you read a book this month. Yeah, you're going to put me on the spot now. So I didn't yeah. read a book. I listened to a book. So there is a subtle but uh, distinct difference. So this was um, Angel Exterminatus. So this is by Graham McNeil, and it features the awesomeness of the Iron Warriors getting thoroughly um, embroiled with their brother legion in the Emperor's Children. So there's lots of cool stuff going on in this book, and it, um, it's a real eye-opener as well, because it, the way it describes, particularly, it was interesting for me, was the way it described the Emperor's Children 
and their descent into what they eventually become um, was was uh, was very good. Being an Iron Warriors uh, player, you, you you felt a great sense of unease whenever a Emperor's Children character was kind of on the stage, if you like. Um, so it was always I was always like oh, I really don't like these Emperor's Children guys. It did nothing to improve my general view of people like uh, Lucius or Fabius Bile, <laughs> if I'm completely truthful. The only redeeming feature for Fabius Bile is his love of the um, Imperial Fists for reasons that I can't explain without spoiling. But I, I enjoyed this a lot, actually. I really like Perturabo. There is some shenanigans in it, I suppose, um, that, is, that is quite important. And, and having read previously um, the Talarn books, another Iron Warriors book, another Graham McNeil book, I believe, uh, you can uh, see... No, that's John French. Oh, it's John French, my yeah. bad. But in that, I think there's some re- some occurring, reoccurring characters, particularly the Dreadnought, I think, is involved in that. And it also why they the, the Iron Warriors actually ended up in Talon in the first place. So it was really a direct result of what happened here. But there's some interesting stuff with um, the Eldar uh, and some of their sort of lore and history that's sort of discovered. But I think the, the main sort of takeaway is that... Um, sort of whole thing about how the primarchs changed as they became more aware of the powers outside of the normal if you see what i mean so yeah um, how where you have very stoic very um practical pragmatic iron warriors versus a very flighty and somewhat crazy uh empress children who have completely embraced that um sort of slanish ethos to the, to its absolute core. Yeah, I think I think that was very interesting. So there's some cool things in there. The, the Iron Circle are very cool. They're they're, they're featured. Uh, so is uh, the Tormentor, which is my favourite tank in the world. Um, <laughs> so and also there's some cool things like uh, describing some of the Iron Warriors characters, like uh, Falk, who I like. Um, I thought he was quite cool. He's like a um, but the, the the sort of takeaway I suppose in the whole book is things happen, but nobody leaves that engagement unaffected it affects everybody who's involved in it in some way or another some for the better i think maybe but definitely some for the worse so yeah i i really enjoy this the audio book's very good um it's it's nicely uh, sort of acted out if you like um and it does have a good insight into some of the sort of thoughts of perturabo particularly the thoughts that isn't just about the logistics of war but about the sort of artisan and the architect that he was. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. The, uh, it's, it, it is the Iron Warriors book. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is very much from their point of view. There's also some very cool Raven Guard um, and Salamander's characters and in there, and Iron Hands as well as part of a sort of Shattered Legion. Yeah. Going on and, um, I was listening to Graham McNeil's interview with Greg on the Imperial Truth. Um, I think he did it just before, was it just before Christmas, just after Christmas? And he's working on a, a novella with those characters in it. Because they are proper cool. Um, one of them, particularly the Raven Guard character, I was like, do you know what that, I would actually like? You know, it was one of those characters you read about and thinking, oh, yeah, I really kind of get the Raven Guard now because he's absolutely nailed. Um, Are they I, come up again in Seventh Serpent? Okay. It is. Um, yeah, I think there's a, did that come up a couple of times? Um, I think Seventh Serpent. And then they're getting their own novella um, soon. Got it. I, 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 really, 
they were they were very cool characters and there's a um you know some interesting bits in there uh, i think it'd be interesting what i don't know whether they really are these figures i'm sorry are these characters not featured in any of the um heresy actual rules i'm not familiar with the I, I don't, don't believe think, they are but no. just to see them uh, I, I can't. I think that's how you pronounce it. The Sisseum. Yeah. Um, they. I don't think they are. They've got rules. No, I no, don't no. think they have. Because that'd be a cool thing. I think. Yeah. You know, to, to, to have actually to be able to play that. But yeah. Yeah. All in all, it's it's shenanigans of the highest order. I will never trust an emperor's children again as long as I live. <laughs> uh, if I'm completely honest, and I'm slightly suspicious of anybody who wants to play them now, because they are Romans, every one of them. They, yeah, <laughs> it is yeah. very odd, some weird and odd and depraved things. But that's what you kind of expect, don't you? You know, that's... I mean, the way they describe if, if they um, were all sat there drinking tea, you'd yeah. be more suspicious of them. That's true. I, th- I think Graham McNeil was definitely written it from a Iron Warriors perspective in that regard, um, that's, because that's... there's very, very little sympathy for anybody in the Emperor's Children. The, the characters don't Im- imbue any kind of sympathy, in my view. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're all kind of very extreme. Yeah. There's only one fault I would ever find. I find with that book, and uh, at the end, he throws in this sort of um, throwaway reference to a character from his Iron Warrior series. He does. He absolutely does. Yeah. Yes. Who doesn't exist in in 30k? You know, it doesn't exist until long into the 41st millennium, and it's sort of like. Was that needed? I, I don't. Well, I, 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 suppose, I must admit, when I read when that, did, I was like, wait a minute. So does that mean he was around? Or I don't know where. I don't even know what that actually meant. To be honest with you, that, that that ending, that sort of it was almost like an epilogue ending, wasn't it? You know, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I it would recommend it if you're an Iron Warriors player. It's definitely worth a read. If you're an Empress Children player, you deviant. Um, it's, probably, <laughs> it's probably definitely worth a read because it does get to describe the craziness that that legion um, was all about towards the once they got past a certain point. But and, and obviously a major plot point for um, Fulgrim. Yeah, I, I must admit I would find it very difficult to um, have any kind of sympathy for Emperor Children. Like I said, I think that they you're sort of looking at them thinking you are just absolutely nuts. And you know where you see very extreme characters in the Heresy series, you know, there's another prime arch thinking, well, you're, you know, you are a few, few spanners short of a toolbox. Uh, Fulgrim is, is is the other end of that spectrum. He's absolutely batshit nuts. Um, but hey, I mean, I, I have a certain element of because they are what they are, if that makes sense. Yeah, they are. They're the mirror of the Blood Angels, insofar right. as. Well, I, that's how I tend to perceive them because they both have this artistic creativity mm. sort of element to them, but the Emperor's children take it that you know it's that search for perfection that drives them, and that search for whereas the Blood Angels are they've got this artistic creativity, but they use it as a focus as opposed to a driving force. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's, the, here's the question, I suppose. Whenever we talk about the primates, we usually, particularly the traitor primates, we usually have this sort of hypothetical discussion as to whether we think they were justified in any way, shape or form in throwing their lot in with the with Horus. I find it very difficult to work out. Actually, when I read it, I sometimes find it very difficult to work out what Poterabo did. Um, but also, I can't for the life of me work out what what going on with um, Fulgrim. It's just like... just. 
was he always going to do this? He probably would have done actually because of that constant drive of affection. It's the, yeah, it's that he's got this chance of a new experience, a new level of knowledge, I suppose. Yeah, it's, not even, it's, it's, it's a sensation, thing. isn't it? I mean, yeah, because knowledge is more of that sort of Magnus thing, isn't it? There, like you can yeah. see when they're going to drop it. This just seems to be. It's that opening of that particular door yeah. that that he won't that he can't feel otherwise. Yeah. And it's that um it's kind of like a weird it's like an obsessive compulsion. Yeah, I I think that they they very much came across as they were almost like addicts. They they had a very addictive nature to them, didn't they? Yeah. They constantly craved something that they couldn't get. Um which is interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. So yeah, definitely worth a worth a listen. The audiobook was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. But I've just started Betrayer, which um, has, has really got my interest on it. It's a really interesting book. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun, that book. Mm. So, yeah, we shall find Ooh. out how we go on with that. Cool. Perfect okay, so stuff. What we'll do now is we'll go into a bit of a look at the auto reductor, their fluff, their rules, and and uh, and to make some lists. Yes, indeed. Dun, dun, dun. Who's it going to be? So in this episode, what we're going to do is do a little bit of a focus on the Ordo Reductor, who are also known as the Bringers of Blessed Ruin. Now, it's a military division of the uh, Mechanicum, and they are basically known for shock assaults, siege warfare, and Blitzkrieg-style attacks. Now, they're very unusual within the machine cult um, because um, they embody the um, part of the Omnissiah, um, not as the creator or embodiment of knowledge, but as the destroyer and bringer of oblivion. And even their title, uh, the prefix, is very unusual because most of the time when you've got a, a division, a military division of the Mechanicum, it's a legio, but this is an ordo. Um, and it was first invoked uh, by the great treaty between the laws of Mars and the emperor of mankind. Um, but they do go back further, right to the age of strife, um, and the Order Reductor were basically created for the express purpose of sundering and destroying those who would stand against the Imperium. So, uh, for example, to quote uh, here, uh, where a new and terrible alien form of life was encountered that would not succumb to the Imperium's panoply of war, it would be the biologist of the Order Reductor who would find a way to kill it. Where a Rakaltian human techno-empire stood against the Great Crusade fleets, it would be the preceptors of the Order Reductor who observed and analysed their weapons and defences to find their weaknesses. And most famously, where a fortress stood seemingly impregnable, it would be the Order Reductor who would find a way to bring it low. Now, the Order Reductor was only a small part of the Mechanicum. They only ever made a... you know, they, they had very few in numbers. Um, and, um, they, you know, they, they, they weren't, there wasn't a lot of them and the inc- numbers didn't really, uh, increase during the great crusade when other forge worlds were created. Um, you would find that there were very few, um, people who would, you know, tech priests who would want to join the order reductor. The only ones that would want to actually join were, um, you know, outcasts of their own. Um, and considered dangerously heretical in their leanings or overly independent 
or just psychologically unstable. And but within the um, order reductor, these individuals were um, seen as fantastic. They were redeemed in the cult of the Omnissiah and given righteous purpose in the services of Mechanicum, um, as well as removed largely from the feudal politics of their forge world. Now, because the order reductor had such small numbers and they were dispersed far and wide um, amongst the uh, crusade um, it within theatres they tended to um, serve as um, intelligence gatherers on the battlefield warrior seers and savants of carnage rather than conquering in their own right so they were there to support space marine legions um, and they were seldomly seen to act directly in battles um, save to conduct targeted raids and probing strikes ahead of a main advance or to haunt still burning battlefields, making a tally of the dead and destroy to further their studies. The Order Reductor were also one of the few parts of the Great Crusade or within the Mechanicum that had the right with very strict parameters to be able to innovate new weapons and war machines in order to overcome the countless enemies the Great Crusade f uh, faced. And this bore fruit in quite a number of ways during the heresy. For example, in, in um, cooperation with the Imperial Fists, they developed the Land Raider Achilles. And they also developed the Eradication Cannon uh, mounted on the Helion Minoris war machines of the Centurio uh, Ordinatus. Almost got that wrong. The most widespread of their creation is the Phylaxi, heavily augmented cybernetic shock troops designed by them to replace the Skatari legions um, of Mars, to which, owing to their own separated series status, they no longer had direct or ready access to for support. So they had to create their own troop. Um, and as well as serving first and foremost as the Order of Reductor Soldier of the Line, this extremely potent and durable force were also gifted and traded by Order of Reductor Magi to other factions of the Mechanicum as the Great Crusade went on, uh, most notably to the Tagmata forces, an outpost that were separated far from Mars, who didn't necessarily get, uh, you know, as many much Skatari as they wanted. Um, as well as elements of the Legio Cybernetica and the Myrmidon subcults, um, which often found uh, common doctoral cause with the Order Reductor. And they, they, in return for this, they got reciprocal agreements of supply and allegiance. Remember, these are outcasts. Um, so they really needed to, um, you know, make these deals. Um, and this served to greatly increase the power and independence of them because they were able to produce these very, you know, highly effective troops. And, you know, it's been argued by some, this actually contributed to the waning of Mars's direct control, military control over uh, its outlying forge worlds in the decades before the Solar Heresy, uh, sorry, the Horus Heresy, and uh, potentially um, contributed to um, some of them not siding with Mars in the uh, subsequent war. And that's a very brief overview of the fluff uh, behind the Legia of the Auto Reductor. After listening to the uh, history and lore that surrounds the uh, Auto Reductor, 
The order reduction's rules um, are pretty good, and they do get some nice rules. Uh, the first one they get is the Walkers in Ruin, which makes all units immune to pinning from enemy fire, and also immune to difficult and dangerous terrain when they're in rubble, ruins, minefields, and trench works, which can be really handy when you need to make that charge or need to get the hell away from some horrible units about to come and smite you. Uh, that would also apply to their vehicles, so I'm assuming um, they wouldn't have to worry too much about chucking dozer blades around like I have to on my armoured breakthrough. The other rule is the Engines of Destruction, which allows them to take a muckle town and take Minotaur batteries, artillery batteries, and Magos reductors, which are um, pretty much unique to this list, I think. Uh, yes, for, for yeah. unique. Yeah, which is a really cool thing. So, anyway, that's some of the cool stuff they get as a sort of high-level rule. Um, and now we're going to go through all of the different units. So. There's obviously a lot more units available in the Mechanicum list as a whole, but because covering them all in a single episode would be impractical, um, we've, we, and I say we, actually it was Michael's very good idea, chosen to split the list into three categories. So we do the Auto Reductor as a separate entity, we do Legio Cybernetica as a separate entity, and Tagmata in the third episode, which is kind of like the catch-all for all um, of the uh, Mechanicum nonsense. The units we are looking at in this episode were originally the only units available in Reductor. And then in the next episode, we will look at all the choices that were originally introduced for Cybernetica and then cover everything else in the last episode of this trilogy. Right. There are some restrictions that Order Reductor has in the units they must take. Uh, their compulsory HQ must be a Majors Reductor or Caleb Decima, and their compulsory troops must be Phalax cohorts. Uh, and if they take um, a Titan, then Securitari may be selected as compulsory troops. Okay. Um, an auto reductor list may also not contain more battle automata or siege automata units uh, than half the num total number of units in the detachment, regardless of the detachment type. Um, speaking of detachments, they do get their own special detachment uh, called the Matrix of Ruin. Um, which is, uh, has its compulsory choices, one HQ, two troops, two heavy support with optional one HQ, three troops, two heavy support, two elites, two fast attack, and two lords of war. Uh, and that fourth organization chart comes with a rule called the unfettered wrath of the machine, which makes all tanks scoring in the enemy deployment zone in Age of Darkness missions. But... With this force organization chart, you can't take allies or fortifications. It's like a different version of the onslaught, isn't it? It's like tweaked to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but with more heavy support. Yeah. Well, and it... more laws of war. I mean, it's a, it's a great. I mean, it's, it is, it, yeah, like I say, Chris, it is very similar to that in that regard. Um, but from my point of view, it's it's great. I love this. I thought, wow, this is incredible. I mean, particularly the two laws of war and the. Um, the extra, I think, intake four heavy support choices in total, yeah. it, which is uh, yes. only yep. the Iron Warriors. And can you do that in the Imperial Fist as well, Chris? I don't think so, off the top of my head. Yeah, so that's that's pretty unique. Um, and being as Reductor uh, got an awful lot of really cool units in that slot, it, it absolutely makes sense to do it. Yep. Okay. So should we move on to the breakdown of the all the toys that they can take? Yes, yes. let's do it. Yep. So, so the yeah, the, the HQ has to be a Majos Reductor. And, and so you can either take your standard Majos with the slightly different rules or Caleb Decima. Um, 
the list of what he can be equipped with is massive. It comes with Crazy. a loose effects and a power axe to start with. And then basically it's a pick as many weapons as you like, stick them on the model. Seems to be the look of it. <laughs> yes, um, it's, it's, it's when I was doing the list, this is an incredible array of different things that you can give the HQ. Um, we did get some feedback on this one. There was some sort of guidance on this one. And the problem is that you can put so many things on them. It's, it's like in Primark territory by the time you've finished. Yeah. No, so it's anyway. uh, quite something. So he can he can replace either the loose effects of the Power Axe with um, Archaeotech Pistol, Photon Gauntlet, Plasma Pistol, Maxima Bolter, Volkite Charger, Power Fistor, Corpusant Stave. And then <laughs> it can take, <laughs> in addition, um, uh, either a melter gun, a, a graviton gun, a photon thruster, phase plasma fusil, rad iradictinas, servo arm, machinator, a grey, conversion beamer, graviton imploder, or rad furnace. So, I mean. That's, that's, that's like a whole army's worth of stuff, isn't it? I mean, I don't get you to take one of each of them, but even so, such a is, choice. It's mental. It's like the ultimate Swiss army knife. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I was doing my list, I was like, well, I can choose this weapon, this weapon, so I can basically have a something for all situations. Yeah. It's, you know... Do you know what? I found, cool. I, I found myself doing this and then decided that I'm just going to take a special character because it mm. was just... You were, like, kind of almost sport for choice. If ever a unit that's sport for choice for sort of configuration... It's definitely that because there's just yeah. so much choice. And I guess that means you can change them into whatever you want. So like you say, which will be fairly um, uh, sort of narrative based for the Mechanicum, i.e. they can bolt new bits on to make them good in long range or bolt other things on for sort of shorter range combat and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get definitely. that. Definitely. Um, any of the weapons can be made master crafted and has a list of other equipment you can take. The, so he's got the Cyber Familiar, everyone's favourite. Mm. Phosphorex bombs, rad grenades, True. cortex controller for uh, dealing with the automata. Yep. Um, let's just have a quick look. Melt, uh, melt bombs, the classic, breacher yep. charges, cyber Christ. ocularis, augury scanner. What? Uh, you know. The list just goes on. Basically, it's every kind of bit of special equipment that you yeah, can think it, of, you can pretty much give them, can't you? Exactly. I mean, the, um, the one that does stuck out is that Abayant, because I looked at that, and that is a great, yeah. great upgrade, isn't it? It's quite expensive, but it's a good upgrade. So what does that give you? So the Abayant gives you plus one wound. Always useful. Move through cover, very bulky, it will not die, yeah. and hardened armour. Okay. I think it's that plus one wound, and it will not die. Yeah, definitely. Those are the thickest. Yeah, because that gives him, what, four wounds, is it? Four or five wounds? Yeah, uh, he's, he's got... Two to start with, so it gives okay, me three. Right, okay. So it's not crazy. Well, it's two if he's a Magos reductor, it's three if he's an Arch Magos reductor. Right, I see. So if you so, went down the Arch Magos and you gave him an Abayant, he's on four wounds like a Praetor, but yeah. with it will not die. It will not die like you know, a Primark. Yeah, wow. Um, that is impressive. Yeah, and also if he's an Arch Magos reductor, he gets Relentless, um, a Warlord trait which gives him option to minus one to a piece of cover and he gets uh, if oh, it was yes. a weapon it comes a five on his weapon skill ballistic skill strength and toughness he wants to take a paragon blade and the gin skin i think is how you pronounce it yes yes yeah uh the gin skin uh, I, I've, I've noted that in the bit for yes, the, uh, I, had to, I had to look this one up 
but the jinn skin um uh basically uh negates uh cover by giving it a minus two Yes. Um, and what else does it do? Oh, it, it also denies infiltration in a 24-inch bubble. Which is excellent. Um, so, yeah, the gin skin is... Yeah, it becomes a... Yeah, so it removes the benefit cover, and infiltrators cannot be set up within 24 inches, um, as long as they're within line of sight. So um, that is a great um, little upgrade. I think, you know, the Arch Magos, with Relentless, then you can just start throwing conversion beamers on him and stuff like that for a sh- if you had a shooty army. Is, is pretty pretty impressive. The only thing I would say is that you might end up overstacking him when really you just need a couple of bits and bobs to get him doing what he needs to do. Because if you're giving him loads of wounds and loads of things, that's really, I mean, they're pretty fairly useful, but trying to sort of make him into a close combat monster might be slightly harder. I don't know. Yeah, in mine, I think in, in my list works out, yeah, sort of 300 and something points. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, that is, like I said, that's, you know, that's a huge number. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I, that's Leviathan Dreadnought territory, isn't it? It I, is, I, yeah. I, I try to make him a, a ranged uh, support guy. Yeah, I think I, I think I decided not to and just um, use the special character because he's got some reasonable buffs. On the proviso, that the way that my list is, I'm not anticipating, I wouldn't want him really to be getting too, too embroiled in close combat, so... That was a mock deal anyway. Anyway, we got we got some feedback. So what we've done this time round, because we have been somewhat um I don't know, less than a hundred percent on some information that we've given in the past out. Um and people who love these legions, <coughs> excuse me, you know, write to us and say, What have you done? You've absolutely butchered our legion, you heathens. Um so we've decided to push this one out to a consultant. So um yeah, so that was from James Turner. So what did, what did he say, Chris? So uh, the Megas take a lot of toys, and this is true of any Mechanicum army. But from experience, you need to pick a role for them and equip them appropriately because the points start stacking up fast, which... I think we all found. Yeah, absolutely. And the Bayonet is always a good choice for the boost it gives as a cyber familiar for the invulnerable save boost. Yes. In a Reductor army, some upgrades more, make more sense than others, but the ones you want to shy away from are the me- melee ones. Yeah, that's Despite being quite tough, you don't want your Magos tied up okay. in combat. Gin scheme and Cyber Ocularis boost your artillery. Boosting your artillery would be a good idea, though. Oh, Cyber Ocularis. I, did, I can't remember what that does now. So Cyber, o- Cyber Ocularis, so I've got the, the oh, cool. book open on the iPad, so... Yeah. Um, uh, so they're a form of task dedicated servo automata. Oh, yes. The, so, Cyber treat as individual units on the tabletop, yep. have their own profile and equipment, but never scoring or contesting units. During deployment, the Cyber must be deployed at the same time as the model who purchased them as part of their war gear and within six inches. Uh-huh. And so, Cyber confers the interceptor special rule on all friendly models in the same detachment within three inches. Wow. And they have August Sweep, which is. Enemy units within 12 inches reduce their cover saves by minus one when fired at by units from the same detachment as the Cyber Ocularis. Right. So do, do they do they have to stay with the? Um, nope. No. They they they're yeah. like um, dreadnought talons, basically. They have to deploy together, and then they can do what they want. So you could go and embed them in your other units if you want. I mean, I think this happened they, to they, me. Yeah, they can't join units because they're not independent characters. They're not. Ah, but, but they can just give a bubble effect. So they can three. hover around, yeah. Yeah, that is cool, as. 
Yeah, they really are good, aren't they? Yeah, and they've yeah. got 15 points each, I think, if I remember correctly. Got yeah. Yeah, I can see them being... I think, actually, um, Benjamin, Ben, you know, Ben Williams, the one of the, the best yeah, players, yeah. I think he used these against me when I played him. I think he had these... Um, he had a... With his sort of militia army, I think he had a Magos um, as a uh, ally, I think. And I think this is he had these little things flying around, which doesn't make sense. Actually, no, it was in his it was in actually his Mechanicum list. These little things that were flying around doing stuff. So I'm assuming that was them, which would make total sense. So yeah, yeah quite yeah. a useful for 15 points being able to give in interceptor. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? I mean, and it's it's models within the same detachment within three inches. So it's not units. Okay, but, but still, in, if you position it correctly, yeah, put it next to a Cryos tank, for example. Yeah, I've got an intercepting cryos tank. Cryos, exactly. Yeah, you know, and that's um, that's no um, so that's, if, you, yeah. if you've got flyers coming on, for example, that's fantastic. That's going to cause your sorts of bother. Mm. So yeah, that's good good advice there. So from an actual expert, uh, he's so kind of alluded to it, didn't we? That um, you, the points go up really really quickly, but don't worry about trying to make him a close combat monster because he's better off being um, at the back shooting or giving yeah. buffs. Cool. So with that in mind, <clears throat> I went on to then, um, so this is the one that I actually chose. So this is Caleb Decima. So he's a special character specific to the um, Orders Reductor. So, um, so just quickly, I think we made a slight hiccup with the gin skin rule. We've got the image that with gin sight, two very similar sounding things. So the gin skin for the Archmajos uh, Reductor. So this, this is a pretty cool thing and it's only 25 points. So it's cheap as chips what it does. So at the beginning of the shooting phase, the Archmajos may nominate a single unit, which is part of their primary detachment, including themselves, within six inches of them and any cyber ocularis purchased as part of their war gear to benefit from, from plus one ballistic skill. Also, so deep striking units. Hold on, sorry, mate. So that's, yes, absolutely. So you can spread your um, cyber ocularis out all yeah. over your army and then yeah. any, any of those... Um, they can basically, from six inches around them, any unit that's within six inches of them, was it yeah. any, any model or unit? Uh, uh, d- 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 any single unit. Yeah. So they could then use those bubbles to basically boost the ballistic skill of your entire army. Yeah. Well, they can, wow. yeah, they can do it to one unit. Okay, right. So you so can do it to one particular unit. Um, a single but unit within... Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so you can't do it across the whole army, but just one unit. No, but okay. so, yeah, say you particularly want to kill something that turn, mm. you've got a cyber ocularis nearby. Oh, damn, I should have. Yeah, these are really good, aren't they? Okay, carry yeah. on. So deep striking units, which are part of their primary detachment, choosing to arrive within six inches of the Archmajor's prime, don't scatter. Very good. And barrage weapons in the same detachment may use the Archmajor's prime and any cyber ocularis purchased as part of their war gear to draw a draw to draw a line of sight from their attacks. Ooh. Note that direction of fire, range, etc. is still drawn from the fire weapon. So like Nuncio boxes for Marines. Like Nuncio boxes for Marines. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, but you, again, you've got these little flying mini robots hoofing about yep. that are basically causing all manner of bother. So Exactly. Shoot them, my friends. Shoot them dead first <clears throat> with extreme prejudice. <laughs> yeah. Ah! Yeah. Not be one of them. Okay, no. so... Um, yeah, so that is that's good. It is good, isn't it? Very I mean, good for Major's Reductor. For, for 25 points, it just, it's just it's just crazy cheap. I'm just looking yeah. at the Cyber Ocularis actual um, profile for the Cyber Ocularis. Do we cover it later on? 
because I don't even buy it separately. It's a war gear upgrade, isn't it? You can't buy it separately, no. Yeah. So they've got uh, weapon skill two, ballistic skill three, strength two, toughness three, uh, one wound, initiative four, one attack, and um, leadership nine, and the three plus save. So they jetpack infantry, so same as uh, your phalanx. So basically in the assault phase, they can go 2d6, I believe. Is that right? 2d6 or 1d2d6, a bit the highest, I can't remember. Um, 2d6, got, yeah. yeah. They've got Stealth Fearless, um, Warning Relay, and Augur, Augur Sweep. And they have a twin link as pistols, their war gear, so they can still shoot. Um, the special rules Warning Relay, uh, Cyber Ocularis confers the Intercept special rule, yes, yeah, so that we maybe mentioned that within three, and the Augur Scrimp, anything within 12, reduce their cover save by minus one. So that's where, because I was thinking, my word, if you have gin sight and gin and these things running around, you're basically making cover saves nearly impossible because you get minus two for the gin sight. So, yeah, that could be quite, you know, if you've got yeah, absolutely. a unit that's particularly dug into some very good cover, you could just pretty much ignore that with the combination of the two. So, yeah. Anyway, so. Let's get back to Caleb Decima. Yeah, yeah. All in all, um, they, that Magos is great. And I think it is probably trial and error to get the best out of him, but because of the options. So Caleb Decima, as we mentioned, uh, he is a divergent Magos reductor, though he does lose his one, plus, one to his weapon skill and ballistic skill, plus the four plus plus uh, in one save, but gets plus one strength, uh, wound, leadership, and a five plus invulnerable save. Uh, he comes with a mastercrafted power axe and a machinator array. So he isn't bad in close combat, but not great. And his shooting weapon being a mastercrafted bolt pistol isn't great shooting either, i.e. it's not going to, you know, set the world on fire literally um his real purpose though is to be a magus reductor in the general Sagmata lists so if you take him it allows you to bring battle autonomous and non-phalax troops without restriction while still benefiting from his reductor rules uh, his unit gains moon through cover it becomes immune to pinning and all his attacks have the sunder and plus one on both damage tables whilst he can confirm a nearby which he can can confer to a nearby heavy slash ordnance weapon if he doesn't shoot that turn. Uh, he can get the four um, plus in one save with the Cyber Familiar, because you can take it as an upgrade, and can take a Macca Raid Explorator as a delicate transport, which is a really cool transport, I think. Um, and that frees up putting that into a heavy support slot. Uh, he can also take a retinue of Skylax Guardian Automata or a Tech, tech Priest Auxiliary Unit, which don't take up a force organization slot. Um, People have only ever seen him with the Skylex, though, as they have Rad Furnace, which means all his attack double out Marines. So the Rad Furnace, yeah, basically reduces the... Is it? I don't know what Rad Furnace does, actually. We should sort of probably go through it. Is that, I know well, it, takes, it, takes, um, it takes toughness down, yeah, doesn't it? You have minus one toughness so. when you're in combat, if I remember. Okay. Got yeah, just double-check that for you, because I've got one on something. Yeah. How, how would he double out Marines with that? Just, Michael? Just, was that just uh, The Sire... His um oh god how is it again um oh turn my phone on to silent yeah what's going on um uh, yep uh where is uh, it yeah. they're minus one to toughness for the duration of the combat I suppose if you had rad grenades as well they would stack so you could get them down to toughness too um right so his strength is five yes he's got a power axe which is plus uh, uh well played plus well two. played so. plus one plus one. Yeah, plus one, which gives him strength oh, yeah, six. Two, isn't it? Plus one. Yeah. yeah, which gives him strength six, which means if he's in close combat with them, he will double them out with his power axe. Yeah. There we go. Mystery solved. Well played. Well played the database. Okay. 
Um, but his biggest draw is the curse of the Omen. Omnissiah. Yeah, I said the wrong thing there. Uh, which is a one-shot weapon. This is a monster, this thing. 2d6 haywire thunder shots. Uh, basically, this is the this you know 2d6 haywire. So, you know, you're looking at average of seven on two dice. Uh, haywire shots. You can just walk through most things. Um, yeah, Michael Sinless um, taking out a Typhoon in one turn all by himself. Counts as firing all of his weapons and can even uh, implement, can even completely uh, wreck a day for a super, larger super heavies like Fellblades. I mean, you know, you could technically take a Fellblade out in one turn. Um, yeah. You'd, you'd have to go some and be extremely lucky, but even so, you're going to do a fair number. Bear in mind, of course, that on a one, the Haywire does nothing, but even so, the odds aren't too badly stacked. Um, but uh, it is, as we said, one use only. So you only use it once per game, and it is a heavy weapon. And without access to transport with fire points, it means that he must expose himself to danger and use it as he isn't relentless. So basically, he would have to, he couldn't move and shoot. He'd have to wait for something to move in his uh, threat arc. It also gets hot. So, you know, depressingly, you, you try to fire it, you roll a dice, you roll a one, and that's it, done. Um, he's got a three plus armor save and a four plus in one save with a cyber familiar. And he's only toughness five. So he's not the most survivable compared to you know, what you could probably do with an Arch Magos. Um, there is a way of counter his, his weakness, which is uh, to upgrading him with this Decima Invictus rule, uh, which... Uh, just, uh, so that up. does give him Relentless... Eternal Warrior. Uh, yeah. And a hatred for traitors. Well, who hasn't got that in their back pocket? Uh, you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> So but it yes. means he must be the warlord. Yeah, that, that would kind of make sense. But Eternal Warrior, that's that's cool because he can't be doubled out, or at least yeah, he can't be doubled out because he's, he's he can't be instant instantly killed. Uh, hatred is a very good thing, though mainly only any good in close combat, um, and requires him to be the warlord, which is fair enough. And um, relentless with the curse of the Omnisar as well. Yeah, that's true. But it does mean your army can't go to ground with a reductor army. I'd probably say that's you know, not that big a problem anyway. And he must make sweeping advances where it can. Um, 45 points does make him as expensive as a land raider, which is a good good point to make. But having said that, there aren't that many models in the army, in any army, that are Eternal Warrior other than the Primarchs. You know, that it's it's fairly few and far between, isn't it? When you yes. find one like that, it's a bit of a oh hello. So you know, he could sit there and you know be shot at quite happily um, and just try and hide and get some wounds back. So yeah. He's not great, I don't think. Uh, campaigns, he's also got this um, Istvan 3 survivor. I think, <clears throat> I think he suffers from the same problem that um, sort of Valdor suffered with at one point, which okay. was that the uh, with Valdor, the shield captain, was a better option because you could make his invulnerable save and everything better. Yes. And, yes. <clears throat> you know, he would work out not far off points. I think this guy has that same problem is that you can make the Archmagus, um, you know, build your own. So yeah. Swiss Army knife. Yes. That but he just can't. Yeah. If it was a normal, a normal, if it was, if he didn't have the Archmagus as a option, he would be a perfectly reasonable HQ choice. Yeah, but absolutely. he's kind of eclipsed by what you can do with the Archmagus. Yeah. But yeah, if like me and you, you, you find multiple choices and things like that quite difficult to deal with, he's not a bad shoe in just to give you a HQ chance. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I might have taken him later. 
So anyway, um, the uh, Istvan Three Survivor Force. So this is if you're running a campaign, and um, you can represent him before he was betrayed by Horus. This limits it's you to uh, himself and his major reductor HQ, uh, Tech Priest Auxilia, and Myrmidon Sectors in Elites. Phalanx is your only troops. Avenger Strike Fighters is your only fast attack choice. In heavy, you get the order reductor, artillery batter, battery, Myrmidon destructors, Akrios, and zero to one Legionar Astartes uh, heavy tank support. So, yeah, that's cool. I suppose you can take predators and stuff, and any normal Lords of War choice. So, yeah, okay, not great either in that regard, I don't think. But So, in terms of HQ, on balance, we, we you would go with the Swiss Army knife, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I certainly would. I, he can get expensive, you know, but. Yeah, he can, yeah. If what you about? give him, in, if you put him in the right area, in the right environment, yeah, then I think he becomes a very powerful. You know, he can make it a, a unit very powerful very quickly. He's a bit. He's a what? He's what's called? Is a sort of force, um, force multiplier, isn't it? You know, it's like yeah. some. It's a unit that makes the other units around him much better. But he is expensive, like you say. Um, he yeah. can be. He can. You know, if you really go to town with him. Yeah. I don't think you know if you. You probably can do a cheaper version, but I think, yeah, he can be quite expensive. Okay. Be, to be fair, if you use the model that uh, Horde Worlds have for him, um, which is just the type tech priest, as the, you know, that literally is him. Yeah. Um, he is the cheapest special character that Forge Worlds do. Okay. Yeah, for heresy. Well, that's a very interesting point. Yeah, yeah. I think the other guy um, does have his place because he just... It depends on what you want to do with your army. We'll come on to it in the list challenge, so we'll come back to this one, I think. Uh, I mean, for me, personally, it depends on the theme. Mm-hmm. If yes, I'm that's going, If I'm going for an Isfan free reductor list, I'd probably pick him every time. Uh, yeah. If it's loyalist, that is. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, I definitely think he's got his place. Um, it just depends on your theme. Yes, and his place being back in your case. No. <laughs> 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 or on your shelf. Never mm, yeah. We'll come on to this. Anyway, uh, Michael, uh, elites, I'll be on to the elite section. So that's the HQs. Yeah, yeah. So elites, uh, there's just the one choice that we've picked for the elites this time, which is the Domitar, uh, battle, uh, Domitar class battle automata, uh, which is a melee or- orientated um, automata, which specializes in taking down vehicles. Uh, buildings and other automata with four attacks at strength 10 and weapon skill four Uh, when it charges it generates d3 hammer of wrath attacks um it does have a shooting attack but to be honest that's not really worth talking about uh, because it's kind of pointless and not that great Mm -hmm. um getting charged is brilliant for this model as it's got graviton hammers which force opponents to make uh uh, disorganized charges yeah um which obviously is great and so long as it's in range of a cortex controller it has crusader um that said when playing against christian's cybernetic armor with those back in the day um i didn't have much bother with these because i was able to tar pit them and i've even destroyed them with cortex class contemptors which obviously cost a lot for your points yeah how many points is he sorry i'm just gonna look it up um yeah so um, I don't know what he comes with. What does he come with? So, so he comes with graviton hammers. Yeah. Graviton. He has got a missile launcher on his back. Yeah, yeah, but it's not really. Well, he can do crack and ignis frag, can't he? Uh, what's he got here? So yeah. 
So he can do mm. strength five AP six blast ignores cover, but he can do strength eight AP three heavy one. Yeah, but like you say, Mark says it's not a, a, a weapon that's going to set the world. You know, it's not going to save you against a Spartan or anything, is it? So no, but it's a, it is it is a one. You know, it's something, I suppose. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Given the given, I suppose you could give him flak missiles. If you want some anti anti um? Oh, sorry, those flak missiles. Yeah, flak missiles yeah. are the uh, anti aircraft and flyer ones. So. Yeah, yeah, for five points, that's maybe that's not so bad. Um, yeah, I, I've never found these particularly tricky. I mean, they are, you know, compared to the um, what's the the one that everybody takes. I've forgotten now. The Artalax is the jump pack one. The one with the shooty lances. Castalax. Castalax. Yeah, which are about the same points. The Castalax is a better choice every day of the week, isn't it? Yeah, but that's a troop. Okay, right, not a leech shot. Okay, fair play. And it's Cybernetica. Yeah, yeah, true enough. But I've only seen these used by Christian, I think. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, shall we move on to the troops? Yeah, let's do that. Yes. Yeah, so, go right. for it. Yeah, yeah. So there's only the one troop choice, which is the phalanx, mm. uh, which are basically ogrins with jetpacks, is how um, I have heard yeah. they're described. Um, they're tough as five, have three wounds, and they've got gin sight, not gin uh-huh. skin. So um, yes, which reduces the enemy cover by two. And denies infiltration in a 24-inch bubble. Yes. Um, their lightning guns uh, are quite short range, really. They're only 18 inches and are only AP5. But of course, being jetpack troops, they could do the old towel jump shoot jump trick. Yeah. Um, doing some damage against vehicles, uh, you know, is something they can do. But I found them to be quite over underwhelming against infantry because they've got a low rate of fire. Um. Yeah. Now, they're only weapon skill three, but they've got strength five, toughness five, and a six and a six plus feel no pain. So mm-hmm. in close combat, they're still quite nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got some, they can take us, you know, an upgrade uh, for their guns. Uh, you know, one in three can take an upgrade. Yeah. Um, they've got phase plasma fusels, which, uh, you know, are great against Marines. Yes. And in the hands of the phalax side, they're basically assault free because. Phalaxi are relentless, and Jin Sight negotiate neg- uh, negates most cover. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Proton Fusters—they're a bit more expensive, but they do take care of Terminators quite well. Um, and you know, giving you two Strength Six blind shots, and they've got Lance as well. Yeah. But it's Strength Six—that's not really a big deal. No. No. Um, you well, can Lance, I suppose it, it, you could. Yeah, you're still needing sixes, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. You can basically glance the stuff, but you still need sixes, so it's yep. not, yep. it's not, not guaranteed, not the greatest thing well, in the world, I don't think. And it's only thing... one modeling three as well, isn't it? So it's not like the whole squad can have these things. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't specifically take this if I wanted to deal with land raiders. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. you've got multi lasers. Um, for extra power, firepower. So if you want lots of shots, multi lasers. Yeah. Um, there's a rad cleansers for flesh blame templates. Yeah, these are good. These I think. But yeah. neither of those have weapon model options anymore, or at all. Oh, do they not? No, you can't get a rad cleansers oh. uh, anymore. Uh, I think I might have um, some. One was a rad cleanser somewhere in the in my back room, but mm-hmm. um, and you and the multi lasers never had an option. They discontinued the rad cleanser one. 
Okay. Uh, Which is a shame because I would attack. I, I love it. I think the Arad Lenser would is an excellent weapon. I think it's a better choice because yeah. I think this is a. Go on, carry on. I mean, they, I think these are a good unit. I think. Oh yeah, for Laxi are. Not, yeah, they. I mean, they're a cracking troop choice. Let's put it that way. I mean, from my point of view, go on, carry on, Mark, with them. We'll, we'll come on to our summations. Yeah. So, yeah. We've got the shots. They've also got this weird ass thing where you can upgrade them to do a specific role as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can take Destructor, um, which confers tank hunters. So I think that synergizes really well if you're going to take multi melters. Yeah. And then you've got this really, my favorite, Ferox. Now that gives them rage and rending in melee. Mm -hmm. And it turns them into a fairly nasty close combat unit. Um, Now they can't upgrade their lightning guns if you take this. But if you are taking Ferox, you don't really want. You're not really yeah. taking them for the, for the um uh no, for, for the shooting attack, are you? Yeah, yeah. They are, they are, yeah they are crunch assault unit basically at that yeah. point, aren't they? The yeah. Thing. Uh, they can take. They can normally upgrade to a heavy chain blade, and if you're taking Ferox, I would say do take t- you know get a um a heavy chain blade, and they could do. And if you take melter bombs with them, they become quite good at anti armor with this. But yeah. That said, I think Ursarax, which will cover in Phagmata, do the job better. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. But, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but if you yeah, need but... a troop choice and don't want to put... Because Ursarax, in this army list, you'd have to take them as elites, wouldn't you? Uh, fast attack. Fast attack. Right. Fast so, attack. Yeah. yeah okay, there's not um, a lot of contention for that area. But anyways, the, so. the Phalax have a better gun and, they're a compul- and they can be a compulsory troop choice. In this, they have to be, don't they? Yeah. yeah. In reduction, they have to be. Yeah. Um, they can also take Emprite, which confers deep strike, and they get void hardened <clears> armor. Um, I think personally, this would only be useful in uh, Zomotalis games, to be honest. Uh, deep striking is quite useful if you want to, because they. But then again, they got quite a good move if you were going to you know, try and get across the board onto a deployment zone, because you'd use your jetpacks to do it, wouldn't you? Yeah. So yeah. Use your assault move to try and you know get the jump on the enemy yeah well it gives them deep strike by teleportation so in a normal zone mortalis game you couldn't deep strike via your jetpack you'd have to but can yeah yes i've had this argument before not argument just for my benefit um i know jump packs give you deep strike to jetpacks as well yes oh well there you go then so yeah a bit nonsensey in this like saying this yeah if you're in zone mortalis deep strike by teleportation big deal um and then there's Ikaran, which I've never actually seen anyone take before because it gives them Skyfire mm. uh, if they don't move, and it makes them heavy support. Yeah, I don't, move. I don't see the benefit in that. Well, James, really, our, our consultant James said oh, yeah. um, that it was included at a time when the Mechanicum had very little in their own way of anti-air. Uh, if you don't own any fires <clears> and want some <throat> air defense, uh, then you can take multi melters or proton thrusters. Um, to okay. help you out a bit if you don't have flyers to counteract. Yeah. The only problem, actually, I don't suppose the lightning gun strength seven, it does rending as well. So, I mean, that's yeah, not bad against, I mean, most of the hot, unless you're uh, into 12, super, 12, 13 for, um, yeah. for the uh, RAM and then obviously the super heavy flyers. But yeah, most of them around the 12 for a thing like a, a fire raptor or a storm eagle. But you know, the lightnings and the light are all usually armor 11. So it's viable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else did James say? He said uh, the, the the worth mentioning with the Phalax is they've got the stubborn rule, which can really boost mm. their effectiveness at staying in a fight, which combined with their toughness five and feel no pain, 
Um, yeah. They're likely to hang around uh, against almost anything that doesn't double them out. Yeah, I agree. So I I would use these as objective holders because of the stubborn rule, the, the multiple wounds. The only thing yep. is you need to be wary of would be Medusas and um, vindicators, vindicators and the, big and the big T as well. Yeah, and basically anything with you know strength ten, particularly strength ten blast. Now I've doubled out a whole unit of these um, with one shot. Which was, from my point of view, was immensely satisfying. Um, I think it was with a Medusa hit because obviously they're toughness five, um, and they're not going to get any, you know, any, they're not going to be able to not ignore that, and they just need to say fail their wounds, which they did, boom, dead. But I mean, I think this is a great unit. I think that what I would be using them for is exactly that: either to you know hang around a bit and then try and if you had that mission where you had to get into the um, deployment zone at the end of it to score, uh, using them to move then or to basically get on top of objectives and stay there because they can really soak up some hits. I think the only thing though, is that four plus save. There's quite a lot of stuff that's going to shred through that. Not much because most well, things seem to be AP five or AP three or AP two. Don't they? There's a four plus save. You've got to bear in mind, they've got three wounds each. Exactly. So, you know, it's going to take, they're going to take a lot of firepower to get through a unit of, you know, four or five of them. If you're okay. not using double out weapons. So let's compare them to the, and it's not a fair comparison, but let's do it anyway. So a tactical squad, 10, yeah. 10 wounds fundamentally, three plus saves, toughness four, versus a quarter of these if you have three of them, um, which is 135 points. So if you gave them one of the upgrades, you're probably looking at about 150, 160 points for a unit, right? Um, getting shot out by bolters, I think you're, you're probably right insofar as I think the tactical squad may go mathematically before this squad went because you'd be having to wound them on fives they still get a four plus save and um you know, i think it would be yeah di- more difficult to do it whereas you could start to sh- shred through the tactical marines quite quickly i think the if, if, advantage these guys have got over a tactical marine squad is feel no pain yes that's the other thing sorry yes totally um, is it, what is it is it a six plus or a five it's a six, six yes a six up uh, but you know, you roll a whole bunch of those, you're going to get, you know, two or three probably. Yeah. So the best combo for this, which I think personally, I would be looking at a close combat version of these. So I would go with the Ferox as an upgrade. I think that would be what you'd want them for to get around, stick on an objective, stay there and then fight off anything that happened to come their way. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm in my uh, list, I'm probably going to use them with, destructor i think okay just as a sort of with the photon thrusters and the plasma fusils mostly the photon thrusters just because then rhinos um sakara and things like that because they can move around and then get out of the way they're a good opportunity to to get a side hit on a on something jump out the way using the tank hunter and the lance rule yeah, that, so. I see what you mean. So this is basically to sort of stop on rushing uh, rhino rushes or you know yeah. medium armor tanks. Your Sakarans yeah. of the world. Yeah, because like I've got the Ursarax in my list in my what will mm-hmm. be my mechanical list to do the punchy side of things. I think in this particular in, but in the, a reductive reductive list, yeah, list, there's, there's plenty of other things that are equally as good or better at tank. Armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think this is what what the, what the list does lack though is troops. You know, that are kind of cheap and in plentiful supply. These are, you know, you have to spend quite a lot of money on money on <coughs> points on your on your troop choices because 
three is probably not enough for me. I would probably want to run them in fives minimum. So I've gone, I've gone sixes. Yeah. Then you get that two special weapons. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Five. I mean, if you're running them in a five, you may as well just spend those extra points because although you're getting extra bodies, you may as well just take that extra. Yeah. You're sort of shortchanging yourself. If that makes sense. You've got to spend a bit more, but the benefit will be that much more useful. I tend to think. Yeah, I mean, I think they're um, <clears throat> I think they're a good unit, and like I say, there's a lot of wounds to get through. And when you're facing, you know, a six-man squad, and you're thinking that's actually 18 wounds that I've got to put on those. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, that's you know, a big 20-man squad of, of tactical marines is is a challenge. 18 wounds with these boys, that's a massive deal. Yeah, stubborn, feel no pain. Yeah, you know, you're just all the best <coughs> unless you're nothing. going at them with you know yeah something that can really as you can get a serious number of attacks. Um, you know, yeah. a, a charging squad of six custodes would probably have a good day with them, I should think, because they're doing a AP three, but it's just getting that volume of yeah, you'd need a big old volume. I think against a twenty man squad of attack marines, unless they were. <coughs> World Eaters, they hand, hold their ground quite happily. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Michael? Um, well, personally, I take them in sixes because yeah. uh, then you can have two special weapons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are they are tough troops. They're very good. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of bonuses, haven't they? Like, so they've got all the special rules which they get for nothing, and they've also got the mobility. Well, they can't have a transport, so you know that does get them down a bit. But that jetpack does you know well uh, they can't take a dedicated transport but they can go in a, a, a they can go in them can they even with jetpacks yeah. they just count as bulky don't they so yeah uh, you're right. prepared to make, pay that um price of putting them in a oh, yeah, bulky. Mm. yeah they just get bulky yeah. they they can't they're not like they're not like ogrins you know in forge k where they couldn't used to go in vehicles because they'd freak out or whatever it was yeah that's right yeah um storm lord or something with a troop capacity of 25 yeah then you can Ooh. easily cut them in there Rocky. so yeah all in all i think we're impressed with that as a troop choice yeah yeah i think yeah. they're great they were the yeah. first when i was doing my mechanicum they were the first thing i looked at and went yeah they're they're the troop choice for me so okay so who wants to cover the heavy support so, so who wants to go first shall i shall i go first with this one michael yeah why not <clears throat> so this is so the next the, the, the sort of the meat, if you like, of the reductor list is always going to be in or around the heavy support section. So, um, the first one out the bag is the uh, Macaraid Explorator. If I've spelt, if I've pronounced that wrong, I apologize. Macar- yeah, Macaraid Macaraid Explorator. So this is formerly known as the Mechanicum Land Raider, and I think a lot of people used to proxy a Land Raider size model until they brought out the actual model. Um, and it still does, at its core, share much of its profile with the Land Raider. But being mechanical, it comes with the Blessed Auto Simulacra rule, uh, which is the six plus uh, it will not die. Uh, yep. Extra armor, two LAS cannons and a Mauler bolt cannon. So, you know, out of the box, not a bad unit, even before you start chucking upgrades on. There are an awful lot of upgrades, though. Again, your sport for choice with this vehicle. It is so versatile. Um, you can kit out um, one of these with... Uh, Explorator Augury web, um, but that does cost you two um, transport slots. So 
But the most common that Michael has seen is with a flare shield and armor termite, which is the default that you'd give for most transports yeah. who could take it. Uh, weapon, what's the exploratory array do? Sorry, I'll, I'll carry on and you can just give me an update. I'll just uh, quickly yeah. get that. Uh, anyway, weapons wise, the, the very popular choice for this is the irradiation engine. And the, uh, the Macarid is only one of two units in the whole game that can take this weapon. And uh, you can fit these on the side sponsons for just 40 points. And this, the macro, the irradiation engine is one of the most feared weapons uh, in the game. So this is the uh, 12-inch um, oh, torrent flamer. Yeah. Um, I think it's Fleshbane. Yes. And it's AP3? Uh, yes. Yep. So basically, you know, you could just put it on a squad of Marines and they will just die because it, unless they've got invulnerable saves, they're going to get toasted um, simply because... Um, they've got no cover save they can have because it's a template weapon and it's AP3. So even if you're, you know, sensibly hunkering down in cover, it will not help you. And the the um the sort of torrent part of this gives this a very good, you know, sort of arc of fire if you like. So it's fairly short range, but on a transport that you're assuming is going to be driving towards something, it's an absolute monster. And um yeah, it, it can make all the difference, particularly if you chuck a load of those um. Myrmidons, with which which is the other unit that can take this particular weapon, it just gets really messy really quickly. Um, for taking infantry, you have access to the Volkite. Sorry, for tackling infantry, you've got Volkite Colvins or Phase Plasma Fubles as your upgrade weapons, and you can take a Mauler Bolt Cannons on the sponsors too. And the Mauler the Mauler Bolt Cannon is is oft overlooked um, because it's people think, <coughs> but it's, you know what? It's no slouch. I think it's. Um, Strength six AP3. Yeah, exactly. So it will absolutely murder Marines. Probably, um, you know, if you're very good with your spacing out against the torrent, you might be, you know, even the Mauler Bolt Cannon might be a better choice because you know, you're going to hit three. I think it's three shots as well, isn't it? So it's a it's a really good weapon. I've fallen foul of underestimating Mauler Bolt Cannons at very crucial parts in games where I'm thinking, oh, that's okay, I'll just save that. And it's like, no, actually, it's a Mauler Bolt Cannon. And that means you're not going to get a save and not, you know, kind of had Marines taking off objectives by them. So a very good unit. But again, I think it depends what you want to do. I think this is one of the, the things that the theme of the mechanical army is it all really depends what you want to do. And the army is written in such a versatile way that you can really do anything uh, well with the with this army list. Um, <clears throat> against armor, you can take the last cannons, obviously, um, or to, uh, you can upgrade the last cannons to two twin link last cannons. For, which would give them the sort of similar profile to a land raider. And you can also put a conversion beamer, which is a great long range weapon, but you have to be a long way away for it to be really effective. Um, the most common uh, out uh, rigging that Michael's seen um, is taking it as a gun platform. And it can take a lot of AP3 weaponry, which we've talked about. Um, so it's excellent to use against Marines and it frees up other units to deal with the tougher stuff. So basically you can use this as an anti-Marine uh, equivalent uh, destructing unit it's hard to get through because of the flare shield and um it's armor 14 so yeah really good the explorator augury way which you mentioned earlier so this is at the start of the controlling player's turn prior to any reserve rolls declare which mode is being used it remains to the next player turn so it's got two modes the first one is disruption mode so the opposing player suffers minus one to their reserve rolls which is very good if you're worried about being an alpha striking um or at least not as so much an alpha striking but a second phase deep striking load of stuff coming in uh, or relay mode uh, where the owning players reserve role may be re-rolled um, whether successful or not so 
this and it, but it does reduce its capacity to eight its transport capacity so it's a bit of a um downside but yeah so it's, just, so it's the same as the marine one that can be taken um with the <coughs> land raider Pro- no phobos yes another one you mean one of the land raiders has got this upgrade it's good it's very good actually because it's um you know a lot of the time you use things like the damocles command rhino to uh give you re-roll reserves and stuff like that so um or at least plus one to reserves i think in Damocles. but that is a that's a pretty good it's quite an expensive upgrade if i remember that it's, it's not cheap is it it's, uh, it's 50, 50 points, points. 50 yeah. Point. yeah so it's you know it's not <clears throat> not like a you know template upgrade you have to think carefully about it um what i've seen this and i've definitely michael's seen this um is using this to transport myrmidons um, and when we've played people who've used the destructors equipped with the radiation engines, as we said, anything that's in their range will just be absolutely annihilated unless <coughs> they're, te- they're terminators or you could try and tank it on an or a um, artistic armored uh, sergeant, for example. But once he's gone, you had it. So, yeah. And um, the other one is using um, them to transport palasts. Oh, I hate palasts. And these are the uh, ones with art rifles. So this is the ones with the haywire, hundreds of haywire shots. Um, a really cheeky tactic that Michael saw was transporting Union Phalanx, which we talked about, who popped out and shot up a squad and then used the jetpack move to jump behind them. Oh, that is cheeky, isn't it? So yeah. basically you can use it as like mobile cover. So you can jump out, shoot some your lightning guns, and then jetpack back in the assault phase in behind the... Um, the Macarid and use that to sort of tank the shots if you like. So, yeah. Um, servo rig. What sort was, of servo rig? <clears throat> so I was just looking through the upgrades for this, and I think this is quite a cool little thing. So this is for 20 points. So incorporating a series of remote manipulators and actuators, the presence of servo rig enables a single model transported to use their Battlesmith special rule and models within three inches of the vehicle's hull while in, on board. Very cool. No yeah. bonuses about Smith yeah. roll or additional apply, uh, but also it's a little extra attack as well. It gives okay. you a three inch sort of shooting, a three inch shooting attack, strength eight, AP two, heavy one. Wow. Well, that's quite useful if you want to keep your tech priest, um, your <clears throat> majos in a yeah, in a nice in the, get him to you know bustle up beside that you know uh, Krios or whatever, yeah. and, and just get him to. Uh, you know, try and repair that, whatever. So that's quite a useful little thing, I think. That is useful, particularly in a reductivist. If you're going <coughs> tank yeah. heavy, um, it doesn't mean you have to keep getting your guy out, getting no, to fix stuff and getting it back in. You can just drive around and fix stuff. Three inches of the vehicle's hull. So if you've got him flanked either side, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you put him, you, you put that in the middle of a group of heavy, uh, of minor tools, for instance, if you wanted to. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could put one up, you know, in like a diamond formation around it that's going to be really useful there are certainly you're an evil man chris i like it um, <laughs> it's 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 the, it's the year of having to deal with list writing from you two i think some of it's like where <laughs> it's, it's really troubling um but yeah i suppose the only problem is then you do expose yourself to you know a barrage weapon but all three of those if you're talking about creoses for example them and this could be upgraded with flare shields and then that come standard, which means that any blast weapons will be minus two strength. So, yeah, that's a, a good choice. Very good. Okay, so the other one, um, do you want to talk through this one, Michael? I think Chris hasn't spoken for a little bit. Oh, <coughs> go on. I'll just, just enjoy my cup of tea. Ah. Um, so now we're getting on to the big, 
big juicy robots. And yeah. this, is, this is the Thanatar. This is the first one that we've we've come across. So they are very expensive. The Thanatar. I mean, all the at this point, all of the big guys. This is the, this is the big monster, monstrously sized thing, isn't it? Huge robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who looks super cool, super super cool. Uh, let me just bring him. There we are. Um, they are toughness eight and they're strength eight. They have a two up save. Um, and Michael has the opinion that they are the sexiest model in the whole Mechanicum army. It's Absolutely. a difficult. That's a difficult argue, uh, argument to dispute. If I'm honest with you. I would, I would dispute that, but we'll come on to that, my reasoning behind that later. <clears throat> Let me guess, is it a tank? No, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has it got a big turret on it? It has no turrets. That's oh, okay. Um, Go it's got the Helex Plasma Mortar, which does instant death against Marines, and they can usually wipe out a squad of Terminators. Yeah. Um, they are tough units, and you can give them paragon of. We can give one paragon of metal, which yep. means they don't have to deal with the program behavior, and yep. they get it will not die and rampage. Um, enhanced targeting array is pretty much a must, I think, for these guys. Is it? Um, I'm just going to say, is it because it, this is using barrage, isn't it, predominantly? Yeah, the Helix is Barrage, Last Blast, Plasma Wave, yeah. Yeah, so giving it enhanced target, I would take its weapon skill from three to five. And so, reduces enemy cover saves by one. In that case, I take it all back. Definitely take <clears throat> enhanced targeting array. Another point to Mr. Wattrell. I think, it, I mean, I kind of agree with Michael for two two reasons. Um. If you've got an sight, you can use that extra blizz skill. That's a, you know taking it off the scatter. Correct. And yeah, if you're reducing cover saves and you're using it with cyberocularis and all that sort of horribleness. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right. The, the minus one cover save, particularly for this unit, is a must because it's going to be trying to winkle out um, opposing units that are probably dug in, and that's where it's really good at. And, Changing that save in cover from a four plus to a five plus is a big difference. Well, and also, so with the plasma wa- plasma wave special rule that the yes. big gun has, successful cover saves against this weapon must be re-rolled. So cover is pretty much negated by this monster. Yeah, pretty. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially when you're doing it. Oh, you think if you got that cyberocularis, that rule. I mean, it basically becomes a slightly weaker version of the Typhon. Yes, I mean, it's the, what's the strength of the weapon? Is it strength? Strength, strength AP2. Yeah, yeah. So it's a nasty piece of work. Basically, you're going to be run, really relying on anything with an inron saver, as it's probably dead. Um, um, it yep. does have more bolt cannon. Yeah. So that okay. can also deal with any sort of little tricky little marines that have survived. Luckily, I've got into a bit too close. <clears throat> exactly. Um, it does have some downsides. Every model does. Uh. It, it's not a fighter. It's a lover, not a fighter. Uh, in melee, it only has two attacks at weapon skill three. So you can, you know, you could tarp it if you want to. Mind you, the rampage rule, doesn't that give you something? Is it plus two attacks, I think, or plus... Oh, I can't remember now. I'll have a quick look while you carry on. Yeah, um, yeah so it can be tarped. It's struggled to kill them. Uh, Michael's got one of his cybernetic army. 
and it always hurts to see a 250 point model die to an instant death weapon it i can i feel your pain entirely on that one yeah when i play when, when i when i face um mechanical lists this is the second highest thing on my target priority list as a rule i think Out, it should be outside, I think of, outside of castellets i think it's it's a real that can really wreck your day particularly with my army if i'm taking my infantry based um Iron Warriors, who all like to hunker down behind an Aegis defence line and shoot people with lance cannons, this thing will absolutely murder them. Let, let's be honest, is that just on bank holidays? Because most of the time you just take your tanks, but that's that's the conversation no, for another time. No, I, I, I have taken my infantry-based thing quite a lot, because people know about the tanks, and <laughs> realise that the actual infantry one is about ten times worse, as Gareth, will, uh, Gareth Wayne will ascertain. That given the choice, you know, uh, an armor breakthrough versus an Iron Warriors infantry list, the Iron Warriors infantry list is infinitely superior. Anyway, Rampage, shall I read it out? Go for it. So at the start of any subphase, models with a Rampage special will gain D3 attacks uh, D3. If, the, if the combat they are in contains more enemy models than friendly models. Okay, so that's basically yep. it. So that's so, yes, so, it. It probably will be around two extra attacks. Yeah, but I suppose if you hit it with something like a Leviathan Dreadnought that had just come out of a drop pod, <clears throat> Leviathan Dreadnought one-on-one is going to murder it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But that's what you—that's what yeah. that thing's going to do, isn't it? I mean, yeah, totally. What can't a Leviathan murder? That's also very true. So, yeah. Um, cool, uh, cool model, good rules, big thing. You can't take it out with bolters, which is a pain. So yeah. toughness 8 basically means it's too tough. So you need strength five and above, so heavy bolters and stuff like that. I suppose the worst case scenario would be to be um, mugged by a load of um, dark angels on jet bikes with acid molecular rounds that happen to roll AP1. That would be that would suck if you just spent all the points on this thing. Anytime yeah. you're mugged by dark angels is always a bad occasion, I tend to think. That is true. Because they that are hoodies. That's basically what they are. They're just, you know. You, you, the delinquents. The, the delinquents. Yeah. They sort of hang around, you know, 7-Eleven and, and, you know, Throw insults and old Coke cans at you. Yeah. <laughs> Making slight, slight, you know, muttered underhand comments. And then laughing. Yeah. As you, as you walk past. You know, exactly. <laughs> Pointing at your trainers, that kind of thing. <laughs> not, that we've, not we've had experience of this at all. <laughs> or the mean streets of Barnum. Ooh. Exactly. Okay. Hoodie I've seen a man get beaten to, almost to death at one point, but that's a conversation I'll tell you all about the other day, maybe. <laughs> Life in provincial Sussex. Anyway, anyway, moving very swiftly on. So, um, all in all, this is another. This is a good choice. I think I, I've ignored these from my list because I don't think they're thematic enough for my liking for Reductor. But if there's any, if there's any model that is thematic for Reductor, it'd probably be this one, just by the neat nature of what Reductor does. Okay. Well, yeah. Absolutely. So, then we've got its snazzy twin brother, haven't we, Michael? Yeah, the, the Fanatar Carax. This, this, um, this one, though, to be fair, this thing, to me, is like the film Twins, whereas the other one is Arnold Schwarzenegger. This one is Danny DeVito, I think, because I don't think it's that great. But prove me wrong, Michael. Prove me wrong. Yeah, it, well, it, it replaces its um, mortar with a strength 10 LAS cannon, and it gets a graviton ram. Uh, which can be used as a, in shooting as a reasonable haywire template weapon or an assault as a strength 10 AP1 armor bane weapon, which is strength D against buildings. It's not brilliant against when, it, you know, when assaulted by infantry again, only got two attacks. 
Um, it's great for dealing with fortifications, yeah. um, but they aren't really that common. Um, yeah, also does fortification as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, it also does pretty well against vehicles, um, shooting that nasty lads cannon, followed by a haywire template, then assaulting them with strength 10 AP1 armor bane. So it, it will destroy most vehicles in one turn, but it's got to get to them. I think it's only got two attacks, though, hasn't it? Rampage again. Two attacks, yeah. Yeah, I think I do genuinely think this is the Danny DeVito to the other ones, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. I just don't think it's you wouldn't take one that one over the other one. I don't think personally because the strength ten is all very well and good. And it, and it, I mean, don't get me wrong, the model itself looks the business. Mm, this um, is the better looking of the two. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> I mean, it looks like it's tooled up for massive destruction. Um, but like you said, that combination of three things then, which you'd need to do, which is to shoot it with a strength ten last cannon, two shots, I think it is. Then you haywire template it, and then you. Only heavy one. The last cannon's only heavy it, one. It never is. Yeah. Yep. So next pan heavy like sixty inches because everyone yeah, needs sixty yeah. inches. Uh, strength ten, <laughs> AP two, heavy one. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's it's great, not great, is it? So I mean, when you think like, better to like twin linked or anything, it's just you know. Yeah. So I, it looks great, but I don't think it will it will work. And that combination that you've talked about there, Michael, which would be against something like a Spartan, say, which is where the strength ten is useful because you can negate the one, the minus one on the. Um, with the flare shield, because everyone's going to have a flare shield on them, um, to give a chance of blowing it up, okay? Because it is AP1, so it could yep. be quite good at taking out um, a spawn, but you just know that you're going to be rolling ones for it to hit roll and stuff like that, so it's just like such an expensive unit for wasting that on. I've, but, I've never seen one in the wild. Christian did have one. Um, I think he used it once and then went back to the big plasma mortal. I can't, I can't, I can see why though, it if I'm choosing a 300 pound giant, a 300 point robot to take, I'm choosing the other one. Yeah. Because although it's not going to be as useful taking out tanks, which I think this one is more designed to do, I just, its overall effectiveness is going to be that little bit less. I would view this. You can't really get it across the board in any pace to go over and punch a Typhon. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only time it's going to be useful is when it's actually hitting something. Yeah. And it can't hit any infantry units because it's going to go last. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's a shame, but it doesn't. I can see where it would fit in the narrative. I.e., this is the sort of thing that you roll out. It would be like the cave troll in Lord of the Rings, really. Yes, that's exactly. You know, you'd have all of the goblins going over the walls and doing damage, and this thing would come in and smash the gates up. That, that I can see. Got the one from uh, <clears throat> the Hobbit, last Hobbit film, where it has a concrete sort of triangle attached to its head and throws itself at the wall. Yes, yeah, that's that just that silly. Sorry, silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> silly business here, carry on. No way, look, carry on. But anyway, other than that, I can't. I mean, I can see where it would fit in that sort of theme. I, you know, bring bring on the big the big lad to tear the that gates off a of fortification. But in reality, to get this across the board, to get you within striking distance of your bunker or your um, you know, whatever fort your um, whatever fortification you've decided on, it'd be it'd be you'd shoot it to death. I think. The problem with this is, is that we don't see many fortifications in heresy. Yes. People don't take them. No. Because they're expensive and they generally don't do a lot. <clears throat> if you were playing a particular mission, you know, if you're looking to do a sort of siege of terror sort of situation, I guess. Yeah. Then you might want to take it. But yeah, we just don't see fortifications on any level that makes it worthwhile. 
No, and that's why I always have the wreck at a special rule against fortifications because it's completely yeah. useless. There are other rules, fine. So yeah, um, all in all, given the choice, no. Yeah. Okay, so next out the bag is a really interesting section. Uh, this must again, have made you giddy with joy. It, it literally did. I've got to be honest with you. The first time I saw this, I was like, "What? Why have no? Why have I been blinded?" By my, you know, by my hatred of Mechanicum to give this army list a chance because this this is an artilleryman's manner from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what you can do with this, right? I'll basically get this um, template, which is I think uh, twelve ten ten kind of chassis, so a bit like a Chimera, yeah. And yep. you can pretty much then go to town and build whatever the hell you want on it because you can just put all of the guns in the universe. Um, as you see fit. So this is a really good, cool thing, I think. So here's what you can do. So the art, the, the tank template itself is, as mentioned, mystic skill four, so good. Uh, fronts ten, armor, armor side is ten. Sorry, front twelve, side and rear are both ten. And there's three hole points. So like I say, Chimera style ish chassis. And then you can put whatever gun you want on it. And here's the list of the things you can do. Yeah, it comes based with a whirlwind, doesn't it? Yeah, which nobody in their right mind would ever use anyway. <laughs> no one in their right mind. No, ignore it out of. You know, you might as well say it hasn't got any guns, you've got to put them on. I've never seen a whirlwind used, actually. Has anybody ever seen a normal whirlwind used? Not in heresy. That's what uh, I mean. Normal heresy. Not, oh, what should I think? No, I've probably seen the other one, the Scorpius. Scorpius is a different kettle of fish. Yeah, I honestly can't think I have, no. Okay. So here's what you can do. Demolish a cannon. So strength 10, 20 inch range, uh, blast, large blast template. Great. You basically turn it into a vindicator. You can give it a quad last cannon for 15 point, 15 points, I tell you, turning it into the vindicator with the last cannon array. Kind of. Um, I know quad last cannon, sorry, is the one that you get on the side sponsors. Yeah, the side of, sponsors of, of Spartans. Spartans yeah. yeah, not the other one. Um, dual melter cannon. Interesting. So basically, I don't know what dual melt cannon is. I'll just read the stats out because that's what I don't know about. I will find it if I can. Oh, I've got it. It's on the page. So this is um, heavy heavy one blast, three inch blast melter, twin linked, strength eight AP one. So you know quite a good anti tank thing. Um, <clears throat> Earthshaker cannon, the classic um, from the basilisk. Uh, Medusa cannon, which uh, again another classic from your artillery range. Uh, this one get, does get access to both normal shells and phosphate shells, which normally you only get access to phosphate shells if you take a siege breaker. And the bomb that I love the most, the Mars Colossus Bombard. So most people should be familiar with pretty much all of those. The Mars Colossus Bombard, though, is a bit of a rarity. So I shall read out its rules for our beloved listeners. So this is a real classic piece of destruction. So it's got a minimum 12, maximum 72 inch range. Strength 7, AP3, Ordnance 1, Barrage, of course. So far, so ordinary. Massive blast. This is the 7-inch blast we're talking about. Uh, concussive and pinning. So an absolute marine shredder with a big old blast template as well. So I was quite enamoured with this, if I must say. Great. And also the model is spectacularly good. So um, the dual metal cannon, there is no model for. You'd have to kind of kit bash that one. The quad las cannon, yeah, people use the laser indicator because that's a reasonable approximation. Um, they can also take, as well as the weapons, you can take machine spirits, um, uh, blessed auto silmaculus to give them the um, it will not die rather, 
armor six plus and you can upgrade them to av13 on the front armor making them you know marine equivalents what a great thing so um lots of really cool things they can come in squadrons of one two three for auto reductor and of course if you had four heavy support choices you could take 12 of these bad boys if you really want to wreck someone's day don't do that people you're but anyway (laughs) that's the that's the other friend shredder isn't it that's you know don't spam units. It's 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 not big or clever. The, the other thing about this particular unit is that this. Don't say that. You haven't seen my list yet. Yeah, true. Um, this came up when we looked at the scout lists. So if you recall, uh, if you listened really to the show, the Games Workshop rules for their sort of Centurion-esque uh, sort of skirmish level um, heresy games was this scout force, and differing from the Centurion, where no tanks at all are allowed, they allowed tanks. But the maximum armor value, I think, was 33 or 32. Yeah, 33. Yeah. So 33. So you can't take. Um, can you take? I think. Don't think you could take predators, could you? Because they're 13, 11, 10. So that yeah, was it, was, it, was, it was Rhino chassis, wasn't it? Basically. Yeah. But you could take these. No bother. So you could take um, 12, 10, 10, 32. Give yourself, uh, you know, a helping hand with three demolisher cannons for. The princely sum of a 95 points each. Bargain. Right there, my friends. Absolute bargain. And you wonder why I get so upset with Mechanicum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a great addition. And like I say, all the models are there. The co- I really like, if you get a chance, have a look at the uh, Colossus Bombard if you're not familiar with it, because I think it's an absolutely great piece. And it's that has that old school forge drive look to it, if you ask me. So yeah, this is the meat and this is really the one of the great advantages of Reductor, in my opinion. So, I think that's a good heavy sport choice. What about you guys? Yeah, I like I, I like it. Um, I, yeah, I think the the bombard is probably the wiser of the choices. It does get, it does think, get a bit. It does get quite pricey, mind you. Yeah, I mean, demolished cannons are never to be sniffed at, though. Let's be honest. I think for ninety-five points, so a squad of three of these, if you gave it no other upgrades, for what was that? Two eighty-five for three. Um, uh, let me just. Yeah, for three demolisher cannons. Whereas that would be, I think, another forty, fifty points on top of that if you were using vindicators. Although uh, the armor is slightly there. For me, yeah. it depends on the role you want them to do. Like if you've got a, um, um, you know, a forward operating um, list, you know, something you want to push forward, then the. Um, then the demolishers would be great if it's if you want them to fulfill a sort of um, keeping your uh, a, an area of objectives clear um, because you, you're going to be there. Maybe Medusas. Yeah. To give you another, another another interesting upgrade here, these guys get machine spirits for plus 10 points per model. The machine spirits for Marines is plus 20 points per model, at least, I think. So if you want to give your um your normal three squadron vindicators machine spirit, it's twenty points. These guys get it for ten. Now, not unsurprisingly, being as you know the Mechanicum kind of makes machine spirits. Yeah, it's what they do. So um you know you can see why, but they do become incredibly effective quite quickly. So yeah, one of the I haven't seen it. I'm surprised how few reducto lists there are. But anyway, go on. So I well, think, it's, a, it's a niche within a niche. Yeah, I see what you mean. And it's expensive, so as we find out later. So all in all, I think, you know, 
it's a good buy this you know in terms of units you can definitely you know, fill out your units and you could go down the plastic route if you want to go indicators quite cheaply okay yeah definitely. nice so the Minotaur, Chris. <clears throat> the Minotaur. Another, another a very unique unit to Reductor. Absolutely. This is an awesome thing as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, so Reductor get it without having to take it as a super heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can take four of them to form four. a battery. Wow. But they are 205, 215 points, 205 points each, something like that. Um, uh, da, 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 da. It has auto simula- in Oh, I can never pronounce this word. Auto simulacra uh, extra quick, arm. Quick point. I think you're going to take three unless I'm read, reading it wrong. Yes, you can take three. Three. Oh, sorry. Apologise. That's okay. Yes, yeah, so one order reduction. Another two, just in case. You know, we we'll go for accuracy. No fake news here. Okay. <laughs> new year, so new us. Um, <laughs> so it can and. Because of the Matrix of Ruin, it mm. can score in the opponent's half. Yes. Um, we didn't mention that, did we, actually, thinking about it? What's that? Yes, we did. We, we covered the, the, the special rule. Yeah. Okay. You were just nodded off by that point by the sounds it, of it. It is the morning. <clears throat> Shh. Um, <laughs> so, Autosimulacra, uh, that word that I can't pronounce, apparently. Yes. Uh, extra armor. Ballistic skill four. Yeah. Um, uh, ability to change a battery. And being 70 points cheaper, it's better than it was when you look at the rules from Imperial Armour. Yeah. Uh, which I can't remember which one it was in. It would be um, one of the crazy ones. Yeah. Was it yeah, the yeah. Imperial Guard one? Probably. Yeah. Um, it has a rear-facing flare shield, which really confused me when I was sort of reading it. Me and too. I, and me then too. I looked at the model and I was like, ah, now I understand. Um, so it's effectively Armour 14 at the back, but it's... Oh, it's front, it's 13, side 12, so armor 14 at the back. Um, it's always going to be backing up. Uh, but in assault, it hits on its side. Yeah, when you attack it, you're always hitting its weakest, which is the, the side, which is armor 12. Um, it has a 24-inch blind zone in front of it. So you've got that minimum range to always think about um, when you're firing this. It can take armored ceramite and a pintle-mounted a plasma fusil. And the anaerobic claw, which can hit melee attackers at initiative ten, with strength five, AP four, rending hits, uh, striking all units within one inch. I want one of these. I just looked at the model again. Yeah, and it's it awesome, must, isn't it? it, it can and keep... it's out of stock at the minute. Oh, damn it! Why is it whenever I bought them all the other day when I looked at the list, I was like, yeah, <laughs> splurge my money on these. Why is it whenever I've got a few quid, everything's out of stock? Um, I, I mean, it's yeah. Just to, for those of you, you definitely need to look at the model as to why it's sort of got a rear facing because it totally yeah. confused the hell out of me. And now looking at it, it makes absolute sense. So give it a look. Yeah, it's just what, yeah. You just think, why is it rear? Why? Why would it be? Yeah. And then yeah, but you have to really look at the model and just uh, the, the guns basically face backwards. So that's yeah, which makes sense. Mm, absolutely, yeah, it was just, yeah, completely, completely threw me. Mm-hmm. Um. I think this is a pretty cool tank, generally. I think, I think it's got a lot of things going for it. I mean, what's so this? 24 I mean, inches minimum range, maximum range is 35 million feet. Yes. Uh, from here to the sun, basically, because yes. that's always going to happen. Strength nine, AP three, ordnance one. It's the seven inch massive blast. It's barrage, and it's twin linked. 
I think this looks better than it actually is in terms of rules. Okay, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. The model looks spectacular, but the Earth, the dual Earthshaker cannon, yeah, it's not all that. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Cause you think against if you're saying long range to take out enemy armor. This is this would be good. As, so let's say, for example, you've got you're facing somebody else's uh, artillery, so some Medusa battery or something like that, or a you know, um, or yeah, not just the tank Medusa battery, but the cults of militia Medusa battery. You can out you can outrange it, kinda. Um, yeah. Actually, not the cults of militia one because it's got four change range, but you certainly could outrange the tank versions. So I could see it being useful as a sort of anti-artillery piece, but you could do the same thing. If I'm honest. Um, with two things from the artillery barrage and just put Earthshaker cannons on just as full. doesn't look as good, don't get me wrong. The, rule of call, this is the awesome. thing with, because but the normal Earthshaker cannon just uses the blast, the, the five-inch blast marker. That is also true. This has got the seven-inch blast marker. And so, it's twin-linked. Yeah, and right. it's twin-linked. Um, and again, if you combine it with the other things that this army can do, because you've got the barrage rule, but if you're combining it with Cyberocularis, you're taking that line of sight from a you know, Cyberocularis or from the chap. Uh-huh. So, you know, if you position them correctly, and I would, if I was doing using them, I'd probably put one in each corner of sure. my objective, of, of my deployment line. Okay. And it <clears throat> goes from that, there, basically. Does that, does that there's another couple of <clears throat> little tweaks to be aware of. The first thing is the, these earth shakers can never be fired directly. So that means you would always scatter the full amount. Um, actually, that no, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. I mean, what, when you fire directly with uh, barrage weapons, it means you can ignore the minimum range, I think. So basically, you don't have to worry about the fact it's got a 24-inch gap in yeah. front of it, whereas this would always have that 24-inch gap. So I yeah. think, as, as mentioned, you deep strike something in front of it, and you can just sort of wave at it before you destroy it. But I think it has got five hardpoints as well, which does make it a bit more survivable. Yeah, I mean, but what are the chances are that you're going to put this somewhere where you've got nothing in front of it? Yeah. I mean, I mean how, bit, how often do you deploy a, a gun line? Yeah. Rule of cool. And have two right. foot in front of you where there's nothing. Yeah, you're right. Um, rule of cool, absolutely. Um, fantastic, really great. I think it would be better in on a bigger table because then its range would really come in and you could start hitting things yeah. where it could hit you. If you're playing the um, lengthways table configuration, yeah. which we've seen a few times in the last year, um, I think at that at that point it becomes pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just thinking about our final game that we did at County of Legends in September, where it was one side had to attack the other on the length of the table. Yes. I mean, this would be devastating at that point. True enough. Okay. Right then. So I think it's a bit of a fifth, bit of a Marmite one insofar as its effectiveness on the battlefield, but as a model of coolness, you're, you're going to struggle to get a better one than this. Yeah. It epitomises everything in, you know, it, it's got that old school uh, kind of World War One look, but it's also got some sort of modern touches. So yeah, nice. I think it's pretty cool. But that, those are all of the the, the units that are yes. originally available for a doctor. I think there's some really cool stuff in there. I think you can make a very good army list from that. No Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just remember, there are other options available to yeah. Reductor. Um, of course, two of these, the Artillery and the Earthshaker, are only available to Reductor. Yeah. yeah. Still all the other mechanics. Oh, and the Major's Reductor. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
So um, how on earth do you put these things together and paint them, Michael? Uh, okay, well, you've got the... Well, if we go into our crap modelers guide... Yes. Um, <laughs> Sounds like uh, we've got a book somewhere with that as a title. Oh, page yeah. 74 of the crap modelers guide. Here we go. Maybe that could be um, on publication. <laughs> yeah, so... The, the big things to, to counteract, to, to, to consider here are that Forgeworld discontinued their model for the Magus Dominus, um, but you've still got a few options to make a Magus Reductor. Um, you've got the Magus Macrotech Engesia and Servo Automata, and of course you can use the Servo Automata as your Cyber uh, Ocularis. Yes, that's what I was thinking, actually. That is quite cool. Yeah, so although it's, uh, you know, it's not the most uh, imposing model, if you want to, to, to use this as your warlord. Um, but that's cool. Um, you've also got the Archmagos uh, model, uh, which can also do Archmagos uh, Dreavac, uh, Dreykavac, uh, which is a, uh, and it has got the Abeyant, and oh, is yeah, a yeah, very yeah. nice uh, imposing model. Um, that, that is perfect, I think, for a warlord. Yep. Um, if, if you want to do that. Um, it's very cool. Um, nicely painted i like that color scheme as well oh yeah yeah the, the, the. there's also shock horror a 40k model belisarius call yeah who sure would use him who would use him <laughs> um who is obviously a nice big model um i actually really like the belisarius call model uh i love painting yeah. it myself um but obviously that is an option for you you can use that as a suitable a suitable hq choice um and then finally there's the tech priest dominus uh from uh games workshop uh the 22 pound one um although you can get them for 20 pounds if you buy the kill team commanders upgrade pack for the mechanicum so you can actually get them a lot cheaper okay um it's quite a cool yeah, model quite like him yeah yeah he's a nice model uh i think I, I had a spare one because i got two forge bane boxes for the armagers and i already had one um so i ended up so i painted another one with the alternative weapon options and i was like well i've got a spare i don't need him so sent him to chris yes yeah chris is gonna harvest it for bits he is he is gonna be harvested in the true mechanicum style exactly yeah yeah so that's your that's your modeling options for that one uh painting wise there aren't a massive amount of painting guys that i think we could really sort of uh, mention okay. at the minute there, there, there were a couple of how to paint books for the adeptus mechanicus uh with loads of uh, transferable guides but you can't buy these anymore sadly even in electronic form but if you can get them on ebay uh, or other trading sites they were called crusaders of the machine god and legions of the Omnisutter. okay uh, there are a couple of videos out there um that i'm going to put up uh, we've got how to paint belisaius call um and how to do colors for riser okay so a couple of a couple not, of not many there. though when you compare it to sort of the, the space marine stuff well no i suppose mechanicum uh, is a lot less and these are mostly this is a mostly vehicle army so yeah fair enough it's a bit different so yeah. anyway, so shall we head into our list challenge? Let's do this. This is going to be a, a, a monster. In this section, uh, we now take all our newfound knowledge about the Mechanicum and, um, 
and the reductor lists and try to uh, get a list each that uh, meets our very stringent and strict criteria. So whenever we do these challenges, we have three very uh, distinct criteria. The first one is, did this list, according to the three of us, did the other person's lists meet the objective, which is to create a list that best describes and is thematic enough for that particular army or scenario? Uh, the second thing is how effective would this list be if you had it in terms of fighting general games or fighting playing general games uh, at an event, for example? How you know, would it be good? Would it be bad? Would it be too much? Would it be too not enough? That kind of thing. And the last thing is how much it would actually cost you to buy this army list today. So without further ado, first out the blocks, rearing to go uh, is Chris's auto reductor list. So let's have it, my friend. Right, and I've just completely closed the link that I wanted, so that's okay. massively useful. Good shout. Two and a, there we go. That's the one. Just, uh, just to say, we, we are we, we will also be throwing critical analysis at each other's lists. But is that, is that what we call it? <laughs> that's what we call it. Yes. Right, <laughs> my archmajor, my major's reductor. Yes. He is okay. So he comes in at a very pricely three hundred and five. Of your shiniest gold points. That is a, a huge point cost, but go on, tell us what he's got. So he he is all of all of the tricks. <laughs> so he's got an architect pistol. Okay. All grease. Uh, let's go through his weapon. Let's do it breakdown by breakdown. Okay. That's the easiest way of doing it. Yes. So uh, he has an architect pistol. Yes. A graviton imploder. Phase plasma fusil. What? And a power fist. Blimey. Uh, he's got an augury scanner. Yeah. Cortex controller. Yes. Cyber familiar. Yes. And he should have two cyber ocularis as well. Okay. Very good. I think I may have just made a slight adjustment after I set this list in. Okay. Once I'd actually read their rules properly. Um, <laughs> but yes. Gin skin. Jinskin, of course. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And rad grenades you have here. Is that still the case? That's yeah. So he's an absolute monster, but that's a lot of points. Like, yeah. So how many? He's got three guns. Uh, Graviton played a phase plasma fusion. You can exchange your. So you can take two additional options basically, and you can exchange your weapons. Okay, fair enough. So that's why. Crazy. Okay, cool. That's a monster. Okay, so troops. So troops, I've got two Thalanx squads. Yes, compulsory uh, choices. Yep, heavy chain blade, six uh, with heavy chain blades, uh, one with a plasma phase fusil, and one with a photon thruster. And they are taking the destructor special rule, and they've got melter bombs. Am I missing a trick? Heavy, heavy chain blades, they plus one strength, but you don't get two attacks. Is that right? Uh, you ask a question and now I cannot remember the heavy chain blade plus two strength AP4 melee two handed. Right, so yeah, I can see why they'd be very good with the phallus. Then. Yeah, cool. Uh, so two squads of those identical. Yep, I have three Castellax, <sighs> all with dark fire cannons. Of course, why would you leave home without them? Enhanced targeting arrays and improvisers. Wow, is... we will cover in the next show. Yep. Yeah. I, I was, I was, uh, I was going from all of the tricks. Hopefully, we'll cover them in a very flammable sub thing and set fire to them. But yes, go on. 
<laughs> outrageous. Um, and the reason I'm taking those basically is because they would rock up with the Majos Reductor as one ridiculously pointed 700 <laughs> points of destruction. Oof, that's uh, yeah, fair enough. Can he join? Because he can. I never got you guys may know. I always it always confuses me. Can they join the Castellax as a like a squad? They can, can't they? I'm, I'm sure people have done that before. Do you need some special rule to be able to do that? Uh, da, 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 da. Is it not the Cortex controller? I can never remember. No. Anyway, Michael. Um, but I'm sure they can. We'll cover it probably better off in the next show anyway. Yeah, yeah. once you get onto the cyber Real desk. robots. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, those are my three troop choices. Very cool. Um, my no fast attack choices. Okay. My heavy support, two Creos Venators. Yes. Because they are fantastic. They are just all the fun. They're brilliant. They absolutely are. Just That's four ordnance shots. Per, per gun. Per, per gun. Yeah. Strength man, AP2. Oh, just, yeah. Thing of beauty. See, uh, you know, anything pretty much, you know, they'll, they'll take most things off between the two of them. Um, but the idea of having them separately as opposed to a squadron is that if I need to target different things, I can target different things. Yep. Plus, you, yeah, they can also, I suppose that doesn't matter. And um, they would still get a victory point for getting into an opponent zone or getting near an objective. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. And then I've gone for two individual minotaurs. Rule of cool. Rule, because, <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain what my, my final. My final controversial uh, selection is. Go on. I, for my Lord of War choice, yes. I have taken two Macarius Vanquishers. Hold on a moment. Isn't that Space Marines shenanigans? Well, I can take them in. No, it's Militarum. Yeah. But they do appear in the Engines of Destruction. Okay. Uh, the thing with the Macarius is it's technically a 40k model people do use them though but i think in this army you can get away with it more because their whole idea is to find ways to destroy things and they would go oh what was this tank that does this okay um the reason i took these is because they've got the two options of fire yeah um so pretty much yeah they can them and the minotaurs are all doing massive blast weapons yes and the thing with the, the Macarius does that the uh, Minotaur doesn't is that it doesn't have a minimum range. True. Um, so that's basically they're filling in the gaps. They can destroy tanks. They can destroy infantry. So my idea basically is turn one, I'm going to put all of the blast templates down. Yes. And just go from there. Okay. So the Macarius um, is a tough cookie to get through for sure. Six half points each. Yep. Um, I think the, it's got two. It's a bit like a mini Fellblade gun that it's got on it. It's Vanquisher cannon thing, so it's yeah. not bad. It's, so it's strength. Uh, so it's got yeah, its main battle cannon armor piercing is strength strength eight AP two twin linked armor bane. Yes. And then it's got its normal battle cannon blast, which is strength eight AP three ordnance one massive blast. Yes, absolutely. So a marine shredder. Plus you can use it like you say for a bit of anti tank shenanigans as well. So yeah, exactly. Not bad. Okay, that was adequate. But that is yeah, that is my my list that rocks in 
So okay. around 3,000 points. So we'll come on to the scoring after we've done them all. So uh, mine, so I, I actually used um, Caleb Decima uh, with a Simon Familia because I'm not kind of expecting too much from my HQ in this particular army. So it's not an essential aspect of it. Looking back now on what we've talked through, I think I might have been better off not using him, using a very cheap Magos and just having the um, whatever the, the little fellas going around causing bother, you know, the cybernetica, whatever they're called, Oculus things. So anyway, we are where we are. That's the list I put in. Um, in terms of troops, I have got uh, two lots of phallics. Um They are six man, six robot man things, uh, phallics. So yeah, um, I told you the six man was the way to go. Six man's the way to go. <laughs> They've both got uh, phase plasma fusels and Again, I've given them a destructor one. I think probably I argued much away against this uh, in um, the actual show notes. But the thing about Mechanicum I found is, although I do berate them quite a lot, you have to be very careful with your points because it soon rocks up really quickly. Uh, and you end up, you know, in a 3,000 point army thinking, where on earth did that all go? So, yeah, I've tried to keep the, the, the cost down. But, yeah, the, the, phas- the phase plasma fusion was a great gun. Um, with Tank Hunter as well, you know, it could be dealing with um, Dreadnoughts, that kind of thing. Um, the smaller, uh, less crazy uh, armoured vehicles with flesh. And, so it's, and then with their movement as well, they're pretty good. So, But yeah, ultimately, these would be what I would use to either get into an area, which is scoring, or to get onto objectives, which are scoring. And, you know, that would be their main focus. Nothing else, really. Um, I've gone for a uh, Crusade Fleet Avenger Strike Fighter because I think you need some anti-aircraft, and that this is quite as good as that. Uh, it's got with two Kraken Penetrator missiles, which are also a very good um, anti-tank thing if you need it, i.e. the Armour Bane uh, missile. So, but mainly that's going to be there just for shooting up, down other uh, flyers where possible. Um, and then I've gone straight onto the heavy support, which is obviously my favourite section. So I really rate the Krios uh, battle tank, particularly with the scoring I, I- option. And just to be sure, clear, you've done Matrix of... Um, Matrix of... This is Matrix of... Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So um, I've gone for the Krios Battle Tank Squadron. I think the Krios is an excellent tank for 150 points each. Um, the Vela to, to Tank Destroyer versions. So that is, as Chris mentioned, the uh, full shot strength line. I think it's only AP4, so it's not going to be shredding um, Terminators anytime soon, but that's not what it's all about. Ordnance Weapon. They got they come with Flare Shields. They're Armour 13. Um, you know, they're a really good tank. Again, with the Matrix of Ruin and, and the Auto Reductor Special Rules, you know, you can get them to be scoring and they would be quite good at scoring as well, I think. So uh, I'm just going to check to see. I've got this nagging doubt in my mind that they're fast. We're um, trying the Krios. The Krios. I'm just having a look it now. can re-roll difficult terrain tests. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's not. Uh, it, no, it is fast. It's a vehicle uh, tank fast. So, so it can move 12 and fire its main gun. No bother. So, again, that's also particularly useful for um, getting into... Uh, why would they put it on the same page? Uh, two seconds, guys. Sorry about this. Anyway, we'll come back to that. It's a, I think it's a great tank. I think it would be a particularly good tank as its survival because I think it comes with a built-in flare shield. Uh, so it takes... It does, yeah. Um, yeah, all in all, a great choice for any army, I think. So, Did you say you didn't think it was AP4 because it's AP2? Oh, is it? Why did I think that? It's oh, it's the AP2, so ordnance for. Ah, well, there you go. And the normal Venator is AP3. 
That's that's what I'm thinking of. That's yeah. the lightning gun. Yeah. yeah. So the normal lightning cannon rather is Shank seven AP three. Yeah. So the yeah. the Venator is as Venators always are, tank killers. And that is yeah, strength nine AP two. So it it will shred terminators. Got you. Alright, cool. So yeah, take it all back. But anyway, a great tank, four hundred and fifty points for three of these is a bargain, I think. So definitely worth doing. Um the other heavy support choice, so I've gone for two lots of artillery back artillery tank batteries so uh, i've gone for three medusas um why wouldn't you uh really good again um medusas are good at closer range they're also scary because they double out things quite a lot like custodies and they give people something to think about uh, in terms of a unit that can actually you know, really wreck your day so they're always a good unit for pushing people back or giving people something to think about you can't ignore them that's the problem with them with a medusa they're too strong now in reality, though, I find three of them can be a bit hit and miss because you're using the barrage, the multiple barrage rule, which means you fire once and then the other two big templates scatter around the first template. And if you think about it, that does give you, you know, you're kind of looking at 10 inches, but it could mean that one of them lands with just a little bit clipping a couple of guys. The second dice you roll pushes, flips the um, template, you know, 90 degrees in the wrong direction. It's doing nothing. So and the thing just, with the juicer, and you're saying about custodes, is because it's got the barrage special rule, you're rolling 3d6 to scatter. Yeah, exactly. So you are you know, asking asking a bit, assuming that. But, you know, in terms of actually taking out things like opponents, phalanx, they're absolutely great. Um, the other one, the second one that I've gone for is for another artillery battery unit, but this one using the Colossuses, or Colossi, whatever you want to call them. So I've got two of them because they're quite pricey, um, but I think they're a really great unit. Um, like I say, the massive blast seven inch blast um quite high strength quite high ap or low ap really really good again a unit that you probably can't ignore or at least if you do ignore it do so at your peril because it will probably come and bite you so they will put down some serious firepower um and finally i've gone for just a single uh, order reductor minotaur to sort of keep with the general theme of a big uh, artillery based unit that's rocking up to cause damage which the final uh, piece in the jigsaw for utter destruction, I have gone for a very unique unit, which is the Ordinatus Minoris Macro Engine Sagata, whatever it is. So this is a huge amount of points, absolutely huge. 700 points of crazy. That's only 50 points cheaper than a war, Warhound, isn't it? It is. So this thing is mental. All right? I've played against one, and it's to be honest with you, it's not actually that all that effective. It's got a 7-inch... Um, blast D blast weapon, um, which you think, oh my goodness, that's absolutely horrific. It's going to murder everything. The, re- the reality is, this thing can fire that six times in the game. And yes, it's a seven inch blast template, but it's still a, a, a D weapon. You you are looking to get lucky with it, and it's got an equal chance of, you know, removing units without a save as it has of actually doing nothing. So, just quick, are we talking about the same? Because yeah. I've got the Sagittarius time in front of me. And that's got the volcano cannon. Yes, that's the one. So it's a apocalyptic blast. Oh, sorry, ten inch blast. So it's the full on strength ten. So yes. strength D AP one. That's right. Apocalyptic blast machine destroyer. Yes. Yes. So I mean, this thing is almost indestructible, by the way. Uh, it's got a, an enhanced flare shield, which goes, which I think starts off at like minus three to all shooting or to all um, AP at the start of the game, and it affects its front and side. So. You know, you can't even shoot it with last cannons or even strength 10 stuff at the beginning of a game. 
um, because it's you know it's it's, it's heavily armoured. So it's almost indestructible. It's got a horrific number of hull points. I think it's got 12 hull points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and But the problem is, the single biggest problem is it's such a big model, it's really hard to manoeuvre it, to get it into any kind of shooting. And if you've got a fast army, it'll just run rings around you because <coughs> you can't, it's not a turret, so it hasn't got the luxury of being able to sort of spin around and shoot things. So you have to look and try and line it up each, each shot. And again, although it's a 10-inch blast with D, that's quite difficult. But in terms of theme, I think it absolutely oh, yeah. fits um, in with a reductor list. I.e., This is what you call on if you want to break the biggest and most um, impregnable of fortresses. This the, is exactly what you would turn up with. Just quickly going back to the flare shield. So the flare shield does weaken over, over the it's, game. It, it does, so it's yes. Not, it's not minus three at the start. It goes it's minus three turn one, minus two turn two, yes. minus one. Uh, beyond that point yeah but if you think about it minus three on a flare shield um oh yeah yeah but it's only, it's not know, it's not for the duration of the game it's only turn. No, I, I think i might i think it does get weaker but anyway um yeah it's just for turn one but turn two but by turn three it does you know become a normal flare shield but that means it's going to be a, this thing's got a horrific number of hole points yeah um, 14 isn't it so. it's just absolutely crazy um let me just try and get the I think that's it. Is it the macro engine? So page. It's the yeah, Minoris macro engine, yeah. 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 So it's four, fourteen hull points. Uh, armor fourteen. Uh, yeah. at the front. So yeah, so no, I've, 13, I, 30. Has anybody ever come up, get, uh, up against one of these? No, uh, I've, never, I've never seen yes, one. Once. Yeah. Uh, Christians. So yeah, those Christians. I actually faced one of these in. I think it was one of the. It was either a Blood and Glory event, or it might have been. Yeah, it might have been Blood and Glory, actually. One of the Blood and Glories, or possibly even London Heresy. Um, again, and what I found was you just ignore it, because you just can't do anything about it, so it's pointless. Even you know, You're know, never going to get through 14 hole points with that flare shield in front of it, unless you're kind of deep-striking something in, and you're on it in turn two. In terms of out-shooting it, you can't. You can't blow up a shooting, really, effectively. And it's just an absolute monster when it comes to shooting, but it's very situational and very lucky, because... Like I said, there's an equal chance. People get really, uh, I don't know. Would I rather face a 10-inch um, strength 10 AP1 blast, okay, with yeah. something, or would I rather face a strength 10 D blast? I'm not sure which one I would want. I mean, if you've just got normal Marines, it, it's 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 neither here nor there. I kind of yeah. suppose in terms of hull point damage, yeah, maybe um, you might get lucky, but... The, the fact that you can roll a one mean would mean nothing would happen. The fact that you roll a six, of course, it means lots of things happen. But, I suppose yeah. you're using this to take out other big things. Yeah, absolutely. You so know, you're, in, not, you're not using this to to take out, you know, tactical squad number two on the sitting on the objective. You're going to use this to take out, you know, the the fell blade sitting in the corner. Yeah. Or you know, the Warhound loitering yeah. on its are, landing pad. Yeah. There are a lot cheaper ways of doing it, but in terms of how this model looks and what it means in terms of the theme of the army, I think it absolutely fits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, the problem is you've got 45 degrees on the front of that arc to actually find what you're shooting. And if you're clever and you can manoeuvre your army quick enough, you can probably get out half your army at least out of range of it, or at least out of a firing arc of it without too much bother. So, yeah, that is me. Just I think if it has any rules for like moving 
through terrain or anything. But... Well, because it's super heavy, it ignores terrain. So it'll yeah, just, of course, yes, that's it. So it'll just you know, bulldoze anything in front of it, but it does mean you've got to keep moving it about. And oh, yeah. like I said, it's like having a... Same with all the volcano cannons, really. None of them are on turrets, so they're quite hard to line up. I suppose the worst thing you could do... I mean, this thing's worst nightmare is a squad of Terminators with power fists, isn't it? Yeah, basically, oh. turn one, you come in with a Dreadclaw drop pod. Turn two, you, you get a lot of guys out with chain fists. Yeah. And, you know, they're probably going to mince it up a bit. You may need two turns to get through all of the hole points, but... But that's, that's still better than having to suffer. Yeah, I mean, I suppose with chain fists, though, I mean, like I said, strength, be strength eight, um, armor bane. They're still going to get, I mean, it's rear armor 13, so you still need fives. But with two dice, there's a good chance of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to murder it. So you'd have to protect it normally. So you're probably going to flank it with a load of um, Securitari or whatever they are in a normal game. But because it's specific to this um, list and to this army, I've decided that it's, this is an army that you call on to, to, to basically annihilate whatever's in front of you. And that, yeah. that fits that totally. Perfect. That's me. Cool. Michael. Uh, Right, Michael, let's let's see what horrors you've got to unleash upon Oh, us. goodness me, I'm dreading this. This is going to be some horrific nightmare list of utter evil. It's it's. I don't think it's that bad, but what I did <laughs> yeah. try to do was... That's rest- what he always says. What I did try to do was restrict myself as much as possible to um, units that we discussed today. Um, you know, yeah. that was just my personal thing. Um, and what I started with was a Magus Dominus. Um, I put him on an Abayant and I've given him an Augury Scanner, a Machinator Array. Uh, I've mastercrafted um, a, a weapon, um, his uh, um, Machinator Array, that is, uh, a Power Axe, a Rad a Rad Cleanser, and a Volkite Serpenta. Okay. So he's a reasonably tooled up Majus uh, Dominus. What does, because uh, we haven't mentioned it, what's the. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, so apologies. What does the Machinator array do again? Oh, it gives a belter gun, a flamer, and a power fist, basically. So it's a servo arm as well. Yeah, so it's like the servo harness that you used to get in 7th edition um, 40k, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a slightly different name. And you can fire two of the weapons off it, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Very cool. Sorry about that. Please. Uh, and then I've gone with a Magus Reductor who is uh, tooled out for ranged combat. Uh, he's an expensive one, even more expensive than Chris's. Um, uh, they so said it couldn't be done. Uh, 520 <laughs> points. What? <sighs> yeah, well, I'll explain. What... He's got an Abayent, uh, he's an Arch Magus Reductor, Augury Scanner, Conversion Beamer, Cortex Controller, Cyber Familiar, Cyber Oculus. Uh, just a single cyber oculus, uh, a gin skein, um, a lucifex, which comes standard. He's master crafted his uh, his, his uh, conversion beamer. He's got a proton thruster and a power axe, which comes as standard. But he's also got a squad of silax guardian automator, yes. um, with a plasma gun. Okay. And they're a squad of little little squiddy robots. Yes. Uh, you know, like like from the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. Yep. That just hang around um, him and give him and, and guard him. Okay, that is horrific. 
So did you just tick every option you possibly could there, Michael? Uh, <laughs> just going down battle scroll going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, select all. There we go. <laughs> well, I wanted him to hang out with a particular part of my army to sort of um, give it a bit more oomph. Okay. Do we think that, because um, this is tempting, isn't it? Because you, like I say, we put everything on them. And I think James was saying that may not be the best way. So we'll come on to that later. But just to, I'll just read out the full rules, actually. The Machinator is slightly better than we've mentioned. So is it OK if I just quickly read that out for everybody? Sure, go ahead. So the Machinator Array adds plus one to the user's toughness as well and provides the Night Vision special rule. And as mentioned, it also incorporates a Flamer and an Inferno pistol. So you've got a pistol as well, haven't you? A, a um, Volkite Serpento or something, I think you said. Yep. So would you get the pistol the pistol rule? Yeah, we can fire both of them. Anyway, um, Flamer and Inferno Pistol, and a user can either opt to fire both of those weapons in the shooting phase or one of them and another ranged weapon the model is carrying. Okay. Uh, the model with the Battlesmith Special Rule may add plus two to their repair rolls uh, if they're equipped with a Machinator Array. And a model equipped with a Machinator Array may make two additional attacks per turn in close combat, as well as any they would normally be eligible to make. This is done using the profile below, so it's using the Machinator Array's attacks, which is two attacks, plus one to your strength, AP2, melee, unwieldy, so that means it goes last, shred and armor bane, so flipping heck, pretty handy. So anyway, there you go. That's what and, I, and, I, and I mastercrafted it. Flipping, you're a wrong You are a wrong See, you know... Hold on, hold on, wait a moment. You can't mastercraft that because you can only mastercraft a weapon, can't you? It qualif- It's in a weapon option, though. Uh, point of order so but then you'd end up with like three mul- um you'd have a mastercrafted it's, ma- attack you'd have a mastercrafted pistol and a mastercrafted inferno thing i don't think he's wrong uh, I, I don't think mike is wrong because you buy you buy the machinator array it does well, these I, things I, I tell you what if i am wrong someone please put someone with uh, more expertise <laughs> than, than us uh tell us um because well, it's getting personal now you're right no no, no i don't i don't you know if I, at yeah. the end of the day i don't play reductor or or, or, or uh, um mechanic in any serious here's, way um here's, i'd love my, to hear people's opinions here's my counter right if you look at the section that that particular thing is in it's in the war gear section ah right? yeah that's true whereas things like lightning guns are in the Shooty weapons. Mm. Now, That's a good uh, point. Now, whether the mastercrafting rule, we'll have to go and have a look at that in a moment to get. A, but anyway, I get where you're coming from. It's an interesting one, though. Well, if it isn't, if it's not possible to mastercraft it, I would personally mastercraft the conversion beamer. Yes, I think that would be reasonable. Anyway, please. Now that I've completely knacked your train of thought, carry on. Uh, yeah. So in the elites, I have taken domitars. I've taken uh, a squad of two domitars. Um, uh, both with uh, frag missiles and fra- sorry, flak missiles and frag grenades uh, to give myself a bit of anti-air. Um, not that I've got much of it. Uh, Troops-wise, I've got two identical squads of phalax, uh, six of them uh, in each squad, um, both with uh, heavy chain blades, um, and I've also given them one arad cleanser each and melter bombs. Nice. Um, uh, I haven't given them an upgrade though. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, because I was thinking, oh, I want Ferox, 
um, and I'm going to make them for anti-infantry duties uh, with the Radar Red Cleanser. And then I was like, oh, but if I do that, I can't take the Radar Red Cleanser because you can't upgrade the lightning guns. Okay, yeah, that's true. And I was like, nope, I want the Arad Rye Cleanser more than I want the... Um, Ferox. Ferox, yeah. So okay. fair enough. that's what I've done there. Whether I've done something optimal or suboptimal, I don't know. It's just the way I went. Yeah. Um, so two identical squads of them. Then mm-hmm. I've got a Tarantula Sentry Battery. Uh, okay. I've got three of them in one unit with they... um mauler bolt cannons oh that's an interesting upgrade yeah they get different weapons they can have a different rule as well can't they for how yeah, they're deployed because yeah. they can be dropped mechanical. yeah they can be drop potted and i've given them um concealment so, right, I'm, not so... Dro- I'm not dropping them i'm just concealing them so they basically get i think they get shrouded or stealth first turn or yeah. until they fire the guns basically something like that yeah yeah, yeah. So uh they'd be lurking around waiting for any unsuspecting marines and then pop up and then ap3 them to death exactly oh i like that i do uh, like that then in my heavy support, I've gone for an auto-reductor Minotaur battery, two of yes. them in a squad, yes. and I've just given them the anabaric claw to each of them. Yes, because the claw is quite cool in close combat, isn't it? Strength 5, AP 4. Yeah. 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 And then I've got both Thanatars. I've got one Thanatar, the the um, the, the, the normal Siege Automata. I've given that a Paragon... Uh, um, sorry, I haven't given it Paragon of Metal. I've given it an enhanced targeting array, um and i'm uh you know just base apart from the enhanced targeting array yeah and then i've taken the kallax as well even though i said it's a suboptimal unit but i've given that a paragon of metal and an enhanced targeting array okay and then i haven't taken the matrix of root because i'm only taking i was gonna ask this question so i've taken a um fortification i've taken an aegis defense line with a gun emplacement with quad gun for more anti-air okay so the Very plan good. would be um, yeah. to castle up in an air, part of my deployment zone, pop in there the uh, Thanatar, uh, the two Minotaurs, um, my uh, Majos Reductor uh, with his Silax, and uh, the Tarantulas. So the Tarantulas would be ki- keeping the area clear around the, redu- the Minotaurs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so doing guard duty, as it were. Yeah. And then sends the Kallax on its own to try and um, knock, knock out some enemy vehicles, like say a um, uh, uh, a uh, Artus. Yeah. And the Phalax would be jumping in as um, objective grabbers. Uh, the Dominatars would be going off with the uh, Major Dominus to try and um, cause some bother. Okay. Fair, Fair enough. enough. So, Chris, what was your? So that's a really good um, succinct. Uh, how you would use that army how would you use your army and i'll do the same for mine i mine mine would be basically i'm gonna go first world war about it i'm gonna backline castle up and just unleash (laughs) seven inch blast templates anywhere and everywhere for for giggles (laughs) dark fire cannons left right and center god and then whatever's left over i'll deal with that when i need to Okay, I but think I, I mine would be basically just I'm going for ordnance. I'm very similar. So basically, this army, as I sort of mentioned, for mine is very much the army you call if you want something in front of you eradicated. It will fail horrifically against any kind of sustained close combat attacks, like my world eaters, for example, with the drop pods would would murder it quite quickly. I think, um, just because even though. Um, We've got a lot of stuff in squads, so 
you know, a single unit of Terminators with chain fists drop putting in with a Dreadclaw, for example, would hit the deck that attack turn two and they would probably, you know, destroy a squad. So it's particularly of the artillery ones, which, are, which aren't anywhere near as um, protective as the, uh, say, like the Krios are and the uh, Minotaur. So my objective here is to basically backline, I think, because like I say, everything is going to going to be shooting indirectly. Um, the Magos is probably going to go with one of the Thalax squads, if or I might just you know leave him hanging about somewhere. But he needs to be kind of synced. I think he's got a Nuncio Vox or uh, equivalent. Um, the Thalax cohort are definitely there for. They're kind of a, now that I've known more about them. I think from um, Michael's description, I probably would have changed them to have the Ferox and the Heavy Chain Blades and use them as a guarding unit. So their basic their yeah. purpose would be to sit in front of some of these tanks if I've got to face a close combat army that's coming at me um, and sit there to, to sort of protect those and then look to either jump on objectives late on in the game, because I think they're going to be quite resilient, or to start moving across the battlefield to get into particular areas on the battlefield to score points. But there's only two units, so you're only ever going to get two objectives, which is a real downside. Um, normally, you know, you want probably on most missions three or four objective grabbers. These I've only got two. So it's just just a point of reference. If you destroyed the Thalax, then you, the army itself would have to destroy all of your army to even get a draw in some of yeah. these missions. Yeah, I've got but, the same, same issue, only having yeah. two. I think that is a boring unit. Yeah, that, the problem is that with this army that I found is that you get so enamoured with all the destruction that you forget that your, che- your troops are really pricey. But I think with this army, with Auto Reductor especially, you're playing them because you want to play with all the big destruction things. I think that's absolutely right. You want, I to, don't, bring out, yeah. you want to bring out all the nasty, horrible things that, that yeah. are lurking in the back of the Mechanicum cupboard. Yes. Um, you know, I don't think you're doing it for, oh, I'll get that objective, I'll get that objective. Yeah, you're doing quite- it because you want to see more things on the opponent's kill side yes. uh, dead pile than your yeah. side the accountancy of war is the iron warriors refer to it as exactly so yeah, so yeah I, I totally get that i mean my army would be very much about you know there's lots of things that are fairly scary in there um but in a normal kind of balanced army list i would probably be okay but like i said it's got a lot of weaknesses for things like outflanking javelins um deep striking um drop pods deep striking uh, dreadnought drop pods, anything you know that's going to get close is going to be trouble. The phalanx are good because they can push back anybody thinks about infiltrating, but anything that's going to be fast, jet bikes, for example, with melter bombs, it's just going to walk through this list, I think. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> clever deployment, you can get away with it. And Definitely. I would hope that people may fall into the trap and use my distraction uh, macro engine to shoot that instead of some of the tanks, because that's what it's there for. Oh, yeah, my my, my Kallax is a pure distraction. Yeah, so, um, but anyway, so let's go on to the sort of scoring section. So uh, the first section is really about who do we think has met the objective around the thematic approach to these lists. So we've all explained our reasons I, how to use them. I think who we've wins? all done it. I think we've all done it. Well, that's just too easy. So I'm going to say that mine... <laughs> You, that I haven't used any robots in mine. No robots were harmed in the creation of my list. But I don't think that makes it better because they can <laughs> well, take robots. It's not that robots, they're not... Ro- robots were introduced as part of this this army list when yeah. it was first introduced. There was no side when this army list was first introduced with the with the Fanatar and the Phalax. Well, the Phalax aren't even robots. Um, no. 
but the the robots the fanatar uh, was introduced with just this list there was no cybernetica when the fanatar was introduced it was just the reductor and the reduct and it was part of this list so, so I think that rules Graham out straight away. In fact, actually, his his, his so... arrogance and cockiness about the whole fact, whole fact. <laughs> well, not that I say. It's certainly different between me and Michael because Graham got all cocky and there's the, uh, the I, uh, no I, robots when in I, fact robots might have been required. I absolutely disagree wholeheartedly because I I think <laughs> Graham's brought a point of view across and I think that's perfectly valid. <laughs> it's just but bollocks. At the, same, at the same time, I think he's wrong. i think that if you were going to go pure reductor this is a pure reductor list because you've polluted it with your filthy robots okay so hang on a second let's so you carry on and i'll uh i'll come back and debunk you very quickly with some go to snopes.com whatever it is or and uh and and say there's probably a thing there did the reductor ever use robots False. They never did. They just used tanks. Where's okay, I win. I win. So, I'm. I. That's my one thing. And also, just to be quite clear, that this is a, you know, would, what would you use? Actually, that's a bit of a nonsense because actually the Phantom is a really good siege unit as well, isn't it? The, the yep. one with the. So, fair play. Try it as hard as I am because I just feel that us saying we've all met it is just too easy. There has to be somebody here who's really hit the objective. Well, I don't know. Okay, not mine aside, who do I think has met the objective the most? Right, let me have a little look. Between Chris and Michael. Michael, Chris. Personally, me calling it, I would go with Chris. Just the the whole battery. Oh, jeez. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's utter nonsense. You shouldn't have... You shouldn't have badmouthed the robots. Okay, I I'm gonna. No, I, uh, I think it's a, Chris, it's it's a hair it's a hair in it. To be honest, it's a hair uh, in it. Chris gets it's, minus points for the using the Macarius Vanquisher because they're very good in game. But are they really? Are they really what the auto reductor would be about? Yes, because they <laughs> are a problem solver. That's why the whole purpose is these guys see what the enemy's problems are. And they go, right, what we'll do is we'll solve it by doing this. This is a tank that can kill two things in one tank. Well, they are the I, mechanic and they pretty much got access. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Nice I'm try, old man. Nice, nice try. try. Okay, okay. But I will admit that is a that is a downside. It's a little, little you know, for a pure theme, is there something, let me put it this way, is there something that you could have put in there that would have been potentially more thematic. I mean, even a Warhound Titan might have been. Actually, not. There was a list with a Warhound Titan. Would have yeah. Been I made a list of a Warhound Titan. It's yeah. got nothing to do with that. All my lists at the minute that I'm making <laughs> no. Warhound Titans. Funny that. But I mean, what yeah. about a couple of knights? You know. Yeah, but I don't. I don't tend to think knights as reductor. If that's. How does yeah. it work? I mean, does does anybody? I mean, maybe we'll come on to this, but you know, we have you have. It's like you don't have knight household with Mechanicum. You actually have knights that Mechanicum have, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So I think that would, given a choice in terms of pure theme, I think that, I mean, you're right. Don't get me wrong. The Vanquisher is a fantastic tank, and I love them. You know, I haven't got any. It's They're on my wish list. Um, 
but I've got so many tanks it'd be hard to fit them in, but they are a great tank. I'm just thinking thematically whether a couple of, you know, knight gallants or something right. might have been better. Just an observation. So so we can get this bit done. Yes. Michael, shall we agree that Graham is the winner? No, I think he's gonna I sit there and he's gonna, gonna he's gonna stall us until doing no, you're right. half past one at this rate. I'm not gonna filibust you. I think, I, I think you're I right. Think, I think Chris the is. problem is that Chris is right. In a way, we all have met a theme of it because the reductor is not simply about sitting back and shelling people. It's not simply about going up and smashing down the walls. It's about all of those things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, I can see. It's 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 hard to say uh, that one person is is has has met the conditions more than any other. Okay. Fair enough. I will concede the point. Let's move on to the next point. Yes. So we've yep. said that actually everybody's met that, even though under hard questioning and my straw man argument that got completely destroyed, um, we're, st- we're still convinced that is the case. So the next thing is effectiveness on the battlefield. So uh, looking at your two lists, which one would be the most effective? Again, I would have to go with Chris on this one. Yeah, definitely, Chris. Mine is mine is um, mine's not going to do so well, I don't think. I, I think Chris's is massive. I mean, if I had to face Chris's list, though, just to be. I would dread facing that list. I think it's once you get past them, I mean, this is the thing because I'm covering things that are overlapping for other things. Yes. So although once you get within 24, the monitors aren't effective. The Macariuses still are. Yeah. Um, you know, that's yep. the thing. I, I mean, yours is yours is pretty nasty, especially with those uh, Medusas and the Bombards. That's that's quite a handful to deal with. Yeah, but I think you've got stuff that works in the short to the range than I have, more yeah. of that. So I think that would win. The only thing I would say is I don't think that actually spending 305 points on the major reductor is worth it. No, but, I'd, you know, I went to town. You did go to town. I mean, you could probably you could, you could You could streamline him an yeah. awful lot, I, absolutely. I don't, I don't quite know what he's going to do. And then I'm very impressed, though, with Michael's use of the sentry guns. Yeah, yeah, the trenches, especially in... With Mechanicum. With Mauler Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, to, to, to create that, it, it sort of solves the issue of the, the, the Earthshakers have that, that blind spot, as it were. That's yeah. what I was trying to do. And, and trying to keep them as close to the back as possible behind the defence line as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I've tried to create that zone of, we're yeah. here, we're creating the siege, but we're also going to send some stuff out to try and do some stuff on the battlefield. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I think that, you know, given but, that... I think Chris is definitely definitely there with his, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, the, the problem of mine is there's not enough stuff getting out there on the battlefield to do yeah. much beyond. It's going to sit back and shoot. But I mean, we all kind of suffer that, with the exception that Chris can put his Castellax on any objectives in his deployment zone and use the Phalax to go out. Whereas yeah. I'll, I'll have to push both of my Phalax out, which is risky. I mean, also, I've got, mind you, I suppose the tanks themselves, but they, have, they only get that scoring... In the, enemy in the enemy deployment, so I'd have to yeah, they can't go on objectives and yeah, which is never great. So they couldn't hold an objective in their own deployment zone, whereas the Castellites could. So anyway, no shadow of doubt in my mind, Chris is the most effective. Okay, cool. Okay, um, yeah, so we'll just that one. Yeah, I mean, normally what we would do is if it was a bit closer, we may run through each of the individual missions and say how we think it, that particular. So in the six missions in the Red Book, for example. And we'd say, how do we think that list would do if we can't separate it? But it's clearly, in my mind, a winner, which is Chris, so it's kind of pointless. Yeah? Yeah. 
Oh, well played. Well played 20, Chris. 2019 first win in the bag. Whoa, steady. Whoa, we've got to do cost yet. Cost yet, my friend. Oh, yeah. Go on then. Okay. So rather depressingly, all of my stuff comes from Forge World. All of it is damned expensive. Although, to be fair, the Ordinatus is only £295, which I think is not bad. It's <laughs> only 300 quid for a model there. That's absolutely fine. I mean, if you, two Macaris, whatever they are. Oh, yeah. Probably, similar cost, they're, isn't it? they're 200 they're 120 something quid each yeah so anyway so my two of them yes so because nothing is cheap here at all the cheapest model i have is the hq uh i'm basically looking at to buy this outright to match today putting it in my shopping cart on forge world to you my friend at the back 1213 pounds <laughs> I want to. Go, I might have to go through all of the lists that we've done over the last. I don't year think there's any more. And just work out how many times you were the cheapest list. I don't I think, think ever. It's a rarity. It's I'm a, a man rarity. of expensive taste. <laughs> you are. You are champagne taste on beer money. That's what you. So what I've got is so the Medusas. I use the Armageddon pattern Medusas because I think they look cool. Yeah. The Colossus looks great, and then but quite an expensive thing. But the you, Kios, could, you could have used the the, the Games Workshop Medusa. Yeah, but it's naff. Is it? <laughs> there isn't a Games Workshop Medusa, is there? It's yes, a there is. Only. No, no there's, a, there's a Games Workshop Medusa. Hold my beer. <laughs> Are you sure, Michael? Yeah. I'm going to do um, something. It's, I think it's... There is an... I'm sure there's a, an artillery. Uh, it's a, is it a basilisk? Ah, basilisk is different. It hasn't got the same... It's good. No, no, not the basilisk. It's the other one that, that, that's got the same frame as the basilisk. The... Um, there is no Medusa, my friend. <laughs> never look. I'm, no, I'm sure there is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a look in the gar- uh, the garden. I'm, hold on, I'm just looking at it now, right? Astra Militarum. It's yes, not, Astra Militarum. That's right. Knock yourselves Astra. out. You'll not find it. Sixty-six. I, uh, it's gonna be heavy support, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, you're right. There is one. I could have sworn. Hydra, Manticore. Um, yeah, no, you're right. There isn't one. I could have sworn there was one, but I'm wrong. Well, well, we'll say on this particular instance, I am, you know, I am warriors. We kind of look at that shit, oh, stuff. Um, but yes. Yeah. Now I've got to put a beep in there. Thanks. Sorry. Yeah, he's, he's been very sweary this morning. I this is why we record it at night time normally because you're docile. Yes. Um, <laughs> the reducer is a Forge World upgrade to the Basilisk kit. I believe so. Basically, you buy it from Forge Road, but you the the gun bits are all resin. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm thinking that I'm thinking because I got the Space Marine Medusa. I've got three of them uh, yes. for my Ultramarines, and you get the bits for the Basilisk. You do. That's exactly right. So and you can... get the Basilisk gun. So I've got myself convinced that it's the Medusa is just built on the you know it's yes. a dual kit or something. Gotcha. It's not. Anyway, I was twelve hundred pounds. How much were you, bad boys? Mine was eight hundred and sixty-two of your English pounds. Are you you only pay for half of this? Are you shoplifting the rest of it? How are you doing at that cost? It's not a lot of units. It's not a lot of models involved. You've got to think. So the Minotaurs are hundred pounds each. Uh, A Krios is seventy-seven pounds each. Two of them, yeah. I had three of them, yeah. Yeah. The Vanquishes are hundred and twenty quid each. Uh, then you've got two yeah. 12 phalanx at 33 quid each, so four lots of 33, yeah. four, four, yeah, three castellacs at 41 each, and then the cheap mage reductor. 
and I, I, I was shocked as well. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was with mine because mine comes in even lower. You cheapskates! How are you doing this? The thing is, Life though, comes in at you... seven hundred and ninety-one pounds and fifty pence. Because you've not gone for any sort of really big things. This no, I, I mean, my, you've not I mean, gone for a big tank. I've got two Fanatars. They're what sixty quid each? Are they? Yeah. 60? Yeah. I'm just looking in my Somewhere, car here. Yeah. Yeah, Seventy-seven quid each. Yeah, um, amazing. the tarantulas are sixty-nine pounds. I'm spending one hundred and thirty-two pounds on Phalax. Uh, 98 pounds on Domitars, 198 quid on Earthshakers. I have bought the Archmajos on the Abiant, uh, the 60 quid one. Yeah. And I then I bought for my Majos Dominus, I bought a the 20 pounds Kilty one from Games Workshop, and a 22 pound 50 um uh what's your Aegis defense line? Yeah. And then Silax Guardian automated. The squids are only 38 quid. Curses. So. Well. Mine would look great on the battlefield, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately clinging. Desperately clawing. Trying to clawing at something. Some small shred of dignity. Yeah, but the problem is you're spending a lot of money, but you're not getting a lot of return for it, are you? That's yeah, but he's getting, a, he's getting an Ordinatus, which is an absolutely amazing-looking model. Uh, exactly. I, I, so, all those guns, it would look cool as. That, that's, that's a plus. I mean, we might say, oh, but it's expensive. It's worth it. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, th- I say I think in terms of the army itself, it would be very situational. It would look scary, but it would be easy to fold up if you had the right units. Yeah. It would look cool as though, and it would look like an, an army if you painted it right. Uh, the idea would be this is like so you can just imagine this in a convoy, you know, with the the phallics at the front and then the, the tanks in the middle and then this big crazy, you know. Um, Flash Gordon-esque looking gun at the back. Oh, just brilliant. Just brilliant. So like anyway. one of these one of these red square missile parades. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the look I'm going for. It would look so cool. A totalitarian so, show of power. Well, what what, what more for. theme is there in the in the in the grim dark future? That's what I ask you. Anyway, uh, absolutely, so absolutely. In terms of score, we have a draw, a contested objective, if you like, for the uh, theme yeah we have a clear winner uh, with the uh destruction so that would be chris and we have a clear winner in the cost which is michael the david dickinson of the, of the world for getting the real deal uh coming in at 750 quid or something well yes. sa- i did save myself two quid by putting in the kill team um <laughs> see see this is where we're going wrong this he's is a bargain hunter that man he really is he looks at all of the kits and looks at the difference and oh fantastic so i'm on one chris is on two and michael is on two yeah so it is over once again as always seems to be to the public to put some distance between these two leviathans of list building so that's it. That, I hope that's that was it. useful. That was a lot of fun. It was slightly crazy, and um, but an interesting army to build, I think. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's, it's very different to a, you know, just having those extra op- two or three options really does give it that you know, completely it do, it different look. It's it's the you are sport for choice. You don't get a lot of units, as mentioned. You are going to struggle for scoring units because they're very expensive very quickly. Um, but the scoring units you do have are pretty resilient, so it's yeah. a, it's a definitely a trade off. So yeah, all good. Well sure. played, gentlemen. Well played. Well played. All right. So what we'll do now is we'll go and have a look at what events are coming up. 
uh, in the UK over the next, um, well, it's the next year, really. Yeah, classic. Brilliant. Perfect. Cheers. So now we've got our monthly rundown of Heresy and uh, Adeptus Titanicus events going on in the UK. Um, if you want your list, your event featured, just drop us a message on Facebook or send an email to uh, the rush at edge of empire.co.uk. Now we've been asked to do this a little bit differently from now on. It has been mentioned that there are some events that we don't talk about after they've their tickets have all sold out. Mm-hmm. Um and it's been pointed out to us by a couple of event organizers hang on we always need people to come onto the reserve list so we've been asked to keep mentioning events even when they've sold out fair enough so so yeah so that's what we're going to do from now on so uh anyway so looking at the events we've got going on um so gaming events wise third of february it's my brother's birthday um i can't remember which brother but it's one of them um (laughs) it's it's Daniel or Paul. It's one of them. It's, okay. I've got two. They're around about the same they, time of year, so I don't know. I don't okay. care. They're not that important. <laughs> they, they don't play Warhammer. Okay. They just they just keep producing nephews and nieces for me. Okay. I'm making my Christmas budget spiral every year. That is, that is a definite downside. Okay. It is. Okay, so we've got a campaign for Furos Phase 2. That's at Wayland Games in Hockley. And that is um, the guys who used to run um, the Legion of Lies podcast, soon to be the Mournable podcast. Um, so that is going to appear at some point. Uh, nice. 9th, 9th of February, controversial, is the Throne of Skulls at Warhammer World, Nottingham, um, which is controversial because it's the week after the weekender. So obviously everybody is all, ah, I don't know if I can get two weekend passes. Yeah. Mm, that is um, so, uh, it, you know, it's got a lot of people complaining, saying, you know, I don't know if I've got tickets. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can get a weekend pass to come. And I believe they still have tickets available, which is unusual. Are there any crazy rules for this like there were for the... Um, um, no, I don't believe there are. I'll just have a look, quick look at the event pack. Um, quick look at the event pack. It's got a nice picture of a Reaver on the front. I wish it didn't yeah. have all of that phone of skull stuff on because... I'd love that. Oh, it's the, yeah. Sorry, nice picture. Uh, two and a half thousand points, five games. Yeah, just a straight up five games. Yeah, nothing special in it. Um, <clears throat> you can't use uh, Leviathans of War. Leviathans of War Force Org chart. I think that's Cannot the one be where... used. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because that's the one with all the superheroes. Yep. Um, and... uh, you can't take an Alloy Demons detachment. This is no. due to the codex, codex no, no longer being in print, so the rules are not available easily for all players. Um, but then yeah. we may have malevolence by that point, so. Yes, we will have malevolence at that point. Okay, uh, right. Um, okay, so that's that. Uh, then we've got for 24th February, there's the Portsmouth Apocalypse in Portsmouth. Um, interesting. I think that's... <sighs> So one day event on a Sunday. 
Yes. And I have to work that Sunday. No. Yeah. <laughs> You're like 20 yeah. minutes from there, aren't you? I know. That's a doddle. And, yeah, I've been asked to work that Sunday. Uh, yeah. Dang, dang. Okay, Which... first, first oh. of March, Company of Legends. Those oh. chances again. Those chumps. Yeah. <laughs> Six weeks, chaps. Yep. Six oh, weeks. I'm literally, uh, my, my sphincter is going like a bunny's nose. Uh, 9th of March. Have you not taken your medication for that yet? <laughs> no, he hasn't. No. We keep meaning to tell him to do it, but he, yeah. he refuses to listen. Um, 9th of March is the Dispute of Iron in Polsworth. Yeah. Um, 10th of March is the Spartan Axe Edition Infantry Side. Uh, that's Cool's done at the Spartan. Uh, um, so, sorry, Spartans. Uh, that is, I believe, it's a um, infantry-focused lists uh, is the requirement. Okay. Um, then there is the Deserts of Helios Sentius uh, at the Dark Sphere Megastore in London. Oh, okay. Um, I've got a list. I've got, I'm told this event is happening, but I've not seen any event on Facebook or any other information. Apparently, the Salvation on Atanas at Sales at Salisbury. Right. So um, I've not got any information beyond other than the date and the name of the event. Right. Um, I'll try and find out some more information and shove them into the uh, show notes. Also on the 24th of March, uh, an Adeptus Titanicus event, the Battle of Giants, uh, Tabletop Tavern in Newtown Ards. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. My pronunciation of Northern Irish town names is, is terrible. Oh, it's in Northern Ireland, is it? I was going to say, I've never heard of that place. Yes, Northern Ireland. <laughs> okay. um, then we've got the Horus Heresy Showcase on the 30th of March in Stratford-upon-Avon. Uh, that's the Scribes of War. Right, yes. Which uh, was covered in your grid claw, wasn't it? It was, yes. And yep. then we've got 6th of April, the fall of Zandia at the Bad Moon Cafe in London. Um, There's quite a few in London, there. Yeah, yeah, they've set up a new group, Capital Heresy. Probably should have mentioned that in State of the Union. Um, <laughs> Capital Heresy, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, group in London that's um, promoting heresy because obviously London has a bit of a uh, an issue with that. Um, 27th of April, Call to Arms, the Cathedrals of um, Adrastos. Mm. I actually don't know where this is. They've got a group for it. It's got posters for it, but it doesn't say where it is. Who's running this one? Do we know? Um, South Coast Titans. Oh, right. So it might be somewhere on the South Coast, one of the streams. Does that be Eastbourne? Is that, or is that somebody else? South, uh, yeah, that's um, Tom. Yeah. yeah, Tom, yeah. Um, Eastbourne... Eastbourne Elementals, um, I think, was the last event. So this time it's the South Coast Titans. So okay, that's not um, okay. Yep. So uh, Eastbourne, I would assume, but no yep. information beyond that. Um, so I, just what I worked out that it's five minutes quicker for me to get to London than, than it is for me to get to Eastbourne. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, there's no direct yeah. train to Eastbourne, is there, or is there? No, I have to change. But, yeah, it's an hour and 29 minutes to get to Eastbourne. Right. And it's an hour and 25 minutes for me to get to London. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, then we've got um, Hope's Folly, um, which is the tabletop uh, banter event. That's at Boards and Swords in Derby. That is on the 11th of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15th of June, it's the Knock Cataclysm. Uh, the Common Ground Games in Sterling. That's a Heresy Scott event, I believe. Yes. Um, then we've got, on the 6th of July, the Roll Dice Gaming 2019 and Bristol City Open. 
uh, in Bristol, which is a um, it seems to be a series of it's like a convention, I think, with lots of different things going on. And there is heresy involved in that. All right. Cool. Um, Gino 5.2 are coming back with their event series. They're starting a new one uh, with the op- Opinion Ploy uh, in Cheltenham, Incom Gaming. Yep. That's 12th of July. Um, 21st of July is the Fall of Chiron in Eastleigh. That's nearby as well, isn't it? Eastleigh, Chris? It's, uh, it's near Portsmouth. It's it? sort of Southampton more than... Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Yeah. Sunday, so one day. I might have a. I should have a, a look at that momentarily. Okay. Uh, then we've got Dispute of Iron 2 at Polsworth on the 27th of July. Uh, another King Fluff event. Um, 24th of August, you've got Beta Garmon, the Sea of Fire, uh, Bad Moon Cafe in London, which is a mixed Age of Darkness and Adeptus Titanicus event. Uh, also on the 24th of, of August, the Reckoning of Dalan Prime at Firestorm Games in Cardiff, uh, which is an Imperial Truth event. Um, oh, yeah. 31st of August, Flashpoint Cortana at Common Ground Games Sterling, but it's not a Heresy Scott event, um, but it's also being run at current Common Grounds. Okay. Uh, 13th of uh, September, London GT in London. Um, 27th of September, Company of Legends. Yay! tickets for that go on sale 1st of february we might actually have the story done by then yep <laughs> and the 1st of november is blood, blood and glory in derby right. just just very quickly we'll have our story done for, for the 1st of march well, don't worry people worry not. Worry we'll we'll even if i don't sleep between now and say the 27th of february we need a guy Haley, basically yeah <laughs> yep. become guy Haley. no sleeps uh, okay, I, awesome. we can do it yeah, no and worries. in terms of other events we've got no nothing on the board except uh the horus heresy weekender um on the 2nd of february at the east midlands airport okay and that's did, the upcoming events did i miss sure. rack and cheese that's happened already oh. well by the time this episode comes out it's happened it's happening this weekend curses i would love to know how that went but anyway maybe somebody can drop us a line and tell us Okay. I should, because I think um, also I think the Dice Saloon in Brighton was doing a Titanicus event uh, yes. Oh, yes, that's in right. a few weeks' time. No, it's the 20th. It's this weekend. Oh, okay. So then that's... It's not on here, because by the time this episode just... comes out, it's happened. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's wonderful. Perfect. I couldn't <laughs> remember when it was. <laughs> okay. So that's the events on and out of here, gentlemen. On to yes. the close. Bye. Let's go to the close. that come brings the end of the first episode of year three the first episode of 2019 mm. draws to a close and the first of our trilogy of mechanicum episodes so as we always say please if you want to leave us a review on itunes follow us on facebook twitter follow us on instagram me and graham are going to try and magic things on there somehow with pixie dust or whatever sorcery um sorcery some sort of dark powers Yes. Um, and also, yeah, I've got our, we have our YouTube channel, and yes. coming in mar- beginning of March, we'll have some more fun battles for people to watch on there, as I said earlier. Um, all of the links for those things are on the show notes. 
Um, obviously, because Graham needs constant reaffirmation that he's doing wonderful things in his life, please <laughs> like the Facebook page. <laughs> he does. He spe- every weekend. It's like we've got only three new likes this week. We've got three new likes. Yeah, it's you know. Look, mate. I don't want. I don't want. I mean, he's my brother. People, I don't want to see him sad, and it troubles me. But week in, week out, I get a little message that says, "We only got another one like this week." Yeah, you know, you know, particularly it's, when certain other, you know, in, inferior products, frankly, people, um, you know, are getting a thousand or fifteen hundred likes, and then as us, all this hard work and everything that we do for you, lovely people, you know. A man can I mean, take so much. Which, I mean, particularly a man with my fragile ego. I know you are. You are delicate, like a you know, <laughs> like a daisy. Yes. Um. Right. So yeah, just get onto those if you if you more than want to. If you want to get in contact directly with any of us, all of us, um, you can post on the Facebook wall. You can send us a message. We all see them. Um. So don't worry if you. You know, if it's one of us, we'll all see it and we can all get back to you, whatever. Um, obviously, you can also email us. The email address is the rush at edgeofempire.co.uk. And there's always someone checking that. So that's always another way. And we're always happy to get bits and pieces. Um, if you want to help out the show, we've got our affiliate link with Audible, which is sort of a great service. So you can get your Horace Heresy audiobooks through them. Uh, you get a month's free trial, and after that, it's seven ninety nine a month. And you, in that, you get a free audiobook every month. It doesn't matter how expensive it is, doesn't matter how cheap it is. You get to choose one for free. I use it. I, I, it's brilliant. Um, and yeah, all the Black Library books are on there. Um, we have our Edge of uh, our Element Games link on mm. our website. Yes. Um, which I know that the three of us use. I know sort of some of our friends use it as well. It, it helps us out a little bit. We, you know, as we always say, one day we may afford a cup of coffee, um, possibly with the extra whipped cream on top. Um, if we fancy being like being extravagant. Pushing the boat out, man. Ooh, I know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You might be asking for a bit much there. I, I know, 50, but... 1,500 likes for that. We, we know, you know, aspirations, gentlemen, aspirations. Um. So next month we'll be on to you. So the, the we'll be in the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy, uh, <laughs> focusing on the uh, Ordo Cybernetica. This is going to be interesting. This one because this is the thing that I love the most. Yeah. So I'm going to really struggle with this. <laughs> so just tune in for that. Listen, tune in for three, yeah. maybe four hours of Graham right. Mills having a absolute meltdown the likes of which hasn't been seen on television (laughs) or radio or any other medium since god knows when i'll just be every time i put the unit a particular unit or two particular units i would just be like i cannot believe that they let them do this anyway it proves to be an interesting show um and yeah and we'll be covering all the bits and pieces that have come back from the weekender Mm mm-hmm and yeah and that'll be sort of towards the end of february for that episode yes indeed um oh, scary stuff yeah mm. when's that when, when will that be due um this comes out on the 21st so because you may have noticed people that we have switched our release day 18th of february 
Yeah, we're, we're going to release our episodes now on a Monday as opposed to a Saturday, yes. just because it gives us more time, a little bit more flexibility. Um, and, it, and it brightens up your week. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's a good start to to that particular Monday. It's mostly so I'm not panicking on a Friday saying, oh, I need to get this edited all and spending my entire day. I can take a leisurely weekend to do it. Yes. Exactly. So don't be alarmed when you, you know, if it's Saturday and you didn't get an episode, you were meant to get it today. Yes. So that brings the end to the episode then, chaps. It does. Well, I don't know a month it's been. And um, we look forward to bringing you further stuff following the month. So as it is just after 12 o'clock in the UK as we speak, I shall bid everybody a good night and a, have a very good month. All right. Enjoy your, enjoy your month. And hopefully we'll uh, be back with some you know more cool stuff later on. Have it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.